From 1985, that is Gow and a Canadian band. You probably haven't heard of them. Strange Animal. And I play that song for two reasons. First of all, it's a tribute to my dog. Because my dog is a very strange animal. I always call him a strange animal because he's, he is. He's, he's a very weird dog. But also, this is a tribute to Steven Crowder, 
a show I watch on YouTube. It's my favorite YouTube show. He's a conservative commentator, about uh, 30 years old or so. But I think he's very funny, and if you're uh, a conservative you know, who likes to watch entertaining programming, but also have it about serious topics at the same time, it's, it's a great show. So um, that's his little theme song. He's from Canada. I think that's why he knows the song. But uh, anyway, I actually hadn't heard of it before. You know, I grew up during that time, and I knew music really well in 85, but I had never heard of that before until I saw it on Stephen Crowder. Anyway, welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio. This is the Druff and Friends show. I am Todd Dan Druff Wittellis, and this is being recorded and broadcast live, as we always do, on Thursday, May 11th, 2017. Right now, the time is 8.24 p.m. Pacific Time. I wasn't sure if there was going to be a show this week, and I was updating this man throughout the week, whether there would be a show, and he was kind of on pins and needles as well. Calwatt, welcome. going on, Druff? How you feeling? Well, so I want to tell everybody, I don't feel well tonight. I really don't. Uh, I, I was tossing around not doing the show. In fact, I was leaning toward not doing the show. Last night, I told Benjamin's mom, I'm, I'm not doing the show tomorrow. It's not going to happen. I, don't, I can't imagine where I'll feel well enough to do the show. And this is the same cold that I was developing last week. You, you, you may have heard it on the air towards the end. But this is the same cold. It's been sticking around. It's not quite as bad as the one I had last month, where I got basically a week in between these two colds. So I've, I've felt like constantly sick since the beginning of April. And, and that's part of the reason I came and did the show tonight, is because there were two shows that were missed in April. One, because I was on vacation anyway. The second one was because I was sick. And I just didn't want to miss another show. And also, we had some interviews tonight that were scheduled. I didn't want to miss those. So I decided, hey, I'll do it. And I may not stretch it as long. It depends how I feel. But I wanted to get the show in. I wanted to get the interviews done. I I just wanted to get the show in the books. I know some people are expecting it. And I know, know nobody has necessarily the right to expect it. This is a show I do voluntarily for free. Don't make any money, as I like to remind you guys all the time, since I'm a cheap Jew. But, uh, you know, truthfully, this is a hobby. And, you know, why should I force myself to do something that's uh, not going to be pleasant? But I, I, I looked forward to it at the same time as feeling like maybe I shouldn't do it. Because I, this is one of the weeks I really wanted to do radio. And... I decided not to let this stop me. So I may have to mute it sometimes like this when I have to cough or I have to blow my nose. But I'm going on with it. And Calwatt, I'm happy you're here. And I'll do this for as long as I can tonight. I'm going to try to do like a full-length show. I can't imagine myself doing seven hours or something, but uh, I'll do whatever feels like I should do. So we have a free roll tonight. In 14 minutes, it's on the No Fraud Online Poker Room, as always. That is located near the top of the screen. If you click on uh, No Fraud Online Poker, you need a separate account there. Totally free, not even any play chips required. You are risking absolutely nothing to play this free roll. You do have to know the rules to see if you qualify for the free money. Go to PokerFraudAlert.com slash free roll. That's all lowercase. PokerFraudAlert.com slash free roll. Exactly as it sounds. 
make sure you're familiar with the rules as far as winning the free roll. You have to notify me, by the way. If, if, if you have to notify me, according to the rules, you have to do it before the, show, the free roll starts, which you have uh, 13 minutes. So it's at 8.40 p.m. Pacific. You, you have 25 minutes extra to late register with a full stack. It's no limit hold'em. And you need a form account in good standing uh, as one of the requirements. Uh, but there are some exceptions. Just go, go take a look at the pokerfraudalert.com slash freeroll and learn all about it there. If you want to call into the show tonight, the phone number is 775-FRAUD55, 775-372-8355. You can also call the Mount Charleston line. I have a cabin at Mount Charleston, which is near Las Vegas. It's nice and cool during the summer there, even though it's only 45 minutes away by car. It's a mountain. I have an old 70s rotary telephone that sits on top of Mount Charleston and forwards to me wherever I go. It's actually a separate phone line into the show. 702-430-1808 is the number. 702-430-1808 is the phone number to the Mount Charleston line. Also, if you are driving around, you want to listen to the show, if the stream isn't working that well because your cell phone connection isn't that good, don't worry about it. Let's say you're using up all your data. You don't want to waste it on this show. Don't worry about it because you can call the call to listen line. does not require a smartphone does not require the internet, does not require a computer. All you need is a phone, any phone in the world that can dial a phone number in the United States. That's all you need. It doesn't cost you even one byte of data. And it does not require a very good connection. You can have a lousy connection, it'll still work. No buffering, no BS. That number is 712-775-8162. 712-775-8162. Yet another way to listen to the show it's located in a little shack in Carroll, Iowa. That's where the call to listen line is. 712-775-8162. When we're not on the air live, if you call that number, you will hear one of our more than 220 Poker Fraud Alert radio shows that we have done during the five-plus year history of this show. Selected at random. It'll just keep playing as if it's live, and then when each show is over, it just picks another one at random again and again and again until we come back on live. Druff, has anyone ever done any fact-checking on this stuff? In terms of, you know, is this phone actually in Carroll, Iowa? Well, they're welcome to go check. They're welcome to go track it down and see if they can find it in the, in the shack in Carroll, Iowa. But if but but you can look this up. You know, it'll show... it. Like, For example, if you call this from your cell phone, the call to listen line, and you check your phone bill, okay? Even if you have unlimited calls, it probably still shows where you're calling on your bill. It'll just say $0. And it will say Carroll, Iowa. Now, it's not going to say shack in Carroll, Iowa, but it's going to say Carroll, Iowa. And the call to listen line, it'll say Mount Charleston, Nevada. I know a few times it lists, lists Las Vegas, but it, it most most uh, bills will list it as Mount Charleston, which is where it is. So now, if people don't believe that uh, that phone line is located in a cabin there or the Call to listen line if it's located in a shack in Carroll, Iowa. You know, it's, uh, it's up to everybody to decide what they believe and don't believe. But uh, mm. the point is these lines work. And these lines have uh, been around for a while and we're, will continue to be here. And I will spare no expense to open up the Jew wallet and make sure that they continue to function and operate. Even if it means I sometimes pay during the radio show, which I have before. I really have paid for these phone bills during the show when I found that they're disconnected. So bottom line is I keep them running. Anyway, 
Um, we have some interviews tonight, as I mentioned before. We've been doing more interviews in 2017. We've been trying to more aggressively go after people who are in the poker news at the moment, because that's what the people want to hear. And we're getting our best ratings of those shows where we have someone on who is in the news. Now, I think tonight we're not going to have dynamite ratings because this is not a major story in poker, even though I think it should be getting more attention, but it doesn't. But uh, we're going to have two two interviews tonight. The first one will be with Mike Nori, who is a poker player that has entered a prop bet, a very interesting one. And it's it's uh, the subject of much discussion in the Poker Fraud Alert Forum, in fact. Mike Nori is a man who has decided he's going to attempt to eat $1,000 worth of McDonald's items in 36 hours. And there's, last I heard, $200,000 worth of prop bets that people have placed based upon this. So a lot of money at stake on Mike Norrie and his endless stomach. So we're going to have him on here. We're going to talk about the terms of the bet. We're going to discuss you know, what his strategy is. And uh, we'll discuss ourselves of whether we think uh, this is doable. These prop bets uh, sometimes interesting when things that are seemingly impossible Someone takes the challenge, and you wonder if they know something you don't. So talk about that and just those kind of prop bets in general. Second interview is actually about a scam, or something I think is a scam. There's a new poker site called Jao Poker. That's J-A-O Poker. And this was brought to me by a guy named Alex Lombardo, who follows Poker Fraud Alert. And uh, he told me he thinks this is a scam and told me why. And I looked into it and I agreed. I agreed with uh, Alex's sentiments. And you probably haven't heard of it because this is being promoted very under the radar. It appears they don't really want this promoted on mainstream poker sites such as 2 Plus 2, Pocket Fives, or even Poker Fraud Alert where there's a lot of knowledgeable and smart poker players who will tear it apart. They want it more on Facebook and other places where you have casual players that will uh, tend to fall for it. Jow Poker is a combination of multi-level marketing and a U.S.-facing poker site that pays you on PayPal. <laughs> nice. What could go wrong there? So at first I was just going to do a segment on it, as I've done with many scammy-looking poker sites or ventures, but I tweeted to one of its affiliates who seems pretty heavily involved in it, and asked him if he had any comments. And I think this affiliate was a little confused and didn't realize that uh, Poker Fraud Alert and Todd Wittellis were associated. I think he thinks <laughs> Poker Fraud Alert is the enemy and Todd Wittellis is someone who's uh, just running a radio show that's curious. So we're, we're not going to correct this. But, um, yeah, well, he'll know he's on the show. We're not going to trick him with that. But um, he wants to come on and... Clear things up and explain why it's not a scam. So, you know, we'll get to the segment. We'll talk about why it, I think it's a scam, or at least a semi-scam. But we will have this guy on, and he can defend it. I give everybody a chance to defend themselves. So that'll be the other interview. We also might have a bonus interview tonight with uh, Brandon Cantu. Again, I shouldn't say really an interview, but a phone call, where we left you guys hanging whether genocide really washed his feet with a washcloth. 
and he was venturing to find out. He didn't remember. He contacted Genocide, and he told me last week that she answered and gave him a very detailed answer. So, I've had a little hard time reaching him recently, but I'm going to try to reach him tonight, and he'll give us... I don't even know what he found out. I, I wanted to find out with the rest of you. Is it sad that out of everything on the agenda, this is what I want to know the most? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people want to know this, so we'll try to reach him. If not, if not, we'll get him next week. I mean, he really wants to come back on. He he called into the show voluntarily last week. I mean, this is he became a listener. I, I don't know if he'll be a long term listener or a regular listener, but he 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 just turned on the show on his own after he had been on the previous week, and then he he wanted to expand on the feet thing. So okay, so we'll have that too. So a lot of uh, interaction tonight with the various subjects we're going to talk about. But then we'll, of course, have some regular subjects that we just discussed, such as Ignition Poker, that it seems to be drastically losing action in their poker room ever since they made that seating procedure switch where you can't pick your own seats or tables anymore. A poker room, a longstanding poker room, has closed PKR Poker, which someone first brought to our attention three years ago was having issues. They have closed down. We'll talk about that. Andrew Barber, who we discussed last week and was even sent a copy of the show to listen. And uh, he, had, he had mixed reviews in the segment that we talked about him. He, he seemed to like me and dislike you, Calwatt. I hate to tell you. But that, who, that, wait, who? Andrew Barber. Oh, well. <laughs> just, I'm, just mean, tell, I'm just telling you what he said. I was surprised he I, even... I wouldn't expect anyone listening to the, the show to... The, think otherwise yeah, after yeah. what I said. I, I mean I was know. I was surprised that he actually said positive things about me. I, I was I thought it was gonna be bashing both of us. But anyway. Yeah. I mean I when I say that he's yeah, I hope his post op dick falls off. Yeah. No, I, I, I know that was to be loved. I understand you know? that wasn't very endearing, but uh right. anyway, well uh, there's a new controversy involving Andrew Barber, a big social justice warrior on Twitter. It was found a picture was found for some years ago where he was wearing a shirt at a final table. He wasn't playing at it, but he was on the rail saying, let's rape like Drake. It's a very odd shirt to be wearing if you're a uh, big time social justice warrior making. Uh, I don't think this is going to make him like you anymore. No, no, I probably won't. So we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that. Uh, card runners, uh, a big deal in the 2000s. Big deal. As far as the training sites were concerned You probably haven't thought of them much in the last few years You probably thought they weren't even around anymore But they were, but they're about to not be around They're going to stop providing paid content on June 1st We'll talk a bit about that If you've played at the World Series of Poker You have probably experienced the heartache of players stalling Especially if you've been at or near the money Maybe even people stalling to make day two where you're just sitting and sitting and sitting, and people are taking a very long time to make a decision, and they seem to be doing it on purpose. The World Series is seeking to put an end to that, or at least to cut it down this year. They've made a change in the rules. I'll tell you what that change is, and whether I think it's going to be effective at all. Finally, MGM National Harbor. It's a casino that opened up recently in the D.C. area. It is a very nice place. As far as how it looks, people seem to love it. As far as how it's doing, it seems to be very busy. From all that point, from that standpoint, it seems to be a success. But 
Our very own C-Money, who has contributed a ton of money to free rolls, more than anybody on this site, regular listener to the show and a forum poster, been part of this community for a very long time. He visited there. And I will tell you, his trip report was not very flattering about the service people that he received at MGM National Harbor in, in many different departments there, not just one particular department having problems with service. And that kind of echoed the sentiments that we heard right when they first opened from Scott from the East Coast, who also has gone there a number of times. But C-Money came up with the conclusion that he felt that the reason the service sucks so much at MGM National Harbor is that they have overhired from the local community. And the problem that can occur from that is when you obsess with hiring from a certain geographic area and not necessarily hiring the best people, you can end up with some employees who have no clue what's going on. And that appears to be what's going on there, but we'll talk about it in that final segment. And Scott from the East Coast, if you're still awake at that time, you're welcome to call in and uh, give your takes on this because uh, I know you've been there a number of times. You were there on opening night, and I think you would have some good perspective. And anybody else who has been to National Harbor can call up during that segment and tell us what you guys think. Because I I respect C-Money's opinion very much, and usually I think he's right on with what he says, but you know, he's only one guy, maybe... You guys have been there and think the service is great. I, I want to have all different opinions tonight. Uh, Trader Ruski seems to, uh, he's, he's uh, volunteering to come on. So Trader Ruski, uh, I got your text. If you'd like to come on, you can come on here. And uh, Scott said I can call him. Okay, so we'll call him tonight when uh, we're up to the MGM National Harbor segment. If you want to text me during the show, I forgot to mention this. The phone number is the same as our main phone number. 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355. Just text me anytime on that number, before, after, or during the show. I may read your texts on the air, unless you ask me not to at the beginning of the text. And... Again, if there's something, if you're listening later on, if I'm not live anymore, don't worry about it. You got something to say to me? You want to make a comment about the show? Go ahead, and I will probably answer you. Let's see. Let me see some uh, text we got already from the four one two. Is the guy who runs Jow Poker Keimer? You know, referring to the Keimer Rue. Uh, Jow is Keimer for thief. Listen to it here. Ignore the spelling they provide. Jao, J-A-O, is how, always how I thought it was spelled. This is actually somebody who lived in Cambodia for some time, and uh, he had heard that Jao, J-A-O. Is, he's never seen it spelled before. He always thought that was the spelling. He said that's the word for thief. That's funny, if true. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, going through some texts I received earlier. So see some people are asking, like, radio tonight. I'm not going to read that back here. I'm playing someone from North Korea, Dress. Really? On the free roll? Yeah. How do you, oh, they list themselves as North Korea? Yeah. What, what's their name on there? Uh, Drone Racer. Don't know who that is, but if he's really from North, North Korea, that's great. I, would I don't like know, to hear... but it's, uh, we're playing heads up at a table. Well, that's weird. It's really weird. <laughs> well, there's, there's one other guy there, but he's sitting out. Drone Racer. I wonder who that is. I, I, I mean, it could be Mike on. Mike on races drones. That's the first thing that I was thinking. <laughs> and he's obsessed with North Korea, too. Well, hmm. you well, never know. Okay. 
Well, if he's listening, great. I, I guess he can play the free role. <laughs> I'd feel weird sending him the money, but I guess he's not excluded. Never really thought of that before. All righty, let's... Uh, also, you guys can chat in the chat room. I, I don't read it very much, but Calwatt does, and I, I glance at it every so often. You need a flash-enabled device to get in there, and you need a poker fraudler form account in good standing. Lou Father is saying that C-Money doesn't split 8-8 in blackjack. Yeah, C-Money, if you're listening, that's a mistake. You should always split 8s in blackjack. I don't know if that's true. Maybe Lou Father's just uh, trolling him here. C-Money's never told me this, but... If this is actually true C-Money, you should split the 8s. All right. So, uh, I guess I guess we're ready. It feels like I sped through the agenda. It feels like it was a short agenda tonight. Feeling merciful tonight. I think it's because I'm too sick to, to want to stretch it out. <laughs> oh, I, I forgot the, to give the free roll prizes. Uh-oh. Uh, the free roll prizes... Oh, I see Trader Risky trying to call him. For whatever reason, I can't connect him. I'll, I'll, I'll connect you in a second, to Trader Risky. The uh, tournament prizes, $60 this week. It's a $60 free roll. Now, Calwatt was very generous and gave $55 for... Uh, he gave his prize back that he won last week, which is very nice. But uh, I'm, I'm holding it for a future week, probably next week. Uh, we even had a guy from Norway send $25 for the free roll. I uh, listen, I didn't nice. even know existed. Uh, but we'll do that in a future week, too. This week, $20 from three different people. Flipper Fair, Limp Donk Bingo, and Jimmy G415. All three of them gave $20. Flipper Fair, Limp Donk Bingo, and Jimmy G415. He's from San Francisco. And the prizes this week, $30 for first, 16 for second, 9 for third, 5 for fourth. So it's 30, 16, 9, and fifth. Uh, nine and five, nothing for fifth. And that's on the No Fraud Online Poker Room. It began five minutes ago, but you can still get in. Okay, so let's uh, let's start here. Okay, so I guess we'll talk about Jow Poker first. Um, Mike Norrie said that we should call him around 9.30. Let me just check for sure. He, he was uh, telling me first to call him at 9. Oh, no, he said if I want to call him. Okay. So I'm going to talk about this quickly, and then we'll call him. And that'll be our first. So we'll do Mike Norrie first about the McDonald's bet. Then we'll get into Jow Poker. Then we'll get into everything else. So a prop bet was proposed by Matt Savage, famed tournament director. I don't know what made him come up with the idea, but Matt Savage just made up this prop bet. And basically said, I, I think there should be a bet based on this. The terms of the bet would be, $1,000 must be spent in 36 hours, that is, a 36-hour period, so it can't be 36 hours split up, 36-hour period, uh, at McDonald's. And all the food must be consumed that is bought with that $1,000. You can't throw anything away. Everything you buy, you have to eat. And you have to spend a minimum of 1000 so you can already see how this is going to be tough, because McDonald's is not an expensive place. Salads can only take up 200 of that 1000 So if your plan is to eat $1,000 worth of salad, think again. Of the 1000 you also have to spend a minimum of 300 on hot food items. And of those $300 spent on hot food items, $50 minimum must be on burgers. So now, you could spend all 1000 on the burgers, but it's just 50 minimum on burgers, 300 minimum, no maximum, on hot food items. 
including burgers, and 200 minimum, or sorry, 200 maximum on salads, zero minimum. You don't have to get any salads, but if you get them, $200 is the most you can spend. Drinks, they don't count. So anything you spend on drinks, it cannot go towards $1,000. You cannot remove any items from the order. You can't say, uh, I'd like this, but hold the such and such. You can't do that. No hold the tomato, no hold the, You have to eat it exactly as it comes. You can take it apart and eat it, but you can't, you can't uh, remove anything that comes with an order. You can add additional items to the order, even if it costs extra money. So, for example, if you want to add bacon, that's fine. If the bacon costs whatever, a dollar, whatever it costs to add, that's fine. That goes towards the thousand. You have to eat it, but you can add whatever you want. No limit. You do have to eat everything, as I mentioned. You cannot change the state of the food. Meaning you can't bring a blender, you can't uh, chop it up into tiny pieces. I don't know if it's okay to like take apart a burger and eat the tomato separately, but uh, I, I assume you probably can. But uh, you c- there was some similar bet to this where someone realized they could uh, blend something and drink it, but that's not allowed here. Uh... What about puking? Calwat, do you think it's okay if he pukes or not? I mean, <laughs> that's pretty rough if he actually is doing it. Probably, yeah, I mean, no, they're probably don't, not allowing him to do it. Well, yes and no. Uh, they pretty much has the bulimia rule. You can't force yourself to puke, but if you puke uh, naturally, it's okay. Hmm. Well, I mean, aren't you kind of forcing yourself to puke if you just eat that much? Uh, well, you know? like that, you can feel if you're going to puke, and if you like cram another well, that, thing then down, that's there, fine. It's they're saying he, it, right? he can't, he can't like stick his finger down his throat. Is what they're saying. Okay, but if it just if he ha- if he just eats too much and pukes or eats too fast and pukes, that's fine. He just can't uh, force it, or, or he can't sit there like with hunched over trying to make it come out. Uh, uh, like he can't do that either. He, he has to. If it's going to happen, it has to just come out naturally. I think you're, there's your strategy right there, then. <laughs> Just, yeah, I mean, seriously, just cram it all in until you your body rejects it and pukes it up. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll discuss in a second the strategy. That's, that's an idea. Oh, okay. That's an idea. And you can't go to any McDonald's with inflated prices. Now, McDonald's do have variable prices just from McDonald's to McDonald's just because they're franchised. But I, I don't know what the limits are, but you can't go somewhere that has known inflated prices. I mean, you can't go to McDonald's in an amusement park or an airport. Or yeah, you know, anywhere else that it's noticeably higher than a typical McDonald's. But I, I doubt they're going to make a big deal if you go to a McDonald's that uh, the burger, which normally sells for uh, you know one forty nine, is one seventy nine. I don't think that's what they mean. I think they mean like if the uh, one forty nine burger is is going for four dollars, they're not going to allow that. So, but this wasn't well. It, it should have been defined better. It should there should have been a a menu listed and saying it's okay if it's up to this percent more, but th- th- they didn't do that as far as I know. But it, do you know where the most expensive McDonald's in the world is? No. Where is it? Well, it used to be in Iceland. And I, I actually visited it and we had to just cause we're idiots. We had to get a, a big Mac from the most expensive, uh, McDonald's in the world. Um, but apparently, they're due to some import costs or something. They're going to have to raise their prices by twenty percent, and they ended up just closing all uh, all three of the McDonald's that were in Iceland. <laughs> so there aren't there. There's none there anymore. 
So apparently now the most expensive one uh, is in Switzerland. Hmm. But now, it used how, how to be it used to be like expensive? a twelve dollar Big Mac. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. I'll that tell would you. be worth it to hop on the plane if that wasn't in the rules, man. <laughs> Just go there. You know? I. Whenever I see fast food that I'm accustomed to eating cheap, way inflated in price, I just refuse. Just in principle, I just don't want to do it. It just feels wrong to pay something like, you know, several times more for the same food. It just, especially fast food, it bothers me much more because I know I'm getting the identical product pretty much that I get at home for much more expensive. So anyway, uh, we are going to call him very shortly. He said, that's fine. We can call him whenever we want. I just got the Twitter message from him. Um, but before we call him, though, we can talk about some things that have been kicked around on the forum because uh, there's like seven pages of the discussion about this in the uh, Flying Stupidity Forum of Poker Fraud Alert. And you can guys can go read this if you want. But there's a lot of different theories being thrown around. One thing that's being tossed around is maybe something he should order over and over would be apple slices, which they sell at like a dollar something per bag. That those should be pretty easy to uh, digest. They shouldn't fill you up that much because a lot of them are water. You know, a lot of it's water. And maybe he could just eat a lot of apple slices. So that's being thrown around as an idea. That seems bad, though. Like you, you eat fruits and vegetables in part. Because they fill you up, and they, they're not that high. In, well, I mean, I guess he doesn't care about how fat he gets. Yeah. Well, but that, how, how expensive are they relative to everything else? Yeah. Well, speaking of calories, uh, someone did an analysis right away. Now, who would you think in poker, who would be an expert on eating in poker? Who, who would come to mind immediately? I don't want to say. <laughs> okay, well, I'll say. Now, David Benjamin would be one, but it wasn't oh, him. Oh, that's a good one. It wasn't, it wasn't him. I, I've, I've seen him eating McDonald's so many times at the table with him. For some reason, I always get at his table at the uh, 10K Limit Hold'em, including last year. I got I got two people I'm thinking of. Let's see if you guess but one. The, the other one I, I've thought of is uh, Gobbo Boy, Jimmy Frick. Yeah. And he, he did. Com- he was the one who commented. So I, he, he is an appropriate he's got, a, he's got a really cool blog, actually. Jimmy Eats Vegas. Yeah, Jimmy Eats Vegas. That's, yeah. Uh, no, it's actually really cool. Yeah, it is. So Gobble Boy, Jimmy Fricky. I think that's how you say his name. This is what he wrote on May 3rd. This is impossible. If he eats the lowest calorie and dollar food available, uh, which is the Southwest Grilled Chicken Salad, which... He can't even do for the all thousand, but he said this is still sixty six thousand calories. Wow, a lot of calories. So, I don't know if people have figured out that maybe there's ways around this by like the apples or whatever. But uh, sixty six thousand calories in thirty six hours is insane. That's that's an amazing amount of calories that it's hard to picture a human being eating in thirty six hours. So yeah, that can't that cannot be good for you. Well, yeah, everyone's saying this is this seems like even if he he does it, it seems like it's going to be harmful to him. And we're going to ask him about that about uh, how he feels about possibly damaging his body long term by doing this because this this could be dangerous. But uh, there's I mean, two. It's only one day though, I guess you know. There's two hundred thousand dollars worth of uh, bets riding on this. Last I heard. Uh, I don't know which ones are on him, which ones are not on him. Now, he said he only has a small piece of the action, so he's not betting that much on himself. And I, I don't know if 
you know, like, why is he doing this? And we'll ask him that, too. If he doesn't have that much himself, why, why put yourself through this? He'll also gain a lot of weight from this, and not just temporarily. Taking in 66,000 extra calories is a lot of extra weight. Um, I, I'm trying to remember how many extra calories is a pound. I think it's like 2,600. Is it 2,600? Um, I'm not even sure. No, it's about 3,500 calories in a pound. So That's it? Yeah. I, I would have thought, it, actually, and I mean, the other way around, I would have thought it was a lot more. Hey, is tax included in this thing? Yes. Yeah, so okay. ta- tax is part of it, I believe. I, I didn't see anything written, so I assume it's just whatever they charge them. Yeah, so, so find somewhere that that charges lots of state tax. Yeah, <laughs> but there's not that much variance in it. But uh, anyway, it's about 19 pounds you'll gain from 66,000 extra calories. Yeah, that's, that's like, assuming your body processes though. You're going to shit most of that out. Your body can't process that much, you know. Well, I mean, it gets digested. The question is, are you going to are you going to throw it up? That, then you won't. Uh, well, what I mean is, you can stuff in that much in your body, but I don't think your body can can process and store away as calories that much in one in that amount of time. Oh, I, I think it can, as long as you don't as long as you don't puke it up. And people can tell me in the chat if I'm wrong, but I, I think I think it can as long as it, it digests. I think he's going to have just terrifyingly large shits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's, are they going to tip the bat the guy who cleans the bathroom? I mean, are they going to? They, I don't know, but I mean, he he might be losing his virginity in his butthole. Jeez. So I he, mean, seriously, think about it. I'm not I'm not even being gross. Like you stuff that amount of things into your body, it's all going to come out, you know. And I don't think it's going to come out quietly. <laughs> On the flip side of this, by the way, when I got, uh, you know, I have a cold right now, but this is. This is nowhere near the severity of a cold I had in 2010 during the World Series, where I missed two weeks of the World Series. And that one, I it killed my appetite, and I could not eat at all. And I forced myself to have three meals in a seven-day period. But that was it. I had three, meals, three regular-sized meals in a seven-day period. That was it. No snacks, nothing else. And from that, I lost 10 real pounds. 10 real pounds burned off. Because I ate so little in those seven days, it wasn't water weight because it's it was off for like a month, and then it yeah. started to come back. So no, anyway, I mean that's perfectly reasonable. Yeah, so it's probably not healthy to do that. For no, it, it, it wasn't. But then I didn't intend to. It's just the way it fell. Yeah, I was yeah. actually I was happy I lost the weight at the time, but right. Apparently anyway. not that happy. He's gained it right back. Yeah, yeah, I was happy. I was happy. For, I was happy for a short time, and then it came back. I, that's just, that pissed me off too. I said, "Oh well, this is an awful thing, but at least I lost ten pounds from it." And then I was like, "Ah, crap! It's right back." Right. Okay. So uh, we're going to call Mike, and of course, I think we got scooped. I think another show beat us by like an hour. Like we, we never get anybody first. We never get anybody first. It's, it's, I know they were talking about this on the the two plus two PokerCast uh, in the last episode. They didn't have him on, but they had uh, Matt Savage on, and they were talking about the genesis of the bet and all oh, that really? kind of stuff. Do, do you know what they said? Is it, uh, yeah, they uh, basically um, it was something about um, the food, and they, they were spending like a thousand dollars on food, and and. Uh, uh, Mike Norrie or someone else there said, you know, why don't you just buy McDonald's and then 
Matt Savage said, yeah, I bet you'd eat $1,000 worth of McDonald's. And then everyone said, bet, bet, bet. Oh, you know, I see. Like, see. Goaded him into it, and then, then away they went. Okay, yeah. I see. So I, I just kind of thought that Matt Savage just kind of came up, hey, you want me a good prop bet? And then Mike Norrie somehow volunteered. But okay, we'll ask him about that, though. I guess we'll get a better thing here about this. And I, I see he has a, a Southern California phone number, so maybe this will take place. And apparently, Druff, he's got some kind of a golf tournament for money, like the next day. <laughs> What? So I mean, he's just gonna. Be, I mean, it's gonna be horrible. All right, let's put I mean, him on. He's the gonna phone be here. dead money in that. Put, yeah, wow, that's that's crazy. Let's put him on here. Nine o'clock sharp. Hello, Mike Nori. Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio, and we uh, we put you on here at nine o'clock sharp. You said to call you between nine and nine thirty. Uh, uh, here, here we are, right. right right at nine o'clock exactly. Not intentionally, but we we still showed up at nine o'clock. So welcome to the show. I, I don't think I know you. I don't think I've met you before, but uh, do you know me? Yeah, we have not met okay. before. Had, had, I, I know of you. Okay. So, That's good yeah. enough. That's good enough. Okay, so I, I'm fascinated by this whole bet. When I read about this, I said, wow, this, this is interesting, and I posted it to my Poker Fraud Alert forum. We have a lot of discussion on there, seven pages worth of discussion over uh, different ways you could possibly win or lose this bet. So why don't we start off? I, we talked a little bit about this before you came on, but how did this come to be, and how did you come to be the person uh, who's going to be doing it? Okay, so basically, uh, we have a Matt Savage throws an annual golf tournament every year, and we're in a group thread, and uh, we were talking about uh, catering for one of the dinners one night, and. Uh, I made a joke saying that I think it's not enough food for all of us and that we need to order more food because uh, it's a large group and a lot of people that like to eat a lot. So, uh, and then somebody said, well, we could probably just cater the whole thing with $2,000 worth of McDonald's. Then somebody threw out there because I had made that previous comment. Uh, well, Mike could eat $1,000 worth of McDonald's in, you know, it originally was 24 hours. Um, so it later got changed to 36 hours and there were more stipulations improved, but it kind of just took off from there. Like it started off as a joke. Like I thought, Oh, it'd be funny to go and eat McDonald's for a day and see how much I could eat and whatever. But it's kind of picked up steam. It's after Blazarian tweeted out about it. It kind of went viral and it's kind of blown up from there. Now people are discussing all the different ways if it's possible or not. And it's kind of just picked up steam from there. And it's a freight train that has not able to stop something i haven't been able to figure out here for my just reading about this what date is this going to take place uh it's going to take place may 19th is it's going to start may 19th friday okay so, yeah i think that's right yeah so that's a week that's eight, eight days away yeah correct yes now are you preparing for this in any way uh a little bit i've been drinking a lot of water um trying to expanding the stomach a little bit, but not overly training too much. I, I put in a lot of time and research into it after I decided to take it more seriously. Okay, and, and so let's get some stats on you. How old are you? I'm 27. Okay. And uh, 5'11 and 205 pounds. Okay, I, I, feel like I'm, uh, I feel like I'm talking to someone asking him on, on a date here. But all right, that's 5'11", 205, and you're uh, 27 yeah. years old. And have you ever done, like, a mass amount of eating before? I have not. Okay, so 
and and what has made you want to do this? Because a lot of people have discussed how there's there's some risk to doing this. That maybe this can harm your health. Uh, that, you know, a lot of this is not going right. to. This won't be easy on your body for sure. So what's making you want to do this? How much money do you have personally riding on this bet? Well, so there's a lot of money on it, but my stake on it is pretty small. It's about fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars right now. Okay. But there's over there the, the side action on it is over two hundred thousand, I think. Yeah, that's what I heard. So, but why would but, for fifteen hundred right. to two thousand? Why are you doing this? Well, so it just started off as a joke originally, and I said I would do it, and I also booked some golf bets because I took this bet. I got golf bets later in for the tournament too. So, like, you know, I figured, you know, that it would be advantageous for me to take this bet and you know, see what happens and get some other bets down. Now, what date is the golf tournament you're going to be playing? The golf tournament starts on that following Monday, so the 22nd. Oh, wow. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> so, you, so you have like another like 36 hours or less before the golf tournament uh, after this concludes. Correct. Correct, yes. And have you picked a McDonald's already where this is going to take place? So it's in any Arizona McDonald's, excluding airports, um, but I'm not allowed to contact them ahead of time. So I have not – they're going to drive me around to McDonald's all day on Friday. So are you are you in, are you in Arizona? I am not in Arizona. That's where the golf tournament is going to be, so I'm just going to get there earlier. I'm based out of L.A. Okay, so so that's why Arizona is involved because you're, that's where you're going to be anyway? Correct. Okay. Right, exactly, yeah. Is there, is there 24 the hours? Sorry, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, there's 24-hour Mc, yeah, McDonald's there. So you're just going to camp up in one? Is that it? No, we're actually golfing. I have to wear. Uh, I mean, it started. This whole thing started off as a joke, but it's kind of picked up steam and legitimacy. I'm gonna be wearing a Hamburglar costume for those <laughs> 36 hours. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So you're gonna be you're gonna be the Hamburglar burglar. Now, aren't people gonna think this is weird? They're gonna have McDonald's and the Hamburglar is just gorging himself for uh, 36 hours on you know food after food after yeah. food over the. Right. Well, there's two golf round, two like pre tournament golf rounds that I will be playing in while eating McDonald's too. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's not realistic to like, you know, some people are saying, Oh yeah, you're just going to eat 200 Big Macs. That's not even remotely anywhere possible. But so, but, so, you know, so, so hold on. You're, you're going to be golfing while you're doing this while I'm eating. Yeah. I'll go what? grab a bunch of, I'll be grabbing a bunch of food and going out to the golf course later now, and, oh then my eating God. Food and then going back. Yeah, but at least I'll burn some calories. But why? Why don't you just cancel those golf tournaments and do that? Just do that other one on Monday. Um, because golf is fun. I okay. don't know. I, 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 have, you, have you figured out how much you're going to have to shit? <laughs> like seriously, uh, I don't. I don't know if you're going to be able to get on and off the golf course quick enough. Uh, that that is taken into consideration. Yes, but. Okay. Uh, I mean, we're because what what goes in must four come five out. Five hours, right? we're gonna take. Right, correct. I I agree with that. <laughs> you know, like if I start to feel bad at like the three hundred dollar mark, four hundred dollar mark, whatever, two hundred dollar mark, I might throw in the towel at that point. But you know, I'm gonna try my hardest to. Are you gonna concede the bet, or are you gonna throw in the towel on the tournaments? <laughs> no, I'm going to concede the bet if I. Uh, oh wow! Okay. I'm starting to feel. Bad, yeah. I'm not going to just eat for 36 straight hours. Now, are you going to... Like, I play... I'm sorry, go on. I'll, I'll ask okay. you about this. 
Okay, I, I was going to say, uh, you know, I'm planning on sleeping, you know, between like 2 a.m. and 8 a.m. on, you know, between that Friday and Saturday. Okay, so, I, so you, read, you read my mind, actually. I was going to ask you, when are you going to sleep? So, it's, so during the 36 hours, you are going to sleep about six hours of it? That was my original plan, yes. Yeah. Okay, and uh, are, are you going to wear anything special, like any adult diapers or anything like that, in case there's a, there's an accident? <laughs> uh, no, that is not my intention. I don't think that it's probably going to happen. I mean, I'm not going to be eating... A ton of Big Mac. Like my plan is not to eat very many Big Macs or French fries or anything of that sort to win. So have you have you looked carefully at the menu and already selected what you think you're going to be eating in order to win this? Yes, I mean my initial strategy that I was talking with people on Twitter about has changed quite a bit. I still think I'm a pretty big dog, but. You know, I uh, think it is maybe it's slightly possible. I've talked to some people that are in the professional eating world, and they've given me some advice. Um, but my strategy is not uh, set in stone yet. And is this, is this a secret strategy that you're not going to reveal to anybody, or is this something you can discuss on the radio? Um, it's Part of it I can reveal. Part of it is kind of a gray area, and if I were to go down that route it might lead to arbitration so i don't want to share any of that but basically what would be my path to victory i think would be basically taking and ordering sides of protein only or sides of lettuce or pickles or onions sauce and all that stuff and breaking it down to making it the most expensive possible right like basically ordering a Big Mac, for example, but all piece by piece and pieced out. So where instead of a Big Mac being $5, it might be, you know, $15 and no buck. But, okay. like, because I can't subtract anything from Yeah, but you, you can so add, if I order you can a Big add, Mac, yeah. I have to eat the bun. But if I order everything individually, then I can order, then I don't have to have the bun. I see, but you know what I've right. I understand, but I'll tell you what I've noticed, and I notice this because I'm a cheap Jew, and I'm always trying to get things cheaply. And I've noticed that, for example, if I go to order uh, a burger, let's say I get a triple burger, uh, it's much cheaper than buying three single burgers. Like not just a little bit of them, but much cheaper. So um, right, but if I order three side patties, that's going to be much more expensive than ordering a triple burger, for example, or and less calories um, than... Because all I'm trying to do is get the most um, dollar per calorie. But I, 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 That's my point. At. I don't know about McDonald's. I, I don't think I've try, tried it there, but I side patties are pretty much the same thing as just adding on to the burgers. Let, let's, say the, let's say the biggest burger they have on the menu is a, a double. If you wanted a triple, all they right. do to make a triple is give you a double plus a patty. It's the same thing. So I, I, the side patties, Correct. from what I've seen, are never that expensive. That's why I'm a little questioning. Have you have you looked into how much side patties are there? Um, yes, but it varies per location, uh, like state to state and stuff like that, and I'm not allowed to contact them ahead of time. So oh, okay, okay. I won't so, know un, until I'm there. I don't know exactly how much they're going to cost. Now, now I have they, a range, but... You know, Here, here's a question: How do they know? Since there's so much money riding on this, maybe not all that much for you, but how do they know for sure right. that somebody who has a big bet on you 
doesn't contact something ahead of time and then just go, hey, psst, I think you should go to this McDonald's in uh, in Glendale, Arizona. Like, how do they know you're not going right. to be fed something that's uh, um, advantageous for you? As far as which McDonald's, right? Exactly. Like 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 a half order, for example, or like a quarter order. Instead of like you know, like if I say I want to go in there and I order fifty small fries, they only give me twenty five, but charge me for fifty. I mean, that's totally possible. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know some of the people that have side action, but the big money side action is I don't know who who has that action. Okay, but I'm just I'm just wondering: is there any? How do they even know if some if even you contact the McDonald's ahead of time? Like I, I would well, think if I was the one doing this bet, I would be. There's going to be three spotters there who are going to be the judges of the bet. Like I'll be monitored at all times. No, I understand, but like you're not monitored right now. Like right now, and you're when you're by yourself, you could just call Correct. up a bunch of McDonald's and ask her. I'm not suggesting you do it. I'm just saying that that's kind of like an right. honor part of the bet that's hard for anyone to police, which is surprising to me. Correct. I mean, I have a pretty good reputation in the poker community, and I think the people that I made the initial bet with trust my uh, judgment and okay. reputation. I see. And uh, so as far as price, this is something we were talking about before you came on here. I know you can't go to an expensive location like an airport location or something that's really inflated, but where do they draw the line of what's considered inflated as far as prices? I know all McDonald's are different prices. Only airport. Right. All only airports are considered excluded from the bet. Okay. Uh, but have, they have to be within the state of Arizona. I can't leave the state of Arizona. Have, have you looked bet. into McDonald's that might be located in uh, an amusement park or uh, or a hotel or something that might have uh, higher prices? Um, I have not looked at any of them specifically. Um, we basically, if I can make it through twelve hours at a good pace. I'm going to go to the higher price one after that, the perceived higher price one. So, so if what, I can make it through 12 hours at a decent pace. But but so you're going to just start at a random one and then try to move to a higher price one, or why wouldn't you just start at a higher Correct. price one in the first place? Well, um, because of the golf and the oh, back to the golf there. Back to the golf tournament. Right. So, <laughs> right. Exactly. Because that's what I'd be doing at this point. I'd be even if I can't call up any of the McDonald's and ask what your prices here or there. Right. I I would uh, look around in the state of Arizona. It, could there be something they've missed that's not at an airport, but probably an expensive location that would still qualify for the bet? But uh, but you're going to do the first. Right. You're going to do the first twelve at a, a McDonald's that's pretty close to the golf course, though. Right. Correct. Now, is there? Well, here's the problem. Uh, unless there's one on the golf course, won't there be a transportation issue where you have to keep uh, going back and forth? We'll have a runner if if need be. Hmm. Okay. And, see, I didn't know about this golfing. That throws another wrinkle into the whole thing. Yeah. And yeah, a little bit. And and what are the odds on this? What are the odds people are betting on for you succeeding or failing? I mean, they're getting five to one, just like I was. I, I don't know if there was other people getting bigger amounts on it. You know, like I said earlier, like it started off as a joke, kind of picked up steam. I said I thought it would be funny to, you know, try it, and it's kind of picked up steam from there. You know, I my original was to make it, probably lose, maybe win, but probably lose, and. Uh, People would think I was so gorge myself so much that they'd give me better golf bets. But you know, there I'm. 
now that there's so much action on it and so much thing, I'm going to try and I've spent time researching and studying and figuring out the best way to go about this. Okay, and have you heard of a guy named Titanic Thompson before? I have not. Okay, he died 42 years ago, 43 years ago, but he was he was a crazy gambler who just would bet on anything. And uh, someone was asking in a text message to me if if this is a Titanic Thompson style bet, but I guess you don't even know who he is. So I guess that means no. So, right. <laughs> so so I, it just kind of happened. So all right, so so how did you get the figure $200,000 worth of bets? Where did that come from? Uh, that came from, like, basically Blazarian's tweet and that group from there is what I was told was the number. Is Blazarian betting on this himself? I think so, but I do not know for sure, so don't quote me on that. And you, and but you, I think uh, it, he is. And you, and you don't know which side he would be on if he is betting? Correct. Okay. I do not know. So basically, by five to one, you mean if if somebody bets ten dollars uh, on you to be able to complete it, then they'll get fifty. If they'll win fifty, plus they'll get their ten back. Correct. Correct. Exactly. Okay. So, uh, so do you feel confident uh, at the moment that this is? I, I know you said that you feel like you're kind of an underdog, but do you, do you feel like oh, there's no way I'll be able to do this? It's a tiny chance, or do you feel like yeah, I think I've got a okay chance of, of getting this done? Um, it depends on the locations and how accommodating they will be with my ordering strategy and how they ring it up on their point of sale machines. I see. Because I can't say, you know, like whatever their point of sale machine comes in as is the price. I can't say, oh, charge me $10 for an onion or something like that. Okay, but now you know, I can't say customize the prices, but that, that, you know that so brings me to a, a I good say, point. Sorry, go, go ahead. Okay, I, no, I was saying that uh, you know I would feel I feel kind of confident, but not really. And like like I said before, and the people that you know I've gotten a lot of people saying you know they're concerned for me or whatever. But like if I feel bad and start to think that I'm too full, I'm not going to shove more food down me because I'm you know I'm going to wait and. And whatever at thirty six hours, whatever I'm at, I'm at. Now, there's been some suggestion from uh, our co-host here, Cal Watt, who's asked a few questions. All right, he yeah. suggested that maybe a puking strategy could work if you shove the food down so quickly that your body may puke it up and therefore won't digest it, and then you can just uh, eat again. Have you thought of something like that, or does that just sound too unappealing or too dangerous? Um, I'm allowed to puke, but I'm not allowed to force puke. So, but what's defined as force, though? I was thinking it's like putting your finger down your throat, but it, but what if you just eat super fast and then it's causing you to puke? Is that okay or no? It is, but like it's if the, if the if it's puking more than probably one to three times, then I might get DQ'd. That's again up to the judges to determine. When you say one to three times, you mean the total in the whole thirty-six hours? Uh, yeah, I mean like within a. Span. I mean, it could be like, you know, if I go and eat and puke and eat and puke and eat and puke, that's probably not going I, to I see. So the judges can, can object to that and say you're going to have to change your eating pace or something if this happens? Correct, yes. Okay. So so they're saying they're saying when they say you can't try, they even mean you can't eat in a in a manner that would cause puking if you notice that's what's happening. That's that's, that's Right. What... If they felt like they were getting, like I was, you know, trying to eat in a manner that would cause me to puke, then yes, that would be against the rules. Okay. And 
Uh, now, are you allowed to research whether the McDonald's is 24 hours before going to it? Um, I think so, yes. Okay. I would say yes. And have you become – are you concerned at all about uh, – like how concerned are you about any kind of long-term health issue? I know you said you're going to stop if you feel too bad, but sometimes when you do these things, the effects come later. So are you worried that uh, even if, like let's say, you complete it and you don't feel too bad? I mean, you're, you're going to feel crappy for sure, but uh, let's say you get through right. it and you say, well, I, I, I can manage this. And you get, let's say you get to $800. You go, okay, I can't quit now. And you're feeling really crappy. I'm, I'm going to get the last 200 down. You get the last 200 down. You go, okay, I'm done. And then you start to have a lot of problems. Like, are you worried that could be uh, what's going to happen here, that you could be causing yourself some real problems? Um. I'm not too concerned about that. I mean, I'm not going to be eating, you know, tons of, fra- like, standard McDonald's foods, you know? So it's not going to be – it's going to be more on the healthier side of the McDonald's menus. So, yes, there is some concern, but I feel like I would, by that point, puke and stop. People where – Okay. And people have talked about yeah, the uh, people have talked about bacon that that's maybe an angle that the bacon strips that you add to uh, a burger can be yeah. expensive compared to what you get, which is good for you. Uh, are you thinking of doing a bacon strategy, or you just get a ton of bacon strips added on there? Um, yeah, bacon makes a lot of sense. Um, also, they have guacamole too, which um, added to some of the premium chicken sandwiches. So, sides of guacamole could also be a good angle because. Avocados are expensive, so that's also another angle I can go down. Okay, so so you've been uh, considering all those too, and like, let's say you found just hypothetically you're you're over there, and the bacon is pretty expensive for, and you're getting something pretty small. Uh, Would you do something like like add fifty strips of bacon to it? Yeah, or get fifty sides of bacon. Okay, not even add it to anything. Okay, fifty bacon strips. And I was going to ask about this too. Uh, I know you can't blend anything or chop up anything, but can you take apart a sandwich? If you get a sandwich and it's got, uh, if it's piled with a bunch of stuff, could you take take it apart and eat them separately, or do you actually have to eat you know, without yes. destroying it? So you can, you can take it apart, you just can't uh, chop anything up or blend it. Correct. Okay. And I, I, I got a quick question for you. So what, what about like stuff like laxatives? Have you considered that at all? <laughs> Um, yeah, again, I mean, that is right. You got to move it through. You got to move it through. It's going somewhere, right? Yeah. It goes in one hole. It goes out the other. It doesn't care which one, you know? Right. I I wonder how McDonald's, the the corporation would feel about this whole contest. (laughs) Have you thought about, have you thought about that? Are you going to take some or? I mean, there's a chance that they just say no. Like if I say I want you know, 50 sides of bacon, they just say no. And no, I, I don't think do they that, will. Then... I'll, I'll tell you why I don't think they will. It's because these are franchises, most of them. There's some corporate stores, but they're mostly franchises. Right. And all they care about at franchises is making money. So if some guy wants to come in and spend $1,000, uh, especially if he try- seems to be trying to spend money on their more expensive items that they have a higher profit margin on, I, th- I think they'll be thrilled to do this. Uh, see, the, the thing about franchises, in fact, that always pissed me off is that they care so little about the brand 
that a lot of times they don't treat the customer very well or they're really stingy about things or whatever because they all they want to do is make money where corporate stores they care about the the brand's image. So so I think they'll be I think even if McDonald's the corporation didn't like this, I think plenty of franchises would serve you anyway. Oh, hell yeah. Well, hey, yeah. Hey, Mike, have you have you considered them... go, go ahead, Mike. Okay, sorry. I was going to say some of them, you know, if the manager or is you know the owner of the franchise is not there at the location, the employees have to follow a strict guideline. So if these orders are not within their guidelines, they might say no oh, okay. to the orders. Okay. Now, do you have health insurance? <laughs> I I do. Okay. Have you considered? And I'm being totally serious about this. Have you considered the the damage that you might do to your rectum? <laughs> um. I don't really think that's an issue because when You're I pushing get pushing a lot of I'm stuff in, to, it's got to come out. Right, but I'm going to be working out and even if after golf and stuff, be working out in between. So, like, if I don't get there, I'm okay not getting there. You know, I'm going to try, but if I don't get there, I'm okay losing this bet. Well, what I mean is like like you, you, cram, you cram a ton of food in there. Let's say, like, I've been doing. There's a ton of people up. that have done eating challenges of this yeah. sort, and they've been perfectly fine and eating way more than I have. I, I think what I think a what shorter is, amount of time. I think what Cal Watt's asking here is if you've been working out your rectum in, in preparation here. <laughs> well, here's here's the thing. Like I did some research on the kind of stuff that you need to do uh, to prepare for these eating contests too, and it, it's very similar to marathon training where you build up you do your max meal you know like uh two days before and then you eat normally the next day but the whole point like one of the things about doing marathon training is one of the reasons you put in all the time and you do all the runs is to build up the calluses in your feet right and i i think you need to not not calluses in your rectum but you need to get your your ass used to pushing that amount of food through right because otherwise, you could uh, yeah. get you could get overzealous. You could just get real excited in the beginning, eat a ton of food, and then I mean, you, you could you might need stitches down there to get that stuff out. Huh. Yeah, I don't really see much. Mer- I mean, like, I don't think that's really going to be an issue. Well, I mean, it could be, but you know. Okay, well, don't don't say Cal Watt didn't warn you. He's he's yeah. telling you to watch right. out for your rectum. If if your rectum gets wrecked, yeah. then you're gonna have to uh, you're thinking about Cal Watt and say this guy right. warned me. I remember on on May 11th, I was told about my yeah. rectum, and it's uh, it's hurting now. So yeah, but, but seriously, you really should explore all these things and make sure that uh, all these things are safe, especially with uh, I, I don't know how much you've done with that, but uh, the, the most important thing, of course, is your health, especially right. since you have only a minimal amount right. of money yourself on this. So. There's not that. That's what's been right. strangest to me is that the upside t- for you personally for accomplishing this is not that large. So um, that that's why it's especially important to be careful. And uh, you know, I'm glad you're going to bail out if, yeah, you, if of you feel if you feel crappy during it, and that makes sense. But uh, just you know, be aware. There's a lot of things when, when you do something non-standard to your body, which this definitely is. A lot of things you, you don't think about that, that that's then become what an I'm issue. saying. Yeah. So. Just, I'm not trying to be right. a buzzkill. No, I, I, right, I agree. I'm, I'm, I've, you know, looked at all these different things, and I've talked to some doctors about it. And you know, as long as you know you're not overly, you know, pushing yourself, and you are within your normal, you know, 
amount of food where you're not, you know, forcing food down, I should be okay. I mean, yes, there's other, there's bad things could happen. Yes. I'm not going to deny that that's not a possibility, but you know, I think it's relatively small. So you said you're not super committed to this though. Like if you're starting to not feel so good, you're just going to not do it. I'll just quit throwing the towel and quit. Yeah. And what right. amount of money would the bet have to be for to make you just absolutely stick it out no matter what? It would have to be a lot. I don't even know what that number would be, but it would be a lot. Like fifty grand? Uh, probably Being late five to one? Being late five to one though, right? Yeah. So fifty to two probably a hundred to five hundred. Wow. I mean, Druff, you'd probably do it for a thousand bucks, right? Well, look, yeah, on Live at the Bike, I think I still ate more than a thousand dollars of the McDonald's food. So maybe I should have been the one doing the bet. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you might be better off than I am. Yeah, I was, uh, I really, Live at the Bike, all they had to do was tell me the food was free. And boy, I just, uh, you wouldn't believe the giant place you I ordered. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's the the hard part is that it really costs money. For me, if it, if they were giving it to me for free, I think I'd just have a bottomless pit. I think if I I'm like, oh, it's still free, I can't I can't I can't stop eating as long as it's still available. Right, you can't you can't turn down that value. Yeah. <laughs> so All right. Well, I, I I wish you luck on this. I'll be uh, following this in 8 days on uh, what time do you do you know what time is going to start or not? Yeah, noon on the 19th. We have a Twitter account set up to follow it and there's an instagram account linked to it for videos and yeah the twitter account is mick hamburger 1k <laughs> and now are there, are there any other downsides if you don't complete the bet is there any public shaming or anything else or is it just you're out the money i'm just out my initial stake and right. that's it right well okay well so. th- thank you for coming on the show i think uh, you have anything else, no Cal Watt, for you, having me. Anything else, Cal Watt, that you want to ask him about this? No, man. Good luck. Be safe. Yeah, I hope you succeed yeah. here. I, I hope you succeed. And yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But you know, drink some drink some oil. Do. Drink some olive oil first. You know, get the pipe lubed up so it can fly <laughs> out of there. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Okay. And I'll make sure to keep my rectum safe too. Yes, man, for sure. Watch, for watch out for the rectum. Don't, That's if, Don't I mean I'm not even joking about it. You can you can hurt yourself. If you, if you take anything away from this interview, it's it's concern for your rectum. Yeah. If there's anything you've learned here tonight. Yeah. Make make sure it's that. Okay, thank you Mike. We're going to be yeah. watching this a Mick Hamburglar 1K is the Twitter account that will be following this and I'll be watching uh starting Friday, May 19th at noon through the very end of the 20th. It, I guess it ends at midnight. So, uh Correct. Th- thank you very much Mike and uh, we'll be watching. Thanks for having me. All right. Okay, bye. Good night. So that's uh, Mike Nuri. He's going to attempt to eat $1,000 worth of McDonald's. Yeah. I tried, Druff. Like, he seems so laconic, like, very laid back and everything. I was trying really hard to get, like, some kind of reaction yeah, out well, of him. Yeah, well, I, th- no, I, I think he made him think about his rectum, though. I, I think he's going to go to sleep tonight and go, oh, crap, my rectum. I didn't think about that. I mean, I guess, but you know what I mean? Like, I was trying really hard to, like, get him to break, but he just didn't care. Well, I think he'll care in eight days. I think, I, I, you know, I think uh, since he's not doing that much to prepare, I think that's going to be the one of the hardest things because, as you were saying, like, it is like preparing for a marathon. I really thought that he would be 
Now, he mentioned drinking water to stretch his stomach, but I really thought he would be uh, just getting used to eating large amounts. And I've noticed myself without trying, and forget live of the bike, but when I've been on cruise ships, for example, and and there's a lot of free food to eat, or I should say included food, I have noticed sometimes that by the time the cruise is over that my stomach is probably stretched because yep. I, I, I feel like I need to eat a lot more and can eat a lot more without getting full. And then I feel like, uh-oh, I better, I better stop this and let my stomach shrink back. So I think that's what he needs to do is get used to eating large amounts. But uh, it sounds like, like I'm very surprised about the golf part of it. It just seems to be adding a, a complication that's unnecessary. Yeah, I don't get that. I guess I guess he's a man who loves his golf. I guess he doesn't want to cancel the golf. Well, he also doesn't sound all that committed to the bet. You know, he was kind of just like, well, you know, if I don't feel so good, I just won't do it. Yeah, see, I, I think the flaw here in this whole bet is that he doesn't have enough of himself in it. And right. like, if, if I, I understand if someone staked him or something, if he didn't want to put his own money up and someone wanted to stake him, where if he or even someone who bets on him stakes him too. So someone say, someone bets on him and also gives him a certain percentage of it if he wins, something like that. Yep. But without that, I I don't think he has enough motivation. Right. And it is too easy to just back out if if you're just not feeling good. So yeah, maybe I, I wasn't kidding though, man. Like you, you know, you really when you do anything extreme, whether it's like a marathon or this, you really do have to. Do your uh, training and and get your body used to what you're about to do to it. And I I swear to you, man, like um, something that happens to a lot of people when they run their first marathon, they start off too quick and they get like a runner's high and they get overly enthusiastic. If he does that with the food that he's eating, the first one's going to hurt when it comes out. I'm going to tell you about about a meal I had uh, in Las Vegas uh, last year. I was with the the family, the... uh, you know, my parents came out, and it was, it was a other family members came out. We had a meal at a nice place, and uh, there was a lot of food, and it was very good. And I kept eating it, and then other people couldn't finish their food, and they gave it to me. It's funny, a lot, like a lot of people in my family who sometimes suggest I lose weight for health reasons, but then we're like we're out eating, and they gave me the food. They can't. Oh, I can't finish this. Do you want it? Like they they always do this to me. Like they 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 tell me I should lose weight. And then they give me their food when they can't finish. So, well, they know you'll eat it. Yeah, well, I did. They so saw was, you on live at the bike, right? So, so I, so what? This is so I kept eating and eating that night. And at the end of the meal, I'm like, oh, I think I ate too much. And I'm walking out of the restaurant, I'm like, oh yeah, my stomach doesn't feel good. I, I ate too much. But it it stayed with me. I woke up the next day, didn't want to have breakfast, didn't want to have lunch. Came time for dinner, and. <laughs> the dinner is scheduled for Lowry's prime rib, which is like the worst thing to go to when you're feeling like that. Oh, so I said, I can't do it. I usually like to order the Diamond Jim Brady cut there, which is the, the bigger cut. And I said, not only am I not going to order the Diamond Jim Brady, I didn't want to order any prime rib. I like, I asked them, do you have any lighter offerings? Like, I, I never thought I'd be asking that at Lowry's, but I was asking, do you have any lighter lighter offerings, maybe some salmon? Like, I, I think I ended up getting something like very light, and barely eating there, and this was like 24 hours later, without ever ever having eaten that entire day. I it was just from so much overeating the day before it affected me, and I was able to function during the day, but I I, I kind of had like the overfull kind of sick to my stomach feeling the entire next day, and only went to that Lowry's meal just to kind of be with everybody. I could have easily not eaten that either. So 
I'm bringing this up because this wasn't even intentional. It just kind of happened. And he's going to eat far, far, far more than I ate that night. And I'm just wondering, as you said, he's going to be overzealous, eat a whole lot of the beginning, and then something's going to happen. He's not going to want to continue. Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, that, that's kind of the bummer about this bet. Like, bets are fun when someone puts enough of their money on the line to the point that they really are going to push themselves to try and do whatever extreme thing it is that they're going to do. And he just kind of seems like, eh, you know, if it doesn't work out, I'll just <laughs> yeah. stop. That that was what that was what <laughs> perplexed me was the low amount of money at stake. There's just not a not much upside. So right. why kill yourself for? It? And you even said, hey, if I had a hundred thousand on it, that could have. Turn to five hundred. Yeah, I'd go crazy. Like, that would be fun. That that would be really fun to watch. That would be really fun to see what's going to happen if, if someone's like. It's a little bit sad, but if they if they feel like on one hand their health is on the other on the line. On the other hand, hey, it's half a million dollars. Maybe I better just do it. So okay, let, let's take a call here. Call, you're on the air. Yes, Todd. Yes. Many people are concerned about your weight for the upcoming WSOP. They staked you on tasty steaks and now we're hearing reports that family members <laughs> need to lose weight at dinner Don, this is ridiculous no it's the opposite at dinner they seem to not want me to lose weight they keep giving me food that's true Jeff. you better get in fighting shape i mean come on well look if there's anything to be concerned about it's not my weight i don't have to you know i don't have to run miles and miles uh, at the rio i just well, if to... you're thinking about food the whole time though that might be true. Yeah. I can bring it to the table. But that's not the problem. The problem right now that's a little bit concerning me is that I, I keep getting these colds that last forever. And I'm like, what if this uh, one gets better and I and I get another cold? And what if I go into the World Series with a cold? And what if I get a cold after that at the World Series? Like, what what if I just have a succession of colds for the rest of 2017 that just never stops? Well, think of it this way: you're used to it, and you'll probably decimate the rest of your table. <laughs> you, know. you know what? You know what I should do? I should go play like limit hold'em cash shortly before the, the 10K Limit Hold'em event and get everybody sick who's going to be uh, competing against me. That's what I need to do. Yeah, just but if you ever lose a pot, just cough on your chips before you, <coughs> you push them over. Yeah, yeah okay. like that. Yeah, like that. Okay, so uh, Matt the Rat, hello. Hey, how are you guys? All right, what's going Good. on, Matt? Um, <clears throat> I was just going to put uh, some people's concerns uh, to rest like that last caller. Um, you guys got nothing to worry about anybody that's staked Todd about, uh, I guess, overeating. Um, that uh, dinner we had last year, when we had to, we had to basically get $150 of food, I mean, we ate a lot. Like, I'm talking a lot. And uh, I couldn't eat for 24 hours, and then I talked to Todd the next day, and he was like, oh, yeah, I'm just, I had breakfast and lunch. And oh, that, that's true. That's right, Matt. was That's so totally true. Yeah, Matt and I had to go to, we went, the only place that was left open, see, he could only use his credit in a few places, so the only place that was left open was uh, was this uh, Toby Keith's I Love This Bar and Grill at, uh, at Harris, and we, uh, we, to spend $150 there in one meal was not easy, so we really over-ordered. We uh, had like two main courses each, we had appetizers and, uh, and desserts, drinks yeah. and desserts. And- yeah, yeah so, so it's true, like I... I, I Finished all of my part, and then the next day, Matt's like, "Oh, I feel so so full, I can't eat." I'm like, "What? No, I'm okay." <laughs> yeah, it was a lot, and I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm a, I'm not fat or nothing. I'm a big guy, and I stuffed down a lot, and I was full the next day. And Todd's not overweight or nothing, and I mean, he's not skinny, but it was like no problem. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> it, I, it is true. It's no problem. You know, I, I you know what's funny too is uh, I had a fifty percent chance of inheriting. Uh, I don't know if it's aging, but I, inheriting a trait that is it one I, that gets you sick all the time? No, that 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 makes me very like that makes my appetite very small. That I just eat a little bit and I'd be full. I had a fifty percent chance of inheriting that, and I did not inherit that because my mom has that, and and my brother and sister eat very little and they get full and they're very thin. And I did not get that. I got from my dad where I can just eat like a, like massive amounts in one sitting. But I, but I can even eat more than him in one sitting, especially now that he's older. But uh, I think even like like him at my age versus me at my age, I think I eat more in one sitting. So like it's just that that's that's what gets me somewhat is that I can eat a whole lot in one sitting, and uh, so that that's one of the things that's made me gain weight over the years is I just feel like I can, I can just keep eating. Yeah, but you're not you're not like really overweight. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. It's always exaggerated. People on the forum always like to talk about my weight, and then people meet me for the first time. They go, "Oh, I didn't expect." Like they expected me to be some like huge fat guy, and I'm not. I mean, you, you've met me a few times. You would you say that I'm overweight? No, no, I, I didn't, no. But I, I'm a, I'm a bit overweight for my I guess what should be my technical weight. But I'm you know I'm a fairly big guy, and I can eat a lot. But I don't know. It seems like I can eat a lot at the time. It's just the next day I still feel full. Yeah, see, that doesn't usually happen to me, except that one day I was talking about uh, last year. But, uh, but yeah, you're right. With you, I, right next day, I was just able to eat normally. So, yeah. anyway, uh, okay. Matt, thank you for calling in. Yep. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm sure I'll probably see him. He comes to the World Series every year. Very nice guy. Um, let's move on here. I, I want to talk a bit about Jow Poker, and then we'll go to our next interview. Um, now, this next interview is going to be weird. We've never had one like it before. Uh, as I mentioned, the, the guy we're going to have on here, he thinks he's just coming on a radio show to discuss Zhao Poker. Like, he, he knows that I, he, I linked the Poker Fraud Alert article, but he doesn't realize I'm the one who wrote the article. So, oh, boy. So he, he thinks that, like, it's written by some bitter guy who hates them. Which you're th- you're kind of catfishing him. <laughs> which isn't even true. Like, I'm not some bitter guy who hates them. I was, just, I was writing it from a point of neutrality. Like, if the guy really convinces me it's not, it's not a shady thing, then I'll, I'll, I'll change my mind. But uh, right now, I think it's a shady thing. But let me explain what this is. And uh, I'm sure you guys will probably come to the initial conclusion that I have. Jow Poker, J-A-O Poker. And you can go take a look at it right now. Jow Poker, J-A-O-Poker.com. Is a fairly new poker site. And it is open to U.S. players. And if you try to sign up right now for Jow Poker, you're going to find the Rude Awakening that it will not let you sign up without a referral code. It'll say referral code. You leave it blank, it won't let you sign up. It just says, uh, can't do it. It looks a little better than uh, Lucky Chewy. Poker. It does. It doesn't look that bad. It just, uh, but, but listen to the details about it. So, Jow Poker combined the exciting elements of the lack of trust of a sketchy new online poker site and the unsustainable pyramid model of multi-level marketing. <laughs> and they really do like they really do promote this as multi-level marketing multi-level marketing for the few of you who don't know most of you know but I'll, just in case you guys don't know I'll tell you about multi-level marketing very briefly multi-level marketing is where you are not only selling a product as an affiliate of the product this is not your product but you're an affiliate selling for them you're not only trying to sell the product but you're also trying to sell the opportunity to sell the product and when I say sell the opportunity to sell, it doesn't just mean you get other people selling for you, but that the people who go to work under you 
trying to sell the product initially have to buy in in some way usually. Sometimes they have to buy the product themselves. Sometimes they have to give some kind of, you know, pay some kind of fee to become an affiliate. And it's a pyramid scheme. It's really what it is because whoever you get into it then also tries to get other people into selling it. And whatever the person under you sells, you get part of their commission. And if they get other people into it, you get part of the commission under them. And down, you know, so let's say it can go down 10 levels and you'll keep getting, you know, bits of commission for everybody that, uh, that goes, you know, the, the affiliate of the affiliate of the affiliate affiliate, you'll get a piece of that too. Sounds great, right? Well, that's what people thought four decades ago when this uh, pyramid crap was invented. Something like that, 40, 50 years ago, this all started. But I can't believe it took humans that long yeah. <laughs> to come up with this scam. No, really. In the, in the, I, I would have thought it was happening back in the caveman days. Yeah, yeah. it would make sense. Yeah, In the late 70s, the, the FTC clamped down on pyramid schemes, and they passed uh, the new law about pyramid schemes, new back then, late 70s, was that you have to have a real product. You can't just be selling the opportunity to sell something. It have to, you have to, there has to be a real product involved and it has to be the main thing that's being sold, not the opportunity to sell it. So, so like, for example, uh, I can't be selling uh, $1,000 pencils where I know nobody's going to buy a pencil for $1,000, but I can't say, oh, this is a pencil for $1,000. Uh, and if you want to sell pencils for $1,000, then sign up under me. And whoever you get to sign up under you, will, you'll get a commission for whatever they pay to buy into it, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you can't do that because in reality, nobody's going to buy a $1,000 pencil. The problem is it's subjective. So if there's a product that just isn't very interesting, no one's going to want, or something that's way over, that's overpriced but not like ridiculously overpriced, it typically doesn't sell much, and really the business becomes selling the opportunity to sell it, which really is a pyramid scheme, which should be illegal but isn't. Now, I'm talking about general multilevel marketing here. Amway is a famous uh, multilevel marketing company. Uh, Herbalife, there's been many others. There's been many government actions against them, including one fairly recently against Herbalife. You can Google all this if you want to read about it. But uh, I've said for years that multi-level marketing is just a scam. If anyone comes to you with a multi-level marketing thing, whether it's a weight loss product, I've seen a lot of those pushed on Facebook, or whatever it is, if it's multi-level marketing, stay away, especially if they want you to be an affiliate. If they want you to buy the product, it's probably overpriced. It's probably something you don't need, probably something you can find much cheaper elsewhere. But fine, if you just want to buy the product and that's it, and you want to help out a friend or something, fine. But do not get into selling it. Do not ever buy into these where you have to pay some kind of fee or buy a lot of that product to sell to others. No matter how glossy the sales brochure or how convincing sounding the person trying to get you in it is or how close to you that person is. Sometimes a close friend will come to you and wants you to get into this because – because they want you to, you know, they want to make money and they, you, you feel bad for them. They don't have much money. You want to help them out. Just stay away from it. it it's a mess. It's a mess. It's, it's just like, kind of like a semi-scam or it ranges between a semi-scam and a full scam, multi-level marketing in general. But this is a multi-level par- marketing that has to do with online poker. So Jow Poker is both a regular poker site that actually takes U.S. players, by the way, and a multi-level marketing scheme. And to ensure that the multi-level marketing aspect of it is always a big part of things, you cannot sign up. You can't just go to jowpoker.com and sign up because you don't have an affiliate code. You have to find someone 
who has referred you. Now, it's not difficult to find one. You can just Google Jow Poker, and you'll find all these different YouTube videos out there and websites that people have set up who are the various affiliates of Jow Poker. Here is one example, and we're going to have him on the show shortly, Tam Wen, who has set up a Jow Poker affiliate account, and he... We're going to find out from him how deep he is in this company. He, he acts like he's like deeply in it with them, but I don't know. He may just be putting on that act because uh, that's what he has to do. But I just found him by Googling it, so I don't know that much about him, but we're going to have him on. I have his phone number. He gave it to me. He's going to willingly come on the show. But here is uh, him explaining it. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's going on, guys? So uh, thanks for uh, wanting to know a little bit more information about Jow Poker and the affiliate side of Jow Poker. Uh, if you're reaching out to me and you know there's a reason why you haven't heard of Jow Poker because we're, we're really, really new. We've only been out for three months uh, online. So we're actually growing week by week. Uh, we're doubling our growth of users uh, signing on every, every week. So a really great opportunity for you to become an affiliate, uh, to bring on your friends, your families, fellow poker players, bar leagues, uh, Facebook groups, Twitter groups, um, Instagram groups, Pinterest, you know, if you're on, huge on social media, this will just fall right in your wheelhouse, right? Okay, stop right there. Notice what he did not mention. Two plus two, pocket fives, poker fraud alert. None of these sites that are full of knowledgeable poker players, because they're going to laugh at this. He's suggesting Instagram and Facebook and, uh, Everything else which is likely to have more of the, the casual poker follower and not someone who's very, very familiar with the industry. He's, he's not directing you anywhere that's full of very knowledgeable poker players, which is strange because you'd, if you're trying to get people to spread the word about it, you would try to get them to spread the word where there's a lot of poker players who want to play online poker who are veterans of, of online poker. But that, that doesn't seem to be where he's directing you. And there's a good reason for that. Now... If you haven't had an account and you're actually getting this video directly from me, uh, then create a poker account. Check out the site, right, before you actually get into the business. And uh, we want you to be able to play on the site because this is what it's about. It's an po online poker site, even though we do focus on the business side because the business side, we're all referral-based. So everyone who plays on the site knew someone who was an affiliate who brought them on. So it's one giant worldwide home game. We are available in the USA. Um, no deposit fees, same day cash outs. I wouldn't even say same day, usually minutes if not hours. Yeah, so he doesn't say how, but the way you're going to cash out of this site and presumably deposit too is through PayPal. <laughs> and we'll, we'll, ask him, we'll ask him about this. Now, PayPal, as we've discussed on here, is extremely strict, extremely strict about anything resembling gambling. Forget just gambling, anything resembling gambling, even legal gambling, they don't want it, you to do. Anything that has anything to do with gambling, legal or illegal, if you dare send any money on PayPal, they will close down your account if they know about it. So this is the absolute wrong payment processor to be using. So that does not speak very well for their future. Now, maybe they'll go to Bitcoin or something like that, but for right now, it's PayPal from what I've been hearing. We'll, we'll confirm this with uh, Tam when we get him on the phone. Now, it looks, like, um, it looks like the parent company 
is a Canadian company called Enterra Holdings Limited. And, I mean, they've got a profile on Bloomberg. They're a private company. The sector is industrials, engineering, and construction services. I mean, oh, this is weird. really weird. That is weird. I, I, I didn't look that deep. That, I'll get into what the Jow Network is shortly. That's the kind I've of... been tearing apart their, their app. Okay. <laughs> um, and it, it actually looks pretty well done. Yeah, uh, it did. It, it, like, the site itself didn't look bad. Well, I'm not, I'm not talking about the site. I'm talking about like oh, the, the, the actual HTML5 JavaScript app that you can play yeah. online in. I mean, they, they hired someone that knows what they're doing that, that did this. It's actually pretty well done. And, you know, I don't say that lightly. I'd be yes. the first person to say this is shit. That's right? true. That's true. Um, but, no, I mean, it actually looks like they did a good job. And I was in plumbing through the, the source there. I found uh, the copyright was Enterra Holdings and Jow Poker. So then I'm Googling Intera Holdings, and it's it's some Canadian company that in a totally unrelated engineering uh, construction services. Now, is it, is it possible they just wrote the software and they don't actually own it? Maybe Jowpo? Uh, I mean, maybe, but that's who. Eh, it's possible. Certainly possible. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, skip forward here to where he talks about the affiliate stuff that uh, you can learn about and. Uh, well, what the hell is a construction do- company doing owning software? That's yeah, sure. very weird. But maybe they were talked into it by somebody who... Civil engineering company. Yeah, yeah they may have just talked someone into it like, this is a great idea. It's going to make you a ton of money. A great time to get into this business because we're actually growing uh, at such a large number. Now, our affiliate program is built by poker players for poker players. Oh. So there's actually two... Oh, uh, wait a minute, Druff. I'm understand. sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt him, him talking, but you, you're right. Um, there, it turns out there are a number of Interras. Um, so you're right. Intera is a software development company that provides high-end application development, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So you're correct. They are the company that made this software, um, and they did a good job making the software. Maybe they licensed this out to a number of different people. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Sorry. So right, go ahead. We're based out of Cambodia, right? Um, whoa, 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 whoa. They're based out of Cambodia. So... Yeah, he, this is where it's based. It really is based out of Cambodia. And uh, why not? That's uh, <laughs> he's saying they're, they're licensed in Cambodia. That doesn't matter. It's, oh my come on, man! <laughs> based out of Cambodia, that that means they can basically leave at any time and take your money. That's I, you know what I've got a I've got a Cambodian uh, gun permit. <laughs> I'm legal to carry a gun in Cambodia. That, why do you have that? Huh? Why do you have a Cambodian gun? All you got to do is pay the right guy fifty bucks, and you're you're good. It's probably the same thing with their license. But why do you have one? Do you, do you I'm go to kidding? Oh, okay. I'm I, just saying it's like I didn't really know. I thought I thought, I thought I thought maybe you've been to Cambodia and needed a gun. I don't know. I have been there, but no, I didn't have a gun okay. on me. Okay. But uh, my point is, you in a country like that, you just give the right guy yeah. some money, and there you go. Of There's course. your license. Of course. There are licenses there. There are two websites: jowpoker.com, which you play poker. And then there's Jow Network, the business side where actually you make money. Now, there are six ways to earn commissions. Six ways to earn commissions. That's pretty strong. Uh, which is pretty awesome. You're not going to find this in any other affiliate uh, poker site ever out there. There's a reason for that. Now, with 130 million online poker players, we have roughly 4,000 at the moment. <laughs> Why is he bragging about that? That's uh, so they love to say one hundred. I see all these different ads out there for Jow Poker. One hundred thirty million online poker players worldwide. Okay, but how many are on your site? Seventy nine 
is what they claim on the website is active right now. Yeah, so he's saying there's 4,000 right now, the total signed up on the site, which is not very large to have a, a total player base of 4,000, of which only a small percentage will be playing at one time. Oh, I'm impressed that there are 79 active players, to be honest if, with if you. That's even, I bet you on Lucky Chewy Poker, there's not 79 active players. That's true. It probably is blowing away Lucky Chewy Poker at the moment. I'll give you that. Now, this number will change from the time you watch this video because we get people signed up literally every minute now, um, every five minutes or so, you get 10% on your own personal play. So if you play poker and play online poker, why not get paid for your own personal play, even if it's just a little bit? It's better than nothing, <laughs> and it's, it, it, keeps, it keeps you be able to So you say you, you get 10% month, rake month back is what you're trying to say. Lot. Is, this guy is Personally competing with Fernando for per- production quality. Yeah. <laughs> personal rake back for every single person you bring on. So if you bring on one person who plays 100, um, a rake back of 100 in their first week, that's usually about equivalent to two hours a day, playing micro stakes of 25 cents, 50 cents, uh, roughly 10 hours a week. Uh, so if you multiply that times four, you've made $40 for that person because that's 400 uh, rake back points just for that one player. Remember, that's one player. So you bring on 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 players that are doing the same thing, kind of see where this math kind of balloons and you can make money. Now, where the business really grows for you is the referral bonus of bringing on affiliates. Now, if these players are playing on the site, you do want to talk to them about becoming an affiliate under yourself. Now, you're like, well, it's starting to sound like a business that a lot of people don't like. I'm going to be honest with you, it is a network program. Means multi-level marketing. So you do get paid by bringing someone on, and you get paid for them building their team, and so on. So the bigger you build your team, the bigger your paychecks. So, uh, and uh, this is why it's important to kind of get in right now. Unlike the other major poker sites where it's already saturated, who do you not? Who do you know that really does not have an ignition account? ACR, Poker Stars, Party Poker. Um, Full tilt, right? Um, those are the poker sites. So those are they. They have affiliations by the mass, and you're like, oh my god, okay. So I this this could really work. This is the reason why we came up with this program. Jesus the- Christ, <laughs> do, do you know that? I mean, who the fuck is? It? <laughs> Could they have at least hired like a slick salesman? Well, no, to get no, the he, pitch, no, he know? hired himself. This is this is one of many affiliate. He is an affiliate. So anybody yeah. who's an affiliate makes their own video like this. Some of them are just very quick two minute videos, just uh, with uh-huh. graphics and other stupidity. This guy is attempting to explain it. There's a few others like this. And, and did you know that it doesn't end with a pyramid scheme and a a poker room? There is also a Jow Sports. So there's a <laughs> no. I'm not kidding. Go to jowsports.com and they've got a sports book and there's roulette and there's blackjack and there's horse base reading and horse race betting and NCAA and all this kind of stuff. I like how on, he, it's an online sports book too, man. I like how he's already warning people like, yeah, this is going to be something you may not like, but but uh, just hear me out. A lot of people don't like this, but I'm, I'm going to tell you anyway. It's, it's, um, sounds, it's, sounds terrible, baby, but it's only going to hurt for a minute. I, I'm just going to tell you, it's, I'm just going to level with you. Um, it's 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 it's. Uh, it's a, it's a network thing. Anyway, let's go on here. Uh, so so he's, he, what he's trying to say there about ACR and Ignition, he's trying to say, like, 
if you're trying to sign up people to a new poker site, if you start becoming an affiliate for Ignition, everyone's going to say, well, I have an account already in Ignition. I have an account already in ACR. I, you know, you're not going to find anyone who's not signed up for those yet. But Jow Poker, you know, nobody has an account there, so this is a great place to start, he's trying to say. And, and then you had to, quote, build up your network, which that's code for you, then you need sign up people who then will become affiliates themselves. Drop, I'm sold. I'm sold. I know I told you that 55 bucks I won last week. I told you to put it in the next free roll. I want the money. I'm putting it up here. I'm going to try and become a Jow Poker affiliate. Well, it, unfortunately, I think it's not going to work because I was told. I'm not sure about this. We'll try to ask him on the phone. I was told that it costs uh, $250 to buy into the whole thing. <laughs> All right, all right. Well, give me the fifty-five bucks. I'm going to put it on the Jow Sports Sportsbook. Oh, and try to run it up to two fifty. Yeah, I'll try and run it up to two fifty, or maybe I'll just throw it on the the Jow Sports Roulette. I can enjoy the high definition European and American roulette. Apparently, now he's talking about uh, something's going to be coming up called check matching for our business. Uh, team rate volume. This is the net. You know, getting paid for the network aspect of your business. Uh, and I'll run through some some. Some numbers with you here in the next page. Check matching. So as your team builds, so does your check, and you get check matches for your team that does really well. And that's what does that that's mean? A, that's a great thing as well. <laughs> Global profit sharing. No other, no other um, online poker site is going to give you profit sharing within their corporation. Oh, I see. So they're claiming. They're claiming. I don't know what check matching is, but is this the guy that's going to call you? Yes. But okay. <laughs> is he listening? I don't know. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll say it after then. <laughs> but <laughs> just in case, whatever I say would prevent. The thing him. about the global uh, <laughs> profit sharing, he's saying that in addition to all this, if Jow Poker is making a lot of money, that they're going to give you some piece of their profits. You just they're just going to do that for you. Just whatever they make, you're going to get a percentage of what Jow Poker itself makes as well. On top of all this, on top of the rake back, on top of the rake back of the people who uh, who play under you, on top of the people who buy in to be affiliates. Now, I'm not going to play any more of this. I've got five more minutes. I'm not going to play it. We're yeah, gonna please, keep, we're, please. The, na- the natives are saying to just get this guy on the phone. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's uh, It couldn't be any worse than this video. So, <laughs> it, it, I mean, <laughs> I guess it could, but hopefully not. <laughs> so between being based in Cambodia, the, the PayPal uh, withdrawals, the whole network marketing aspect, and the fact that you have to pay to become part of it, and that's – before we call this guy, that's what bothers me the most is the having to pay to be part of something. I hate any kind of business model like this. If the product that is being sold is so revolutionary and is going to make so much money, and if everybody gets involved, it's going to become so rich, why do you have to pay to get involved? Now, that question always comes up, and the answer is always, well, we have to make sure you're serious. Mm-hmm. We can't just let anyone sign up because we'll just get bloated with signups where only a small percentage really want to do the work to become great. But if you pay... Yeah. Money to joining them, well, then we know you're serious. But that's BS. What that really means is the main way they're making money is through selling the opportunity to sell. And of course, of course, because if they really had such a money making opportunity, they they don't. It's ridiculous. And, and it wouldn't matter. The point yeah. is, it wouldn't matter, especially in the age of computers. There's very little overhead in managing affiliates of affiliates of affiliates. If they could just right. accumulate tons of affiliates and only a tiny percentage really generate much, well, great. Well, then whoever generates gets paid. Whoever doesn't, it's just sits in the yep. system and you don't pay them. It's, it, it doesn't cost any money to maintain. So it's BS. So anyway, we're gonna we're gonna find out what his answers are to this. We're gonna call him, and I'm, you know, I'm gonna ask serious questions. I'm, I'm 
you know my opinion of this, but I'm not going to shut him down on this. Well, we add tra- Let me add Trader Ruski first. I think he's trying to call us. For whatever reason, when Trader Ruski tries to call in, sometimes I have trouble adding him. We have to call him instead. So put him on here. Then we will call... Well, Druff, let's pool all our money together. Trader Ruski, can, I, can you get in this for like 100 bucks? I, I'll split it with you. <laughs> well, I've only got 55, so I'll go, I'll go 55. And you guys go a hundred each, and we'll have enough money. We can we can get in there. We can be like a PFA affiliate. Yeah, and, and, yeah. And speaking of affiliates, this has been pushed in a lot of face poker Facebook groups. There's a lot of these out there. The biggest one I know of is Real Grinders, though. To Real Grinders' credit, that's the one run by Ray Davis. They have decided that this is not something they're going to allow. So whenever they see a Jow Poker post, they just delete it. And and they have a rule against Jow Poker affiliate marketing. You just can't do it. There's people who have tried on there, but they've deleted it to their credit. But there are other groups, I don't even know which ones, but that are allowing this. And uh, that's what got the attention of this Alex Lombardo who brought this to me. And he's been fighting against it. He's been, like, going to every group he's part of that is allowing it and trying to convince everyone it's a scam and don't sign up. And yeah, the, the reason he's using is pretty much the reasoning we've been using in this uh, discussion. And common sense to most people but as i said the reason they push this on facebook groups and on just general social media is they don't want the super knowledgeable poker player to say things like wait a minute you know, paypal the, uh, do you understand how complicated payment processing is you, you have to have a real payment processor in place they don't want people saying that they don't want people uh talking about how no poker site uh could ever work this way with affiliate marketing uh with with, with a multi-level marketing version of affiliates they they don't want people picking this apart who have mass experience in the industry. They want people who are kind of new, kind of unfamiliar with all this, just fans of poker who to this would sound good if pitched well. So suckers. Yes. Okay. So whenever – and if, some of the other scams we've talked about on here, especially ones aimed at the Bitcoin community, there have been a number of poker scams that have been only aimed at the Bitcoin community. One – They do <laughs> accept Bitcoin, bro. That's No, they do? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So I guess I guess that is a way to find. So why is there PayPal? Why can't they just do Bitcoin? Like the PayPal is real. That. Well, hold on. The the Jow Sports accepts uh, PayPal, Visa, Voucher, Bitcoin, Skrill, and Netteller. So I'm assuming that their poker does as well, but maybe they don't. I don't know. Okay. I don't have a referral code. I can't fucking sign up. <laughs> well, actually, I, there there is one for this. Uh, Tam, you got one. You got one. Well, for this Tam. No here. routes found. What? <laughs> I think that's his GPS. No routes found. Let me try that again. Or do they mean like internet route? I've never heard that error message before when you call someone. No routes found. Hmm. Let me try again. I built this up for nothing. I mean, he gave me his number. He seemed very serious about this. He didn't seem like he was trolling me either. Unless he mistyped it. No routes found. Ah, oh, there we go. We found a route. Hello. Hello, is this uh, Tam Wen? Yes. Yeah. Hello. Welcome to our show. Here, you're on. Uh, you're on our radio show here, and uh, we're calling you to talk about Jow Poker, which we know is. Uh, it's been a little bit controversial, and we want to get the facts from you. 
And you, you uh, yeah. So, so what is your position with them? I know you seem to you have an affiliate code. You seem to be an affiliate of them. But so, are you an affiliate or are you uh, in management in, in Jow Poker? Uh, I'm an affiliate, and I'm also in the management role with the with the company. I've worked my way up uh, since I've been with the company, and uh, you know, I can I can speak upon um, you know the publicity side and answer questions regarding the site, and you know people claiming to what it's not, you know what I mean? Uh, because people don't understand the business model behind it. Okay, so so let's let's start simply here. So the first question is, uh, how would someone be able to deposit to Jow Poker? Once they get an account, which I know they need through an affiliate, which we'll get to shortly, but once they get an account there and they want to put money on there and play, what methods of deposit are there? We have uh, we have multiple methods, right? I know you guys post on your site that um, you know we we use PayPal, right? Which is true, but we also have other merchant systems that are available, like you know bank transfers. Um, uh, I'm, I'm actually playing online right now, and um, you know bank wire transfers, uh, check, um, you know, and we do other. Other systems which makes people that are comfortable. What right? about what about Bitcoin? Uh, do, do you make, take do you take Bitcoin? We currently do not offer Bitcoin. Uh, we are we are looking to add Bitcoin to our site. You know, Bitcoin right now is a little bit interesting, right? With the whole market that's going up. Yeah, you have to deal with the pricing and things like that. And you know, Bitcoin is kind of like uh, a lot of other merchant systems that they find out that you're a gaming site. You know, they they don't want to work with you, so we have to tread carefully on what we kind of kind of use. I see. So, 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 um, let's get, let's get to the the site itself and the and the way people sign up there. Why do people need an affiliate code to sign up? Because I'll tell you, if somebody just finds Jow Poker, they just they go to jowpoker.com and they go, oh, this site looks pretty cool. And I have to admit, the the Jow Poker website. And even the app itself, it all looks pretty good. It all looks pretty well done. So someone gets excited and says, hey, I want to play, and they try to sign up, and it says, what's your referral code, and you don't know what to enter there. Now, yes, people can Google it and find people like you, but why not let people sign up without a referral code? Why does it always have to be a referral code to get in? Well, the business model is made uh, on the on the back end, you know, like you guys kind of posted up. It's a network marketing site, right? And even network marketing has a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. But our business model is if we're going to bring positivity back to online poker and we're going to put a business spin to it, why not let the average, everyday, normal person make an income themselves by referring their friends and family and them earning their rake back themselves? So that's where the whole network marketing comp plan kind of came into play. You see, you see, I can now understand. I can understand that that part makes sense. In fact, I, I see. I've been an online poker player for many, many years. I've been an online poker player going back uh, almost seventeen years, and and there have been times where not only have I played a whole lot on there myself, and sometimes I have like a rake back deal and I get some rake back, but like sometimes I'll tell a friend who gets on there. And I'll think to myself, wow, you know, I, I wish I didn't have to be an official affiliate. And, you know, I, I wish I could have just gotten a commission for signing up this other person. So that part makes sense to me. Even the multi-level part kind of makes sense to me. Or if you refer someone who then refers someone else, that, that you can get a piece of that all the way down. That part all makes sense. The two things that don't make sense to me, I'll be honest here. Number one is the fact that you absolutely have to have a referral code. You can't just 
say I just found it just surfing around the web and I can't you know I have to have a referral code that doesn't make sense to me and and number two um, and you can tell us about this apparently if you want to become an affiliate on there you have to buy in in some way you have to send some kind of money to her to I, I get I to who the Jow poker like how, how how would one become an affiliate how much money would they have to pay and who do they send the money to to become an affiliate yeah, the, the money actually goes to the corporation, right? It covers the back office fee. Uh, you get some you get some poker gear behind it. The fee is $250. $150 is actually a bonus that goes into your poker account, which you can use to kind of help grow your business. For example, if you want to invite 20 people uh, and give them 5 bucks a piece, right? And that's 20 people in your downline uh, already as players, right? Um, and then... Um, the other 150 costs is the back office setup, right? But the great thing about our back office is that there's no monthly overhead. Not like a, not like the other um, network marketing companies where you do have a back office fee until you sign up, you know, three people, and then it's they say your back office fee is covered, right? Um, and if you're if you've ever been in network marketing, you would understand this concept, right? But the thing with our fee is, I mean, it's just a small piece. You're buying into a small piece of the company that's growing. So why not, you know, if you're going to buy a franchise, you're going you're gonna to pay for it, right? So this is essentially that's what this is, is buying a piece of a franchise um, in the poker industry, which is what is new, and um, you, get to, you get to profit from it. Uh, it might be small profits for some. It might be big profits for others, but it all depends on how you work well, and uh, get your referrals. Okay, I, I understand what you're saying here, but uh, and, and I understand you're saying some portion of this that you're, you're given to give uh, that you're given some kind of bonus money that you can distribute to, to others you invite to the site uh, as bonuses. But I still I'm still not quite understanding why there should be a, what you call the back office fee because. Uh, the thing that's holding poker sites back, any new poker site, not just yours, any, any new poker site, what holds them back the most is traffic. You need – because the problem with, with poker, it's not like blackjack where the, you, know, you can just play one player. You need people to play with. You need people existing on the site for others to want to play there. So the hardest thing is to get traffic in enough games to where it appeals to a large number of people. And and that's why once a site is very successful, it tends to stay successful unless they screw things up because there's always games running. Uh, if they, if you don't have games running, even people who want to play, they show up, they see no games running, they quit, and they never deposit. So I'm I'm this seems to be I'm I, I don't understand why there seems to be like a hindrance put upon people to refer others because if someone could become an affiliate for free, then then they would have nothing to lose. Then they could start trying to refer people and if they're successful then they make money if they're not successful they have nothing to lose so they're willing to give it a shot where 250 dollars a lot of people say hey you know this one this already sounds like a scam uh two i i don't know if i could ever make that much back uh, you know it's just a big barrier to entry i'm wondering if you guys want to have a successful site that you want to grow large why not let as many people come in as affiliates as possible even knowing that only a small percentage will succeed why not open this up to a greater number of people. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of cost to me to have someone as an affiliate who has an affiliate code that uh, you really don't have to pay if they refer a lot of people. Well, you know, it all, just like any other like franchise or business, right? If you're going to be serious, you're going to pay for it, right? So 
let's let's think let's let's put into aspects of uh you wanting to franchise a McDonald's. Right? You're you're gonna have to have a million dollars uh in the bank account plus money to build your location and um at least six to nine months in case your McDonald's doesn't succeed as fast, right? Um I mean it does it does take money. It does cost money to um have the IT up and running, not literally ninety nine point six, ninety nine point point five percent of the time. Right? And that's our goal, right? Um we are still in working progress in regards to, you know, getting the traffic to the site. So the affiliations make uh the business the affiliate affiliation partnerships make the business a success, right? Um we're okay with growing gradually. We're okay with, uh, you know, with our business model. And, you know, anyone just like uh, America's Car Room or Ignition or um, anything like that, uh, even if you want to be in affiliation with them, you still have to fill out an application to be accepted, correct? So uh, they can still say no. So with us, if you, you know, pay your Pay the $150. The, the actual fee is 150 because we're putting $100 back into your account, in which you can cash out if you want or do whatever you want. You can play with it or on the site and whatnot. But it, what that allows us to do also is if you're going to invest in a company that you're going to be pitching products and trying to create a business with, with Jow Poker, um, what's the likelihood that someone will stay in play? Well, I know, I know what you're right. saying. I, I know what you're saying. Like it's 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 supposed to indicate that you're serious with it. But the the thing is, like with the McDonald's example, the McDonald's has to worry about a few things before allowing someone to to be a franchisee for them. Because uh, first of all, McDonald's has certain standards. So mm-hmm. and, and and then they also you know so they have to make sure you have enough money to support the franchise. That um, they they have to have a lot of different assurances that people will go to McDonald's and have the, essentially the same experience they do with the other McDonald's. But that's because you're running a physical store that the corporation has very little access to or control of. That's not the same thing as affiliate marketing, where you're just marketing somebody else's product. Marketing somebody else's product, uh, there's many things on the web you can sign up for. Uh, like, for example, I knew, I knew this one guy who told me that uh, he sells printing equipment. And I, I really thought he was a guy who, who actually you know, was a salesman who went around selling printing equipment to businesses. No, he just slapped up a few websites with affiliate codes for other companies that sell printing equipment. And whatever he manages to sell, he gets a small piece of. And it was so easy for them to sign him up. He didn't have to even commit to anything because their attitude was it's very cheap to add people on. And whoever sells, great. Whoever doesn't succeed, well, it doesn't matter. We, we, there's not a lot to uh, – it doesn't matter if someone does sign up and isn't serious because they're not running anything. All they're doing is referring people over there. So if someone signs up to refer and they, and they fail or they don't try very hard, well, it doesn't hurt you guys at all. So that's why, that's why I'm not understanding. This is a, a classic issue with all multi-level marketing is the, the mm-hmm. initiation fee, and this goes back – I mean, I, I watched some. Uh, I, I watched a sitcom from the early '80s where they made fun of this, where they had uh, someone s- selling vacuum cleaners, but you had to buy in two hundred dollars before you could sell the vacuum cleaners. It was the same story, and they made fun of it thirty-five years ago. And it, so this is nothing new. Uh, I, but this, there's always this fee to get involved that I've always been skeptical of because if there's a product to sell, whatever it is, that's going to be successful. 
uh, it shouldn't matter if you sell a lot or a little, especially in today's day and age. I'm like 35 years ago where there's a lot of paperwork, a lot of stuff to, to keep track of. Nowadays with computers, you, you enter, someone enters themselves into the system. There's nothing to do. It's very cheap, very easy. It can run itself. That's why I'm, I'm still not understanding the reason for the $250. That's the thing that's, that's sticking to me the most of everything that's, that's – all the skepticism that's been expressed of Jow Poker. I, I can understand some of it. I can even understand the PayPal thing if, if there are multiple ways to get paid, if you guys want to use PayPal before you get caught and shut out of it, which will happen eventually. PayPal, they're super hard line. I mean, I've been shut out of PayPal, and I, I don't even – I don't run any gambling site, but I've had four accounts closed just because I'm a poker player, and the slightest thing they suspect has to do with poker, they shut me down. It's just frustrating. So I, I can only imagine how, how long Jow Poker will last before PayPal shuts them. But at least you have other methods that to, to put money in and out, which is good. But uh, – my my biggest concern here, I'll be honest, is is this initiation fee, because it it starts to look a lot like uh, these network marketing scams and semi scams, where really the big money is getting people to put up money up front to to be a salesman for it. I mean, how many? Okay, so let's take a look at these other major poker sites, right? You become an affiliate with them. Most of them don't even offer personal rate back. They offer a rate back, what, 35 to 45%, depending on your status uh, of playing on their site, right? You have to reach a certain amount of status before you even earn a certain percentage with them or a bonus or anything like that. Um, you know, we're, we're, you can basically call us a poker club, right? Um, you, can call us, you can call us whatever you want, network marketing, poker club. Um, and, you know, it's, this is all fun and games, and we're bringing positivity back to the online poker scene. Um, you can you can own, literally own a piece of an online poker corporation, right? Where instead of, example, poker stars, where they're paying now Kevin Hart probably what five million a year, um, where their their rake is going, you the rake is going. Majority of the rake is coming back to the actual players, the affiliates to the site. So we allow everyone the opportunity to at least earn the money back. You, some of the money back you're playing on the site. You're not getting that with any other site. Well, okay, but the, let me give you an example. You want to talk about rake back on traditional sites. There is, um, like, let's say, just I want to become an affiliate right now, and I'm not an affiliate for anything. Okay, so let's say I want okay. to be, let's say I want to become an affiliate of of these various sites you mentioned: Poker Stars, uh, America's Card Room. Uh, Ignition, all the big ones around right now. Uh, if I just come to them and say, I want to be an affiliate, they will turn me down and say, well, okay, uh, you don't have an established affiliate business. You can't become one. That's a pain, that sucks. That's a pain in the ass. So, But, mm-hmm. however, I do have the option at any time to go to affiliates that will then allow me to be an affiliate of them. Uh, so, so I can sign up for one of those, and they will give me basically their code, and I will be under their umbrella and and of course they're going to get a piece of of whatever players i sign up that's why they're doing it but they don't have any minimums i i could sign i could sign up with them don't don't have to pay them a penny and then if i get a number of players signing up to poker stars well they they get a piece of it i i get most of it and the reason they do this is you know so so let's say the you know normally the affiliates getting uh uh a 10 percent payment I'd be instead of getting a seven percent payment, and they'd be getting three. Well, why do they do this? Because uh, it doesn't cost them anything. I, it's an automated process. I just sign up. 
uh, so so it's not even hard to become an affiliate of another large site. You just have to do it through a uh, a third party. Like like, and there's a, a number of these that will do it. And in fact, uh, on another site I was once part of, uh, I was actually doing that. This site, we're not doing it, but I could. I could at any time sign up for one of those. So I'm just, it's it's still a little bit odd to me. Now, yes, you're saying that the, the affiliate themselves can earn rake back by playing, and some of them don't offer that. That's true, but, uh, you know, that's... Well, look, look, at the, look at the financial gain, right, by, by getting into a business like this today, right? Look at, look at the business models today, right? Um, and what we're able to offer for anyone. I mean, um, yeah, you can, you can go into PokerStars, 888-POKER. You can go to WSLP.com, sign up for, as to be an affiliate. I mean, you can go to NaturalAid.com. You can go to these Chinese apps that are currently out. Um, and you can be an affiliate, but look at look at the saturation of the the account that's already been created. We're a new poker site. We're giving people the opportunity to grow uh, and, and and grow their business uh, based off of a network marketing plan. I mean, the network marketing, yeah, it, it, it puts a bad taste in people's mouth. But after you hear what you can earn, right, and you, your break even point, honestly could be within one month if not within a week depending on how much you play how many people you refer we're not asking you to go out there and grab the next you know phil ivy which i saw a couple of people make comments about about um are are any celebrity poker stars playing on this site let's be real celebrity poker star celebrity poker players are either contracted with a major poker site getting paid millions to play on their site or they don't want to be affiliated with anyone. Well, that's, so, uh, hold on. That, that, that brings me to my next point. That brings me to my next question. I haven't seen any known or semi-known poker players who are affiliated with this, and yet there's a lot of small poker sites out there that do hire kind of like B and C list players. I'm not talking about Phil Ivy; he'd be very expensive. But but kind of B right. and C list players who don't have a sponsorship or anywhere else that will pretty much sign up for anything, uh, provided you pay them a, a little bit of money. Do you have anybody at all that's uh, affiliated with this that I would we, know of? Yeah, the uh, the actual uh, co-founders of the site are professional poker players. But are they know? Would anyone know who they are? Yeah, they've been on. They've been on, they've been highlighted in ESPN World Series of Poker main event. But who are they though? What's what's their names? Uh, let's see, one name is Jason Songs. Uh, he's the most notable. Uh, we and we've been in. Um, I'm a local grinder, right? Uh, I'm I'm more of a, a local name uh, from Oklahoma and Texas to Southern California now, right? I live in Southern California now. I'm playing the LA poker scene. A lot of my friends uh, are local grinders, right? Some of them you will see on the WPT deep stacks, which we're trying to, you know, we're we're talking to uh, on trying to bring them aboard, right? So, uh, in regards to, you know, even bc poker players i mean it's it's all on local stability it's all on you know how you want to approach it right um okay, i mean so, so, it, it just kind of just kind of depends now, now who's who's holding the money on this site is is it just the corporation who holds the money for the poker players while they're playing on there there there's a there's a corp there's a private corporation that holds all the money uh there's actually about two or three just in case one gets um gets looked into right so we have we have plan b c and d in place for
for such such things to protect our players' finances. Okay, but 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 you have to understand there is skepticism with any new poker site, not just yours. Any new poker site that oh. pe- people haven't heard of. There's oh, a lot yeah. of a oh, lot yeah. of I definitely there, understand. There's that. a lot of skepticism and, 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 for for especially how safe their money is. In fact, I'll tell you, I was invited. I'm not going to say what site, but I was invited to like. There's these home games that run on. There's there's this cheap poker software you can buy for like a hundred bucks that you can run on your computer. I even we even run it on this server just for for free for for free rolls. But uh, there's this poker software you can buy for like a hundred bucks and uh, you know and run your own poker site. There are some people who are running these. And you have to be invited by someone that you know that, that can vouch for you, blah blah blah. And I've been invited to some of these, and I've been told oh, the games are good, and they're, they're they're running certain games that I like to play, at limits I like to play, and I've turned them down because I am not convinced that the people who are going to be holding my money on there are not going to run off with it. So how can people be sure that uh, those who are running Jow Poker, who don't seem to be, it's not like you know the people running Jow Poker are have a 15-year history of trustworthiness. How, how are they going to know that this small site doesn't just disappear one day with their money, as which happens with many small poker sites? Right, and, and that, is, that is a major concern. It's a legitimate concern, right? Um, and any, any one day, America's card room can go down, Ignition can go down, right? Poker stars can go down. Yeah, but they've been around forever. Have... That's, that's not likely. Yeah. Well, that it, well, it goes back to it, it. Doesn't matter which online poker site it is today. Uh, what? What was the last one I just heard? Uh, Full Flush went down last year. But Full Flush right? was that was one of the smaller ones. It wasn't as big as you know. It was not as small as just Jow Poker is at the moment. That was still one of the smaller ones. I never trusted them. There are certain sites that go up that I go, this network is too small. At any time, they can collapse and disappear, and they usually do. Uh, there's Poker Stars have been around forever. I'd be shocked if they disappeared. Uh, that, you know, there, right. there, are, there are a few times that it happens where a, a site that is trusted collapses, like Full Tilt uh, back in 2011. But that's more the exception. Like, like Ignition, that, mm-hmm. that's pretty much Bodog. And that, they've been around since 2000. And for all the problems they've had, um, they've never cheated anyone as far as uh, not paid them the money that... Uh, that they had in their balance on there. They've, they, you know, you, if you have money on Ignition, Bodog, Bovada, whatever, you know, you'll get your money. So, and same with PokerStars. So, the, the, and even America's Card Room at this point, I would, for the most part, trust that I'm not going to get screwed. I wouldn't leave my life savings on there, but I would, uh, I'd be right. fairly surprised right. if, if, well, if I didn't get my money off there. Let's put it like this. We're, we're, not, we're not just backed by the co-founders of this site. There are major investors backed on this site and also... Um, the major investors are backed in casinos uh, in, in other countries, so we have we have we have backing to cover our financial um, state. And then um, as time goes along, people will see the the public history of it. it it'll come out, right? Um, and because we're new, like you said, it's a legitimate concern, and that's why I'm make myself available to answer these concerning questions to to help ease some of these these questions okay. that people well, have concerns about. I'm glad, I'm glad you've come on the show. You know, this is uh, brave of you to do, and uh, you know, a lot of people would just hide from questions like this and say, you know, we're not, we're not going to go on a show like this and face the tough questions. So I, I give you credit for that. I give anybody credit who comes on here that's, that's going to face uh, skeptical questions. Uh, but uh, the, how is the affiliate marketing, the, the network marketing, as you call it, uh, model, how is that going to be sustainable? That's another big Concern people have of any multi-level marketing uh, 
situation where it's known as a pyramid scheme or a Ponzi scheme where it's, it's concern. The concern is that just ignoring the poker side of things that you guys have going on there, just the whole network marketing scheme that you have is, is not going to be sustainable because uh, the pyramid's going to become uh, too big and too bottom heavy. So, so what's, uh, what is your response to that? Well, here's the percentages of what uh, the, the network marketing scene is, right? Typically about, let, let, let's run the actual numbers, about what, 80% of the people actually fell in network marketing. The reason for that is because they're not putting enough effort into it or they don't really understand what they're getting into. In the online poker industry, it's, it's really simplified. Either they play poker or they don't, right? If they play online poker, that's great. We're not, we're not asking people to jump on and play every day and force them to play a certain amount per month or anything like that. We're just bring, making it fun and accessible for people uh, if they do want to jump on and play. And if they jump on and play and you refer them, you're earning a rake. We're not going to say that you're going to earn, you know, 5000 a month or 10000 a month. But what if, you, what if you're able to make a couple hundred bucks off a rake back and you get to play some online poker um, you can cash it out if you want to, but if you want to use it to, to bankroll your next month's, you know, gains uh, on online, yeah, why not, so, right? So, okay, and has there been actually, how long has Jow Poker been up? When did it uh, originally start? Jow Poker started in January, uh, and uh, believe it or not, um, I started Jow Poker literally just six weeks ago. And I can tell you when I joined Jow Poker, it was only 600 users online. So, so you've, you've moved up in the company quickly in six weeks. Yes. Um, and today, we currently have about 3,000 users uh, from six weeks ago. Uh, and um, and my, my role within the organization on the executive level uh, is improving players' um, experience with the site via – be our download or our, our web, our app is coming out here real soon. We're actually gaining today uh, roughly between 50 to 75 new players daily. Now, aren't you worried yeah. as, as, as someone who is heavily involved in this and even made a video with your face and uh, your, your real name up there, aren't you worried since this is an illegal site in, in the U.S. and that's, uh, you know, you are allowing U.S. players, aren't you worried that uh, you can get in trouble for this? I am an independent business owner. I am technically a marketer for the company, right? I'm not on the payroll. Uh, I don't have any relatable ties to the corporation. But as a poker player, uh, I've been playing poker for over 16 years. I've traveled the circuit. I've played the WPT, you know, World Series, all that. I've done all that. I played online poker before Black Friday. Black Friday hit, you know, go back to the live scene. Um, and my first goal when I joined this company was my first questions was security for the players and the payouts because I played on ignition and it took me, you know, it takes two to three weeks to get a check, right? You get your check from China or Canada and then your bank is like, um, what's this check for? Right. I have to tell them, well, I do international business and they'll, they'll, they'll do the currency transfers, all that good stuff. Right. Um, so my first concern is for poker players before I joined. Uh, I asked all the right same questions as you guys asked, right? Legalization and all that. 
Um, I don't. I don't. Like I don't even care that much. I'm just asking you about you personally. I see. I don't care. I've, I've played on all these. Uh, even Ignition, you know, they're they're operating illegally in the U.S. too. I, I don't care about that personally. I've played on all these sites for for years and years, and I, I don't care if they're illegal or not. All I care about is that uh, I can get my money off uh, when when I want to, and that uh, right. and that they're not going to run off with my money. It's very big, and and of course that the game isn't cheating me like what happened on on UB. So. Uh, I was just asking about you personally if you were concerned about that, but look. Um, no. Hey, Drew, could I ask no, a, a I mean, question real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a question from our co-host Calwatt. Go ahead. Yeah, I just got yeah, a real no. quick question. So, um, who guarantees the money that's deposited? I'm just curious. Well, I work directly with the owners, um, and um, you know, we we do everything in our power to safely and securely, you know, protect the players' money. Right, but I'm saying who guarantees it? Is there a third-party entity? Are you audited? Is there a escrow account where the money is stored? Or how how is how are the player deposits guaranteed and segregated? The the player's money is actually put into a third party, uh, which is okay. So who who is that? Who holds that? It's a casino, which I cannot say. Oh, yeah. oh okay. So yeah. it's like a casino partnership or something. Correct. Yeah, okay. see, see yep. people are the reason he's asking this is a, a lot of times sites can claim your money is safe, we're holding it, we're segregating it, but unless there's some sort of uh, certification or some sort of proof this is occurring, those are just meaningless words. In fact, full tilt, when they had stolen all our money in 2011, and when the government busted them for an unrelated matter, they put up, don't worry, your money's safe. They actually put up that uh, notification when you right, open the software. Right. And in reality, your money was not safe. It was gone. But uh, they just say that. So anyone can say anything. Oh, we, we're, we're going to put your money aside. We're, you know, Someone's going to be watching it. A casino's going to be watching it. But the, the, if the players don't have something concrete that they can – some kind of trusted entity that is watching the money, then people are going to be a little bit nervous. That's what uh, Cal Watt's getting at, I believe. Right. I mean, it's like – I mean, you can kind of put that in the same realm of like fantasy football, right? Like, uh, but I, I, I well, that's that's legal in a lot of places here, though. Yeah, that is illegal. But no, no, it's um, legal. Well, it's it's still gray area. Fantasy football has only been around what? How many years? Uh, same as poker until they deemed it illegal. What New York made fantasy football illegal in New York? That's why. That's why they had to um, um, move out of their new office building that they have rented or leased. To well, we're, we're getting we're getting York, we're getting right? off, a little off track here. We're just say, we're just saying that see the larger something is, like for example, ignition. I thought you were going to counter with ignition. You don't know if it's safe either. You don't know if your money's safe either. And the truth is, you don't. Ignition really could have yeah, only a per- they I really mean, could they really could only have a percentage of our money there. And assuming that most people aren't withdrawing. That they can just hold a certain percentage, well, and, 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 we, and we would and never know. money in multiple bank accounts throughout China and Canada. Well, I'm, I'm uh, saying that it, it, there's no guarantee that any of these sites – I think PokerStars actually got certified that they actually had it segregated and all that. But most of the other ones, even the large ones like Ignition, you don't know. However, after some point, after a long enough time passes, then you, you don't have complete 100% trust, but you have a fairly high level of trust just because of the number of years they've been around and have been paying out uh, regularly – that you generally right. trust them, but a new site always battles with because they don't have an established history. That there's always whether you, people can trust them or not. That's what he's asking. If there's anything that guarantees. Now, if you guys don't have something that people can look to, that they're sure guarantees it, that doesn't make you 
there's many other small sites that can be said about it. That's not something unique to Jow Poker that that's not mm-hmm. preferable, but it's it still is a concern. This is the biggest reason someone wouldn't sign up there because you could say, look, if you're not happy with the network marketing stuff, just don't get involved with it. Just just sign up on someone's affiliate code and then just ignore the network mar- ignore the network marketing. Just play. And you just play poker and, and don't worry about it. You just get your rake back and that's it and you're happy. And that would be fine. But the problem is with new sites, there's always a challenge about knowing whether you can trust them. And that, so that, my, my two biggest concerns are just number one, if it's, uh, number one, if it's a, uh, if it's a site that people can trust is not going to run off with their money at some point when things aren't going as well. And, and number two, the, the fact that they have, people have to buy in. But I, I think, you know, you've, you've answered all these things, uh, you, you've given your take on this. I don't. Uh... So, Druff, let me ask you a question. Yes. Are you going to deposit money on Jow Poker? No. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, this yeah. is your this is your opportunity well, well, here's, here's, to try and talk well, Druff thing. into we, depositing we, we, money on there. Let, let's I see mean, if you, you can convince him. Here, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Here's your shot. <laughs> convince Druff to open up his purse and put some money online here here it is here's your shot on air if you imagine how compelling it would be <laughs> if you can convince him to put money on there everyone's going to hear it let's hear your pitch go go here this is what i'm going to tell you i i guarantee this with everyone who uses my referral code if you put money on there and you don't get it right uh you don't you you cash out and you don't you don't get that money within like, let's say two hours. You message me and then I will make sure you get it before the day is done. Unless it's like 11 PM at night. Cause we're in the U S we got to sleep. Everyone got families, right. To do the cash outs and stuff. But if you don't get it, I will send you the money myself. So, so you're saying that anybody who signs up under your code, that if for whatever reason, Jow poker just packs up and leaves or makes some excuse why they can't pay people. And it's clear they're not getting their money. You're saying that you personally will give them that money. But what, what if this is a large sum of money? What if you get a lot of people signing up and, and people have uh, tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars on there? Are you, are you going to still cover that? Remember, I'm an affiliate with this site. This isn't my only business, right? And I trust this site. Uh, I trust the people that I work with uh, every day. I trust the owners uh, of this site. Uh, and... Not, we, we're not just a few affiliates. We're, we're growing over 400 today, 350, 400 today. Really? You have, you have, 400, you have 400 affiliates right now in the, in the company? We do. But listen, listen, I want to help you on your game because you've you got to try and convince Druff to do this. If you're, you're at a bar, <laughs> no, listen, man, you're, you're at a bar and you want to pick up this pretty girl. You don't start off with, well, you know, if you don't like the sex, you know, it's your, you, I'll give you your, uh, you know what I mean? You, you don't start with like a negative, like, oh, you know, if, if something bad happens, I'll make sure you're taken care of. No, man, you, you have to convince her. You have to tell her how awesome you are. You have to compliment her. I mean, you got to work on what you need to say to, to convince people to sign up. And I, I think, you could convert Druff because he's an open-minded guy. I think you could get him to sign up there. You got to say stuff like, "The action is amazing. There are so many fish on there. The the tables are soft." You know what I mean? You got to you got to work on. I'm it. Go, you know, uh, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I haven't need, I haven't had the need to to go up to a, a chick at a bar right uh, in quite some time. So well, they just come to uh, you. They just come to you. <laughs> What's surprised. your secret? What's your secret? Man? Uh, His secret is being involved with job uh, poker. They know they hear he's involved with job poker, and they 
All, all is they, that they what just, it is? They drop, they drop their panties. Shirt and they just come up to you? They just drop their pants. Man, you got, I mean, if you guys get a chance, right, you, you guys seen my YouTube video. It has my Instagram name. It has my Twitter. It has my Facebook, right? Um, you, you can, yeah, you but can how see what I do. Drown, what how I are you drowning in pussy is what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's, a, that's a secret where. Uh, is that like an affiliate thing, too? Get on board. I where mean, you were, where you, like one girl refers another girl, and I mean, how does this work? Well, you know what? When when you're married, you know. Oh, he's married. Okay. The dating game is done. <laughs> okay. Uh, he's married. Uh, okay. And, so and you're just, not no. you're not drowning. Does, you're does your desert. does your wife approve of jail poker? Does she think this is a good idea? Oh my gosh, she loves it. Okay. I mean, it's. I, I mean, pa- poker's poker's my passion, right? To bring online poker back to the community. Uh, and try to put it in a positive way again is, is what I'm definitely looking for. So you're, you're making and, uh, uh, you're making also, online poker great again. Oh yeah, I mean that, that, that's our goal. You okay. know? Even if we grow slow, we're fine with it. We grow fast, we're fine with it. But we have, we have partnerships coming up here in the next few months. Uh, we'll be at the World Series. The owners will be. Uh, I will be there. The executives will be there. Uh, we're we're going to push this thing uh, as far as we can go. Okay, and we have a we have a caller here. I think has a question. Caller, you're on the air. Caller, go ahead. Okay, they they don't want to talk. I gave them a chance. <laughs> they they I, I thought there's going to be a, a question for you, but well, apparently let's, let's not. Let's see. Let's see how good of a job you did, Druff. Are you going to deposit money on there? Uh, see, he's thinking about it. Now. Well, let, let you guaranteed it. Your guarantee is making him think about well, it. Yeah, you know what though, I I. I you're going to pay them, but uh, how are they? Do they have to just go find you in commerce? Like, what if you what if you owe them money? Uh, should they come find you at commerce or the bike or somewhere where you're playing? Like, where where should they find you Look, if, if they don't get paid? I'm at the gardens. In, I'm at the gardens in SoCal. I'm at Windstar in Oklahoma City. I'm at Hard Rock in Tulsa. I'm at the uh, I'm at the bike. I play on live at the bike here and there. Jeff, um, drop. Just look for the dude that's drowning in women. You, you 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 can you can check my Instagram and you would know where I. Okay, am. that's a pretty. It's a pretty. Brave proclamation to make, though, because if I if I were an affiliate for any poker site, even a large, uh, large one like even like PokerStars, I'd be afraid to say, "Hey, if PokerStars doesn't pay you, I'm going to pay you out of my pocket." I'd be very afraid, to be honest, because you just never know what's going to happen. Like like if someone promised that with Full Tilt back in 2011, they would have been really screwed. So, uh, so how about how about I, this? What if I if I agreed to deposit on there, you know, a pretty substantial amount of money? And I'll use your affiliate code, but if I don't get my money, I get your wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. What do you happened. think? That ain't happening. What is, what is that? What, what's that movie? Uh, Las, what's that Las Vegas movie? Are you talking about uh, a decent proposal or uh, something else? Man, what was it? Nicholas Cage movie. What was that movie? Oh, Casino? He was in Las Vegas. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, we're leaving, no, we're leaving, no, no, leaving Las Vegas. That's what it was. No, but what I'm leaving saying, Las if you're Vegas. that, if you're that confident that there's going to be no problem, then I, I mean, it's never going to happen, you know. So, <laughs> well, let, let's put it like this: you don't even have to make a deposit. Just okay. pay off free rolls, work up some small bankroll, cash out, you know. So, so someone and, could and someone could sign up with uh, with your affiliate code and not deposit anything and just play free rolls. They could do that on there. But I got to pay the, the fee, cool. right? No, that's only that's only no, to be a, an, an affiliate. There, there's there's no deposit fees. There's no withdrawal fees. There's no limited amounts of how many times you can withdraw on the site. 
right? Um, so, so it is. So it actually is possible. Just, just to be clear here, it is possible for someone to invest absolutely zero in the site. Someone, someone could sign up there. You, all they have to do is get a referral code, and then once they get that, which they could get you know from you or whatever, sign up, not deposit a penny, play the free rolls. And then if they if they win in the free rolls, cash out and and the whole time have deposited zero, zero point zero. So All right, what's your affiliate code, man? I'm I'm gonna run this up to a million. What's your affiliate code? It's uh, you know what you gotta poker. get you gotta get hashtag king to get on this thing. Get on this affiliate code. Thing. <laughs> yeah, we do need to get. He he was on I'm the series. Sh- get hashtag king on here. Get him to to oh my God. sign up. You know what? He calls himself the hashtag king. He he doesn't even know what a hashtag is. He, I don't think he's used one. No, he does. He uses them. I mean, I wouldn't say he's the king of them, but he uses them. But he, he was on the show two weeks ago. We asked him the tough questions, too. We, we, get, a, we get anyone on here that uh, you know, we think people want to know about. So, okay, it, so what is your affiliate code? It's, uh, it's, it's when, uh, N-G-U-Y-E-N. N-G-U-Y-E-N poker. Yeah, if you just say when, people will type W-E-N. You've got to explain how to spell that. Think of words as a poker champ. Win. Queen win. Win poker. Okay. N G U. He tried to take my Instagram name. I, I wouldn't let him. I tried to sell it to him for fifty thousand, but he didn't take it. Really? Let's see. N G U Y N Y E N Y E N N G U Y E N. Okay. Okay. So right. I guess that's the. Wait, drop. I got a question. Oh, hold on. We have. We have. He's got a question. Hey, hello. Hold on. We we have another. How? Like, can you give us an idea of like what some of the affiliates have been making, like the most successful ones? That's a good question. So far. Well, in the in the beginning, uh, I I I've actually made over a thousand dollars my first month. Um, there, there's other affiliates who are taking it slower, right? Some of them are making you know fifty to a hundred bucks a month. But as they as as they as they refer more people to the site and get them playing out to the site, and as the business builds, right, um, they'll make a little bit more. So we're not we're not promising like a lavish luxury vacation in like a year, right? But we get, but you know, it it depends on how much you want to make um, and your work ethic, right? But we help you along the way. I literally coach every single one of my affiliates and help them every single day uh, if, if if they want the help, right? Some of them just kind of take off and say, "I got it, I got this." Um, but if you need help and you want the help, every single affiliate and we have a we have a group chat. That uh, that we add you in once you joined, and uh, you can ask everyone on how to succeed. Okay, now we have, we have a caller, but before we get to him, I have one other question. How how come it seems like I'm not seeing this advertised on mainstream areas of uh, where where a lot of experienced poker players congregate, such as two plus two, pocket fives? I'm, I'm seeing like very little discussion on there. In fact, I'm not even seeing you directing people to discussion over there. It seems like you want discussion on uh, Facebook groups and Instagram and other people, other places where there's more. Uh, Recreational players we, who, who may not be as familiar with the industry. Why does it seem like you're staying away from the forums? Well, because the forums have actually kind of shut us out. Uh, because we've we 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 took in the initiative to ask the forums for permission before we post. Uh, but they they we have to make the um, the marketing decision because they want marketing dollars, right? That much uh, is definitely true. Mason's not going to let you post shit unless you pay him. Yeah. Well, no, but it's silly. You, you could, I mean, like if you advertise on 2 plus 2 or something, I don't know how much it is, but that's uh, that would reach a lot of people. I don't know if they take the ads, but uh, it just seemed like you guys are directing them everywhere but the forums where a lot of experienced players congregate. Uh, so so uh, we have a caller, though. Caller, uh, you're on the air. What question do you want to ask? 
Yeah, I was wondering, um, how many people are playing right now on your site? Do you know? Right now, we have 100 people online, 71 people seated and playing. And what, what 100 are the, people online. What, what, are the, what are the highest games that run, typically? Uh, our, our games are getting a little bit higher. Uh, six weeks ago, I think we had one table, and they were playing like uh, $0.10, $0.20, $0.25, $0.50. Now, you had, you had uh, one table? No, he's saying that was the highest table. Just one table. He was saying that's the highest table running. But what's what what what's the highest table running like uh, right now, for example, or or typically right now, even even if you don't have it open? How what's the, what's typically uh, right, right uh, now? I I just jumped off the fifty cent dollar game, which played more like a one two game. I see. Uh, but uh, a lot of micro stakes games. But we're we're in the middle of some some affiliations and partnerships where we're getting uh, higher rate. Higher-level um, players coming into the site. What what games do you offer? Do you offer Texas Hold'em? <laughs> we offer uh, No Limit Hold'em, Limit Hold'em, Omaha Stud, Open Face Chinese, Low Ball, Fit and Goes, Tournaments. Huh. Um, low Ball. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it wouldn't we, surprise we, me if the software is decent because it looks like the site was, uh, it looks like it was developed uh, fairly it, well, so I, I'll, I'll give them it that. It took over two years in the making to, to make the site. It, it does. It does have the look of something that at least was uh, competently developed. But uh, we'll have to see how it shakes out as far as how it runs. But uh, okay, well, thank you for uh, for coming on here. I think uh, you know, you've answered the tough questions here. If uh, even if I, I still don't agree with a lot of the approach, I'll be honest. But uh, the at least you've answered the questions. I'll give you that and. Uh, this is uh, Tam Wen from uh, Jow Poker, and uh, he's saying if you sign up under his code, he's actually going to uh, guarantee the money personally. So you, you better hope there's not like some like big scary listeners listening to this show, and uh, Jow Poker takes off with the money. You may have to be on the run. Hey, I want those big scary listeners uh, signing up to the site playing. Okay, I, you, you want right big scary listeners? You got one right from here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I want everyone to, to enjoy the site. Uh, if, you have, if you guys have questions, you guys know know where to reach me. Um, you know, watch okay. that video. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I'm always responding to messages. Okay. Well, th- thank you for coming on the show. Thanks, guys. All right. Have a good All night. Right. That was Tam Wynn from Jow Poker. I pretty much the same criticisms I had coming in. I still have, but. Uh, uh, he attempted to explain it. I, I don't understand if this is... I mean, it, it's a microstake site at the moment, by his own admission. That was uh, a good question. I mean, it said on there how many people were asking. That was Larry... Uh, how many people are playing? Larry asked that. It does say that on the site if you just go to the website. But uh, that made me think about, oh, I wonder what stakes are running, and it's microstakes. So um, the biggest concerns, of course, uh, some of them are similar concerns you have of any small site that's new, is... Who's holding the money? What makes you sure they're going to pay you? What makes you sure they're not going to example, uh, eventually run off? And then... I, I wanted to run off with his wife. <laughs> well, you haven't seen her yet. Maybe you don't. Well, that's not the point. It's the <laughs> it's the abject domination. <laughs> that would be funny though if he he's so desperate for signups. Like, yeah, man, I'll give you my wife. Just yeah, you got to put it on a thousand minimum, man. You can you can have my wife if they don't pay you. But it's it's good you put him to the test on that. He he didn't want to give up his wife, but he he did claim that he put his own money on the line that he'd pay you if they don't pay. Now, the funny thing is you could actually use that against him in court if you were to sue him, but uh, you also can't squeeze blood from a stone. I don't know how much money this guy actually has. 
Well, uh, but I could squeeze his, the wife from him, right? You could. Maybe you could sue him for his wife. Say that since he didn't pay me, it's maybe his wife instead. I mean, so, I mean, Druff, you're going to deposit or what? Uh, no. I, I think I think the affiliate... What about do the free roll thing, man? <laughs> yeah, maybe we should hold our free roll, our PFA free roll on there. That would be hilarious. It's all of PFA <laughs> just used his code and just did nothing but free rolls. Did nothing but free rolls and he lost. I, I should have asked him, do they take away money if people just signed up and play free rolls and nothing else? Oh, speaking of free roll, what is third pay? Third pay is uh, not very much. I think $9. All right, we'll add that to next week. Oh, you I finished guess. third. Wow, you just you just kill these free rolls. Yeah, I took a bad beat too. Wow, so you could have been even better than third. Yeah, <laughs> so so I I think the affiliate marketing thing is not sustainable. I think the whole thing of having to buy in this whole thing with the back office needing money to support you they don't they don't need it. I mean, it's it's very simple. It's I wouldn't even object so much to a site that had the model of whoever you refer here, you get a piece of the rake. Like that, that would make a little more sense. That would be, that would kind of take some of the difficulty with signing up as an affiliate, just making everyone an affiliate, kind of make everyone their own instant affiliate. That could actually make sense to me. Uh, but the, but this buying in to be an affiliate. I never accepted the excuse that was given by all multi-level marketing companies. You have to show you're serious, especially in this day and age when it's just so simple to keep track of all your affiliates. Uh, in fact, you don't even have to have any contact with them. The computer can do it all. So I, uh, that, that's where I'm very skeptical is that it seems like the signing up affiliates is uh, – I mean skeptical, Druff. I mean the, the, the whole thing's bullshit. I mean <laughs> I'm sorry, Win, but I mean it's either – you know, bullshit, and he knows about it, or bullshit, and he and he is being duped. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. he sounds very gung ho about it. I, the, if they really have four hundred affiliates, that means that they've already collected about a hundred thousand dollars in, in these these two hundred fifty dollars payments. Yeah. So that's that's a lot right there. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, yes, they must have spent some money developing this thing. It looks, uh, as you said, it looks like it's it was done pretty. No, they licensed it. Oh, they licensed it. Okay, that's the yeah for story. sure. Like uh, this Entera uh, company. They they developed this kind of software stuff and they license it to people. Oh, okay, even this po- wasn't made just for that. Even the poker room was licensed. Do you think? Yeah, for okay. sure. Okay. Well, I mean, at least from what I'm reading on this uh, company's website, um, they do they develop software like this and they license it out. Now they still spend some money, you know, making uh, some of the graphics look nice and logos and all that kind of stuff, but. They didn't. They did not fund the development of this thing. Okay. I really, really. No, you're probably right. You're probably highly right. because I I know what goes into something like this. We're talking about hundreds of thousands. That's of dollars what I was thinking. To, yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's what I was and there's surprised. no way that they did it. They licensed it the same way that you know, or sort of the same way that you guys are licensed the Mavens whatever poker thing you use for the free roll. You know. Yeah. Well, okay. That's. That makes a little more sense. So if, they, if they really collected a hundred thousand, I mean, he could have been either not truthful or just be repeating a number that wasn't truthful that he thinks is truthful. But either way, if they really are four hundred affiliates, and there are a number of them, because if you Google it, you see a number of them pop up. So there, there are a number of these affiliates, and they all paid two fifty to get in, including this guy. So that I mean, he seems like a nice enough guy. I just had the feeling in a year or two we're going to hear about him being bitter from getting fucked by these guys. <laughs> I was you thinking I mean? that too. I was exactly thinking that that he's going to be like, a, like yeah. a, you call him back in 2019. Man, fuck Jow Poker. I totally believed in them. They fucked me. They fucked everybody. I, I, I could, I could kind of picture that. I, that's, I really. That's what I'm thinking. We should keep track of him and like call him back later when uh, Jow Poker isn't there anymore and see see how he's feeling. Uh, because. 
Uh, first of all, like, I, I really think this this whole affiliate. Like, if they've collected a hundred thousand this way, that's that's a pretty good sum to take right off the bat. They have they've only existed since January. And they've already collected a hundred thousand in affiliate fees, which uh, uh, is some money right there. And then they're raking on top of it, but probably not that much if it's if it's micro stakes. So that, that that to me really is looking like where most of the money is is in the that it's basically they're trying to get as many affiliates as possible at 250 a pop and uh, it adds up quickly. This is like a, a poker version of the Avon lady or whatever, you know, some of those it, things. It is, are, it is. You know? It is. But especially because it runs in micro limits and they have a 100 players on, they, they couldn't be generating very much rake. Or even they don't, don't they do like door-to-door dildo sales and stuff like that now? Like, you know? You know, it's funny you mention that. Oh god. This, this may- <laughs> Where? No, wait, wait. Let me let, let me explain. There was there was a user we had on here uh, named uh, Beebs ninety two, and she used to listen to the show. Right. She she got uh, she got married, and she kind of lost interest in this whole thing. She was never even a poker player. She found this. She found the Donk Down show by accident when she was trying to call some other show called the Donkey Show, mm-hmm. which had nothing to do with poker. Wait a minute. She literally found it by accident. She literally found it by accident by trying to call the Donkey Show. Jesus and then God. and then she kind of moved over to Poker Fraud Alert when Poker Fraud Alert got started, and she was involved for a while. Uh, she even friended me on Facebook and then defriended me for no reason at some point. But I, I saw that she uh, she's married, and that kind of was why she lost interest in all this. She, but she was pretty young. You know, she her name was Beebs ninety two. She was born in ninety two, which back then when Poker Fraud Alert started, she was only twenty. Mm-hmm. But uh, she was a dildo saleswoman, and she actually oh, had like okay. she actually had like dildo parties where women would come over. And and buy dildos, but I I seem to believe that she was like some sort of affiliate for dildo companies. And I I don't know if she would have went door to door affiliate. But I th- I mean, I, if there's one thing that I don't want pass around, you know. <laughs> but she uh, she didn't go door to door, but she did have parties where women would come over and, and say, "Oh, this looks like a good one." Oh, well, you, what you, do they do? Do they try them out? I don't know. Do you have this one in double sided? I really. I mean, I, uh, that that that's kind of nasty, man. If they're taking those things for test drives. Yeah, I'll, I'll be right back. I got to go to the bathroom. Oh man, I hope they wash them at least. I would have loved to have like a hidden camera. We should have told her to put in, like a hidden camera in those parties. We we blew it. She's gone now. But I picture like these like fifty year old women are coming over. Like I I don't even think it's like young hot girls coming. I, I think it's like these like gross like fifty something year old women coming in. Yeah. Okay, I'll take three of this one. I'll take three of the of the the. the Big black nine incher here. Thank you. <laughs> Doesn't I mean it's got to fade off, right? It's, at some point, you know, I, I would imagine the women are not going to be all that interested in a big black dildo, right? I don't know. Do we should, I, I think we we even had an interview with her at some point, but I think we didn't we didn't ask all the tough questions. I think we've gotten tougher as the years have gone on here. Yeah. Okay. I mean, as a woman, there comes a point where. You got to be sick of just stuff going in and out of your vagina, and you just want to just not even do it anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't know. So this is why we need. Well, you know, you know what I mean, though, right? Well, actually, we we have. It's funny you mentioned this because there is a female listener right now. I think she's listening right now. This uh, Michelle who called in a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. She said, "Not only is she going to listen tonight, but she will call in." Uh, and if you're listening, Michelle, you can call in. We can ask you this question. I don't know if she uses. It. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure she'll just be. Raring to go, she wants to answer <laughs> well, that. I just know there's a female listening. I mean, uh, right. Uh, so, but she said she wanted to call in. I, I'm not sure about what, but she said she wanted to call in tonight. So I said she can. 
Let's, let's see if I can find Brandon Cantu. He's been kind of MIA. Someone's asking, someone texted me, where's Guaipo? Guaipo was uh, someone who listened, I don't know, for a little while to the Donk Down show, and she was never really part of Poker Fraud Alert, but uh, some people liked her, and she had a very nice voice, and some people wondered. Is it Guaipo or Guapo? I think it was, it was G-W-A-I-P-O. And I don't even know how she found Donk Down originally, but she was a radio listener for a while, and then she kind of vanished. But um, I hadn't heard from her in years, and I heard from her, I don't know, two years ago or so. She emailed me, and she wanted me to take her breasts off of Poker Fraud Alerts that someone had reposted. Her titties were on there? Or, or either her titties or, or very close to it, like some big cleavage shot, some, some shot how do like you, that. How do your body parts just end up there? People saved it from the other site, and then they posted it when she was Well, mentioned. how did they get there to begin with? Oh, she posted it. She, she posted it up. I don't, think it was oh. like, I don't think they were ever bare, but it was close. So anyway, okay. she, she wanted them down because they, you know, it was going to affect her employment. I, some story like that. Anyway, I, I said fine. I removed it, and that was that. So I think she's, I think she's married again. I think that so you're, in the, you're in the titty removal business? Huh? Well, you know, look, uh, I, I will do nice things for people who deserve nice things being done for them. So if someone's participated either in this form or another one have been involved with in the in the past and uh, and they haven't been complete assholes to me, then if they need some kind of favor and I, I they want me to delete something that's harming them in some way that is left over from their days in the forum, then I'll do it. Like I I don't want for the most part poker fraud alert to hurt people, especially ones that chose to participate in it. Uh it, it it's less, it, I I have had people contact me and say like you know something, some scam story about them. They want me to remove, and I. The only way I consider doing it is if they've rectified the situation. Otherwise, I refuse. And the weirdest thing is, I have an automated bot copying all tweets that people make with the WSOP hashtag on tw- mm-hmm. you know, on Twitter. I get a, more messages than you would expect from people whose posts are up there that they had once posted to Twitter with the hashtag WSOP, that they want my they want the posts on Poker Fraudler taken down, hmm. which are just copies of things they wrote on Twitter for the public. And Buyer's remorse. Yeah, so I once asked, the first person who asked me this, I was trying to get a straight answer from them of why they wanted it down, and they weren't giving me one. They're being hmm. very evasive, so I said, F them, I'm not taking it down. I just stopped answering them. And then I, now I just don't even answer them anymore. Anybody who writes to me, I've gotten like a few of these recently. I just ignore them because... I'm just acting as an archive service for people who use the WSOP hashtag. And if they write something and want to take it back, then tough luck. I I might be more sympathetic if it was something that was really embarrassing, like someone was drunk and accidentally posted a naked picture with that hashtag. Maybe I'd I'd understand that. But not just some people like, oh, I don't want to see that I was playing poker before. Too bad. You know, it's... uh, you got to watch what you tweet. So I, I just ignore those. I, I think it's – I don't even like setting that precedent as far as those tweets because I like the fact that we have that all up there in case we ever need to refer to anything in the future. Yep. And, you know, you can delete your Twitter. You can delete your Twitter post, but you can't delete from Poker Fraud Alert if it auto-posts your Twitter. So – and these people haven't contributed anything here. Like uh, the people who want me to delete things here on Poker Fraud Alert, at least they – have attempted to help the site 
or you know they've participated here, they've they've done things to make the site uh, more interesting to read, whatever. Sure. Those people are more willing to help than someone who's just coming here because they don't like that we've archived something from Twitter. So let me see. Ab- if, let me see. If I, let me see if I can find uh, Brandon Cantu's uh, number here. All right, I, I have his number. I just got to dig through the text here. Yes, he hasn't answered me. Let's see. I am dying to know what the deal is with this. I mean, I could just call him, but I just texted him. Are you around? We'd like to call you. Because he told he told me that. He has a big update, but he told me this almost a week ago. He seems pretty. Uh, he seems pretty chill. I don't think he'd call or care if you gave him a call. Yeah, let's just call him. I agree. Fuck it. I just call him. Wait, let's call him. I got. I got to stop being so polite. I'm just. I'm just gonna call. I mean, just calling him. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not like I'm giving out his number. No, and let him know. You know, you're on the air. Do you mind talking about it? He By the way, suck. no. I wasn't sure if this uh, Tam Wen knew that I was the same one, you know, that wrote that post, but apparently he did. Because he, he yeah, he knew. The beginning. I, at, at first, I go, "Oh, you're on uh, the radio." <laughs> I didn't want to the, the reason I did this was not to be deceptive. I just I was aff- I wanted to have him on here, uh, not believing we have a chip on our shoulder or trying to make him look bad. Like I wanted him to just answer the questions uh, from a neutral perspective. You know, yeah, you wanted someone... to catfish him a little bit. Yeah. So I I, I just I didn't want him to come on here feeling hostile, but he knew anyway. So <laughs> the person you are trying Uh-oh, to reach that's is what not happened. accepting calls. Uh oh. That means it's disconnected. Let me, let me what? Make, let me make sure what, this would make sense because he didn't answer he was usually very good at answering texts. Like very good. Okay. And then that yet the last texts I sent him on Sunday were not answered. And that was so a little tweet, bit odd. Tweet at him. Yeah, let's see. Let me call just to make sure I didn't dial it wrong. That's now, that's not a good sign if you can't even pay his phone bill. Unless maybe he's avoid maybe he's avoiding genocide after the feed thing. Maybe, maybe she's gone psycho on him. Yeah, there are lots of reasons. I know. Someone changes their I'm, number. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find the most fun reason. Why am I having some trouble adding this? Um, I mean, it's the right number, I think. And Brandon's buddy Doom came in second. Oh, good. Yeah. The person you are trying to reach. Yep, that's a when it, whenever you get dun 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 dun, the person you're trying to reach is not available. That that sounds like they're just they've turned off their phone or something. That really means the phone's dead. Like the phone dead, meaning that the the number's dead. It's disconnected. Or whenever you get they're not taking calls at this time. It means the same thing. That's that's code for the person didn't pay their bill or they just disconnected it. So. Let's tweet to Brandon Cantu. See if we can reach him this way. I, I hope he just changed his number. They should really sponsor Hashtag King over at uh, Drow Poker. That's what they should yeah, No shit. <laughs> that, that's a although, although I don't know that that's going to necessarily help uh, you know, their image. <laughs> it would definitely get a lot of attention, though. Here, I just tweeted him, your phone isn't working. Please call on to PFA Radio. No, that's sad. We're never going to know. Like, I shouldn't say never, but I hate when someone's just leaving us hanging with a fact we need to know whether his feet were washed in 2007. Did you tweet at him? Yeah, I just did. All right, good. Hey, uh, Trader Ruski, would you put money on that site? No way. <laughs> what? Wait, all right, would you do the free roll then? 
I, I would not, you know, I probably wouldn't mess with it. But I was thinking he did bring up McDonald's as the example for the franchise. Uh, and I was thinking if the McDonald's, the guy who's eating all the McDonald's. You know, oh, yeah, the they site, could get together. Might, if he invests in the site, it might be a good way to help stretch his rectum out. Stretch his rectum out. Oh, my God. That could be a tie-in. That could be a perfect tie-in here. Just this. <laughs> There's just a theme, it seems like, in every show. Tonight's theme is McDonald's. It's just it's coming up over and over. Making me hungry, man. You won't be hungry if you think about your rectum too much. Trader Ruski, are you in a car again? I think that means yes. No, I'm not. Oh, you're I'm not. Oh, that's too bad. I, I was hoping you're just, just driving. You know, I, I've... Uh, th- this is much less exciting in reality than it... Than it would be in just the fancy I, like I, I've always thought of like what if I just got in the car I mean I can't really do it now because I have a kid and all that but just like what if you just get in the car and just like drive north 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 as far as you can go just keep driving north and just, just see what you run into that always just seems kind of intriguing to me but the truth is you're just gonna eventually run into like a lot of barren land with like nothing there like you could actually drive all the way I found this shout out from a listener who's in Alaska you can actually drive all the way to the northern coast of Alaska they have like 500 miles of road from Fairbanks north. Uh, that that's for like shipping purposes. But it, almost nobody goes on those roads because there's really nothing there unless you're you're working. So, sorry guys. Was that a question for me? No, I just, I, I, <laughs> I had another call. No, I was just thinking about you driving all the time. I was just I, I just kind of picture like just you sometimes just aimlessly drive long distances for no reason. Yeah, and I swear to God, Traderuski is just on an infinite road trip. <laughs> no, but I am going back to Vegas on Saturday. I just See? Back on Monday. I, I listen. I can understand the appeal of listening to this show on, on like a long drive. You're just like, especially at night. You're like on a long drive at night. You're in the middle of nowhere. It's kind of lonely. There's nobody with you in the car. And 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 then you just you not only hear a familiar radio show, but it's it's someone. It, it's it's a very long one. You know it's live. It's going on right now. Uh, you know you can even call in if you want to. Like it's it's, uh, it's comforting in a way. I can understand that people want to do that. Well, Absolutely. you know, you know how I used to use PFA for a really long time. Yeah, fall asleep. I, I've heard this from so many people. You don't even know. Like since this has come up, I have all. Yeah, these you people, thought I was crazy when I was. Yeah, I have, I have all these people who message me. And they use it to fall asleep. I have so many people who tell me they use it to fall asleep. So how does it feel being a sedative? <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> and then they say, no, no, no. I don't mean it that way. I don't mean it badly. I mean just it's uh it's relaxing. I go okay, right. okay. Well, let's see what else we have here. I don't think we will reach Cantu tonight, but maybe we'll get lucky. That's such a bummer. Ignition is losing action, apparently, due to their major change in the seating procedure. We've mentioned on a previous show that they changed it to where you can no longer select your own table or your own seat. You just say which game you want to play, and it just drops you at a table that they choose. There have been some allegations from the Minnesota limit-playing community limit hold'em community, such as uh, Schneids and uh, Bicycle Kick and, and all those guys. They, they've they made some allegations that they tried an experiment because these guys are all winning limit hold'em players who've been around forever. And they play, a lot of them play on Ignition. They, they said they tried an experiment where one of them was at a five-handed table of limit hold'em, called up 
one of the other ones and said, hey, try to sit down right now. Tried, and it dropped them at an empty table. But uh, the sixth seat remained empty, which made the second Minnesotan think, wait, wait a minute. Why didn't it put me in that sixth seat? Why is it putting me at an empty table? And it got them to start theorizing, well, maybe they're segregating us. Maybe they're trying to segregate uh, the good players away from the fish as much as possible. So maybe if there's a fish at this table, maybe they're trying to uh, not put put as few good players with that table, with that uh, fish as possible. So maybe they want to put that sixth seat, maybe they leave that sixth seat open only for fish. Or uh, maybe this is just their way of starting new tables. Maybe they don't want a table to ever be totally full. Maybe they, unless they really have a lot running. Maybe once there are five, they will always set the next person at a new table to try to get another going. But it is a little bit disturbing that it's supposed to drop you at a table with action unless there's no seats left and then it'll seat you yourself. And here it did not do that. That was observed by uh, Mike Schneider known as Schneids, and I, and I believe them. You know, these guys are pretty sharp, and I believe their report on this. So it is, it is a certainty that the action has slipped their big time in the cash games, especially the middle and upper limit cash games, that some of them are almost completely dead thanks to this whole new seating procedure. So... And if, as, as I was mentioning, there's even suspicions that there's even attempts to do uh, player segregation. And maybe they're trying to put as many fish together as possible and as many good players together as possible, which would suck. It's bad enough you can't choose your own table, but if it really is not seating you at a table because it's leaving the seats open for fish, that's, that's really crappy. And since they've been losing so much action, the question is, is this a failure? Is this something that they might even change if if it's been killing all the action on the site? And keep in mind, Ignition, yes, they have a casino, but they don't have a sports book. So poker was supposed to be a pretty major part of Ignition, which is supposed to be a separate company from Bovada, Bodog, but we know really isn't. Anyway, uh, one of our listeners, Shiz Money, came up with a theory about all this. And I'm going to read you what he wrote about this on Poker Fraud Alert. I think he made some good points. He said, if they wanted to kill the games, they'd take them off the site entirely. That is, you know, are they doing this intentionally to kill the games? He said, they want to control the volume and discourage regulars from the site as much as they can. Of course, knowing the regulars, uh, it won't deter every every, uh, degenerate in the world from playing. The site knows that there will be people every day who will want to start games, who will slog through the work of multi-table sessions, uh, they just want it more on their terms. Like most poker sites since the poker boom, rather than invest in the players and the marketing and worrying about the profits later, operations like Bovada and Ignition have become ruthless business first. They see that they must invest in what the future will be, be it online casino gaming, bingo, fantasy sports, or other whatever stupid uh, dumb game is more chance-oriented than poker because the cost of associated with operating a poker room as well as the type of customer the poker players are 
uh, tend to be what they don't want. Uh, for example, they tend to be more edge-focused, uh, such as bonus whoring, bum hunting, sharp sports betting, etc. So what he's saying there is that uh, they may not even like the pro poker player for several reasons. Not only do they win, but uh, they're also the ones most likely to do the bonus whoring and, and only betting on sports when they have an edge and, 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 and only playing fish. And they, they, they just want the only gamble with an edge type gone. Bovada knows people make a living off their site. They, like poker stars, don't really want that. And yes, it's an online poker room, so it's not, it doesn't cost that, cost that much to operate, and Bitcoin has been making withdrawing easier. But the point of a business is to cut costs where you can to ensure quarterly profit, and Bovada ensures more of that profit by discouraging withdrawals from net-winning players. By deterring regulars, they will also be able to keep a greater slice of their profits. Nowadays, the only loyalty is to the bottom line, and by doing this action, Bovada Ignition is basically hoping that some of the regulars who would take the fish's stack and then go withdraw from the site go away and that the fish migrate into the plus EV games for the business as a whole because they know these people are more likely to deposit and, and play other stuff like the pits with the knowledge that they can still make enough money and profit off the skeleton poker site that eventually remains. So that, that's his take on it, which I, I, I think is pretty good. He's, he's basically saying they, they're not trying to kill the poker site, but they're, they're trying to make it as unfriendly to the regulars and the net winners as possible. They just they don't like people who win in poker, and they especially don't like people who win in poker and extend that winning to other forms uh, of gambling where they only will play if they have a mathematical edge. And there's a lot of those types who are winning poker players as well. So uh, that's why he feels that they're not trying to kill the games, but they're more trying to just kill off the regular players. And... I, I think I think that is a good point, and I, I've always thrown out the example of the mega fish who sits down at a big no limit game and loses his whole stack in like two hands. That actually costs the company money when that happens. It do, it wouldn't cost cost the live room money, but it costs the online poker site money because they have to pay the fees for that person with uh, depositing. They have to pay the fees for the winner withdrawing. But they get almost no rake from it because the person loses so fast. Is this that same argument you have with Lyman? It is, it is, yes. That's the one Lyman said. You're crazy! You, are you fucking crazy? If someone loses their stack in one hand, they don't care. That's fine. <coughs> I'm making myself cough. I can't be Lyman this week. It's a bad decision. Damn it, Lyman. Now I gotta drink water. Listen to what Lyman did to me. What was I thinking imitating Lyman when I have a cold? How does Lyman talk when he has a cold? Wouldn't it hurt Lyman to talk when he has a cold? But yeah, Lyman also tried to tell me that nobody ever uh, loses $5,000 in a few minutes playing online poker. That never happens. But it, I but mean, it, it sounds like you should call him. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I guess he, he was supposed to talk to you at some point. Yeah, I mean, there was a one time, but he was uh, at a dinner party. Yeah. And then honestly, you know, the stuff that he was going to talk about, I think we've talked it to death anyway. Yeah, we have. I don't think most of the listening audience is going to cry if we don't have them on here anytime soon. 
there there were some people who liked his appearance, some people who semi liked it, like would be fine would be like happy to have him again if it was short. Then there were others that hated him. The funniest thing is someone texted me that their wife who wife or girlfriend who listens to the show like sometimes heard the Lyman episode from the middle and said, Oh my god, who is this new co host Druff has? This guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> they might. She might have been talking about me, though. No, no, it wasn't. It was. It was him. She's like, "Why his voice is so annoying? This guy sucks." So, you know, I can't stand listening to this. So, um, anyway, I, I think this really is probably the end for viable mid and upper stakes cash games on uh, on ignition. Now, I heard tournaments are still going, not as many runners as they used to have, but they're still doing fairly well with tournaments. But that's because this change doesn't affect tournaments. Tournaments, they always sat you. That's the whole point of tournaments, is they seat you randomly. Tournaments have never been about game selection. You can't game select. You can tournament select, but you can't game select. But cash games, uh, game selection has always been a big part of that, especially online. Now, GambleBot's Chafed Penis, who listens to this show, he oh, said that, that uh, horrible. He said you don't want to chafe penis, bro. Yeah, well, he, it's it's not it's Gamblebot's chafe penis though, not Gamblebot himself. He said that you know his penis is a separate account here. He said the PLO eight tables actually seem to be still going, which is surprising. But he said that I don't know what limit he's playing. But he says I played with a ton of dog shit players of the new since the new update. However, PLO eight is such a niche game that they may not be able to do this sort of segregation or they'd have no games at all. So he's saying that maybe there's so few players that there's only one table worth of players, so that's why he's always able to play with fish. So I guess if you're a PLO8 player, you may want to check that out. I, I should have checked that out. A, Did you get my tweet the other day that there was streaming PLO8? Yeah, I wasn't able to watch that, but uh, yeah, that is unusual. It was on Live of the Bike, right? Yeah, no, it was on uh, Stones uh, oh, Gambling okay, Hall, right, Stones right. Live or whatever. I mean, it, it, I don't know how much PLO8 you've played, but if everyone plays, like, really tight, it's one of the, the worst games that you can possibly play. Like, it's just awful. And that's what was happening in the beginning. And then they started doing this thing called Bomb Pots. Do you know what that is? No. I didn't know what the hell that that is either, but you know, I thought it was a California thing or whatever. But apparently, what they're doing is everyone uh, puts in basically a, a straddle, like everybody, every person at the table, um, and then they play from there. Right. So there's no preflop uh-huh. anything. Everyone just puts in. It's like a huge ante, basically. Everyone just puts in the money, and then they play. And the the game just went crazy. So you're saying they, they don't put in money pre-flop and they just play on the flop? Well, they put they all put in... Okay, so I think it was um, uh, a two five ten game is what I think it was. And they all put in 25 bucks. So there was like 200 oh. bucks in there pre-flop. And but nobody can raise? It's just, it's just a 25 yeah, right. flat for each yeah. of them? Yeah, they're just... I mean, it's an ante, basically. And, there, and then there was no pre-flop, uh, you know, street, for, at least from what I could tell. And then they just played from the flop, so you would end up with all sorts of like crazy fucking hands that were in there. It was it was pretty wild. Yeah, I might have to, I might have to give that a shot sometime. Yeah, interesting. That's uh, well, 
Gamblebot Chase Penis claims that the PLO eight game has been good for him on there, so I guess that's not a tight game. But I don't know what I don't know what limit he's playing. I should ask him. But but yeah, I I think this is going to really remove ignition as a viable option for for the professional poker player who's a cash player. That's where I think that's going, and I think that they've been going that way for a long time. They've been slowly easing towards that over the past 10 years on on Bodog, Bovada, Ignition. They really just don't like professional poker players. They've just dealt with them, but they've never liked them. In fact, Calvin Ayer himself has said for a long time that he does not like professional players, that he thinks they're very bad for the poker site's economy. And that he felt the other sites were making a mistake by catering to them so much with these VIP programs and other things that encourage regular play from grinders. He said he thought that was a mistake. And funny enough, years later, Poker Stars is starting to go the same way. They're starting to realize it too, that maybe we shouldn't, uh, shouldn't be giving all the best rewards to the grinders. Mm. So are you done on there or what? I yeah, I I may take a look again, but the, the problem is I don't have a way to just watch it. I I, I unless you I, I don't have any money on there at the moment, and I'm not sure if I feel like putting money back on just to just to watch, you know, just to be able to sit at the games and see where it puts me. So I don't know. So why'd you cash all your money out? Are I you didn't, worried I, about the switchover, or no, you I, never I, brought I, the I, money I, over? No, I, lo- I lost my money out. No, I had uh, money on there. I lost my money out. Well, don't do that. Well, that's what happens. I ran pretty damn bad. So I've always been very streaky on those sites, though. Very streaky. Which I can never quite explain. Not just me. I've talked to others, and they've told me the same thing, that either you're just sitting and sitting down and winning every day effortlessly, or you're just running really bad for an extended period of time where just the, the second you sit down, you're down, you're down 2K immediately. And I can kind of relate. Like it's uh, it's funny. And then when you're going well again, you kind of forget about that. You, go, you, you almost like you start to delude yourself. You go, oh, I'm just I I'm just playing better now. I just uh, I, I must have been tilting back then. But it's it's really not. It's it's really just that it, it there's just massive differences. Now this could be just normal variance you're going to experience in these aggressive shorthanded games. But I just don't ever seem to have much of a period on there where I'm just spinning my wheels and kind of breaking even for a while. I'm either winning a lot or losing a lot. So last time I, I chunked off money, I said, you know what? I'm just going to take a break. The games weren't that good. The games were... Uh, yeah, that'll make give you not much of an incentive to yeah, get right back in like the action. If they were great games, I'd c- just keep depositing on there. Unless I was convinced I was cheated, I was I would redeposit. But they weren't that great. Um, so well, I'll tell you what. If you, you need to find something else to do to earn money with all the... Uh, Diseases you've been picking up, you could volunteer your body to science. To, you know, they could do some disease research at Johns Hopkins or something. Yeah, they may actually do uh, research on long-lasting colds. And uh, how can they be prevented? Who gets them? Why do you get them? How can they be prevented? I really think you might end up being patient zero in some kind of epidemic, man. Well, the World Series, it's perfect timing. Oh, my God. I'm going to make sure I don't go this year. Perfect timing. Not only, I, I have a third thing going on I, I haven't even talked about. Oh, my God, Druff. It's, it's not, it's not uh, like, internal uh, medicine related, but uh, 
Well, no, I'm mean, having a Cialis drift. We'll take care of that. No, that somehow that's still working through all this, but <laughs> nothing else works. But your dick still yeah, does. But my <laughs> no, I'm having a problem. I, I have a problem with my right foot that just came up out of nowhere. Uh, not just it came in the late March. I was just standing there, really just standing there, and my foot started hurting. And I go, ow! What 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 happened here? Like, no, I wasn't walking. I was just standing. My foot started hurting. I said, that's weird. My foot just started hurting, and it's never gone away. I've been to the doctor a few times. I've been, you know, to, to a specialist. They've had a hard time figuring out what this is, and something was done. It got better for a short time, and it got worse again. And today, it's the worst it's ever been. Hmm. So it's it's even. Uh, painful to walk right now. It's painful to walk and have a cold. So, God damn, you're a mess. I know. I, I just want to go back to like, I want to go back to like March 25th or something. Is that somewhere around there? Everything was good. Like late, late March, but not the, not the very, very end of March. This is when my foot started hurting. Then I started getting colds in the beginning of April. And, and I just want to go back to the kind of late March and everything will be fine. I don't know, Druff. You start getting up in age, shit just breaks and it doesn't doesn't heal. I know. I, I just want to go back. I just want to rewind to then. I, I want this all to be like done before the World Series. I want. I was thinking about that. Like I don't. I don't want to walk down the long Rio hallway with my foot hurting every day. I'll do it if I have to. But <laughs> no, I thought about it. I, th- I, I, I think I'll do it, but it's going to suck. I go. I hope this is better by then. I hope the colds are better by oh, then. Oh man, you should you should uh, talk to Doyle and find out where he gets that hover round. Oh, thing that's right. I should, get the, I should get the hover round. I got, I got a month. Just, yeah, man, cruise around in a hover round. I'm not going to play at the World Series for another month, so I've got a month for all this to get better. Just got to make some progress and have nothing new happen. Can't have anything new come. This is it. I don't know, man. All right, seven seven five fraud fifty five seven seven five three seven two eight three five five. And I could, I could see some PFA plates and the URL all over that thing. That, that this might be a blessing in disguise. Oh, yes, right. Yeah, I, I know, could. I could. World Series. You could make you a cane with little PFA logo on it. No, Druff. It's this would be perfect. You finally can fight that guy in the wheelchair and not have to be ridiculous. <laughs> and <laughs> and one other thing. One other thing. I, I can now. I'll be able to park in the handicapped parking spots. There you go. That'll be the end of the long walks from uh, where I have to park there. This isn't a bad idea. Maybe I should hope my foot doesn't get better. All right, let's see. Oh, we have a poker room that has gone down. Speaking of poker rooms you can't trust. PKR Poker. By the way, this is listed as our lead story, and it's 1130. So for our lead story tonight... Three hours into the show. PKR Poker has gone down. Interestingly, we have a thread on Poker Fraud Alert and the Scam, Scandals, and Shadiness portion of the forum entitled PKR Canceling Tournaments Midway and Not Compensating According to Policy. That was a complaint from a then-new user named Reg Gamer. And he's since made over a thousand posts on the site. This is four years ago. But he signed up actually believing that Poker Fraud Alert was some sort of authority over online poker. <laughs> but anyway, that uh, that was kind of 
a it was an indicator of what was to come. Four years later, so I won't go into what happened four years ago with that tournament. It's kind of uh, unimportant, but uh, they have gone bust out. They've shut down. They're done. They have shut down due to, quote, recent financial difficulties. They've suspended the online poker play. It's done. I should say not suspended. It's it's done. And uh, they alerted on their website that uh, PKR Limited and PKR Technologies Limited has experienced recent financial difficulties and are in the process of taking professional advice. Yeah, the professional advice is to shut down and uh, not pay anyone. Now, this PKR pl- PKR place isn't that the one that they had like the uh, the simulated players at the table, like in a pseudo three D thing? Isn't that this one? Uh, I don't know. True Poker had that many years ago, but I, I don't know if PKR had it. Uh, I think it. You know, I think they did. I think they did. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah, it was part of that. Uh, it's part of Micro Gaming Network. Which has been around for some time. Uh, you're right. They were they were origi- they were originally an, an independent 3D poker site. There you go. That's right. Yeah, I remember. I remember trying it out like a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it, it did have some similarities to True Poker, but uh, they they were part of the micro gaming network for the last uh, year or so. But they they've gone down. They they said that uh, they. They've filed applications to the court for administrator, administration orders, which will be heard in the week commencing uh, May 8th. So I guess it's already been heard. Let's see if I can find more information here about that. But I don't see anything here. Let's see. Um, yeah, they, they filed for this administrative protection, by the way, in the UK. So they're basically saying they're bankrupt. They have no money. And uh, and I'm sure all the players' money was in a separate account, oh, and course. they're all going to be orderly paid out, right? Of course. And by the way, this That's this cool. was this was posted on May 5th. It says, uh, "This is from," uh, and this is actually from the micro gaming CEO, which they're not bankrupt. They were that's just the network. Alex Scott of the micro gaming network uh, posted this. I'm very sad to confirm today that PKR informed Microgaming that it had applied for administrative administration order. In this blog post, I'm going to sit out to answer some of the questions that I expect players to ask. What has happened? On the evening of May 3rd, 2017, PKR informed Microgaming that it was in the process of seeking professional independent advice due to financial difficulties and instructed Microgaming to stop deposits, withdrawals, and gameplay for PKR players. On May 5th, PKR informed Microgaming that it had applied to the court for administrative order. Administration is a procedure under the law of the United Kingdom, which acts as a protection mechanism for insolvent companies, the primary objective being to rescue the company as a going concern. That means bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. Now that PKR is in administration, the obvious question, what about player funds? I I, I know how this story is going to end. It's all in a separate account. It's all protected. Everyone's going to be paid out. Zero point zero. <laughs> no. Uh, PKR has repeatedly assured us that player funds 
are held in a separate uh, segregated client account for the express purpose of storing such funds in accordance with their license obligations in the United Kingdom and Alderney. We believe this to be true. Microgaming does not hold any player funds whatsoever. Player funds are held only by PKR and it's now the duty of PKR's administrator to return the funds to the players. What? What, what is going on here? What? No, good. let's hear that one. That other one sounded good. What was it? <laughs> I don't know. Somehow it jumped to that. I hit the wrong button and it went to the gay dance music. I think <laughs> you hit the right button. <laughs> Here, I think I can get back to it. Might as well. There you go. That'll annoy some people. What happened here? <laughs> I don't want that. What the hell's going on? Let's go back to the good stuff. <laughs> okay. Is that K-pop or what is that? I don't even know. Why, wait, wait, wait. Why is that on your playlist, Ruff? I don't know. Is this stuff you put on, you dance around in your underwear when no one's watching? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Going so, dandruff style. So, it's, uh, so they claim that... PKR will ultimately decide how to return money to players. This is BS. I, I don't know why they're claiming that they believe that the funds are segregated. They they wouldn't shut down if they had the player funds. That, that's the that's the hardest part. If the, if you have the player funds and just don't have operating funds, uh, believe me, the first thing they would do is steal the player funds and keep operating. Exactly. Exactly. They're, they're not That's saying hundred percent what the deal is. PKR is not saying, "Oh, dreadful! No, we, we we have no more funds to operate from. We have this large amount of money here, saying sitting here, but no, 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 that belongs to the players. <clears throat> let us um, go to administrative protection, and um, let's keep the money segregated and not touch it. It's um, it's theirs, not ours, and uh, we'd rather shut down than touch a penny of that. No, it's not what happened. That's not how it works." Microgaming is committed to doing everything reasonably possible to ensure PKR returns money to players and will assist in this process however we can. We will provide updates as soon as uh, – at least once a fortnight on this blog. I mean – Once a fortnight. Whatever. In, until, until further notice. Even if we don't have any further information to share, we will post an update stating so. Updates will be posted at the bottom of this blog. Answers for the – Answer questions from the public, and, and this is we will, like list, list things. And number two, answer questions from the public and press honestly as fully as we are able. It is important to note that in some cases we may not be able to disclose, for example, if by doing so we would reveal confidential information or prejudice, prejudice the administration process. If this is the case, we will say that we are unable to answer the question. Three, cooperate fully with PKR, the administrator, and the legal and regulatory bodies involved. Four, although we feel uh, microgaming has done everything reasonable to give PKR the best chance of success, we commit to reviewing policies and procedures and the details of this case to further strengthen our position as a network and software provider. So, uh, unfortunately, they're, they're also saying here later on in the statement, which I won't bother to keep reading, that this isn't their problem. This is what Microgame is saying. They're saying, we're the network. PKR is the site. You are playing with them. You have to trust them. We were just providing the poker games, but we were not holding the money, which is true, mm-hmm. but, but I always hated that. I always hated these networks that would let on any skin 
that may have been insolvent the whole way. And they don't give a crap. And when the skin turns out to be crooked, they, they shrug their shoulders and go, oh, not our fault. We were just the network. I never liked that model. Pitiful. I never liked the model where the skins hold the money. I always felt that the network should hold the money and the skin should just be like a marketing arm. Kind of like uh, Tam Wynn. He's a marketing arm. I can't believe I'm, I'm actually backing uh, Jow Poker here. But <laughs> Hey, it's all right, man. You want to put your money on there and run it up? Nothing wrong with that. But I, I've always hated that model. And the players usually don't know the difference until something bad happens. It's not like the players know, okay, I'm trusting a shady skin. They, they just see some slick marketing. They play on a site that seemingly has a lot of players where there's a lot of money going back and forth. They go, okay, I, you know, I'm not even playing that high. I, I see games going that are you know, 5,100, uh, no limits. So if that's going, I, I'm sure my small bankroll that I'm using to play at 50 cent a dollar is going to be safe. No, because the big games you see going are not necessarily on that skin. They're, they're, the skin you may be playing on is, is it may be insolvent or broke and never had much money in the first place. Stolen your money. Whatever it is, it's very misleading to the player where what appears to be a large or medium-sized poker site, you're actually playing on a tiny operation run out of some guy's basement that's just uh, a skin of the network. And then the network wants nothing to do with it. And that's what's happening with microgaming. So I never liked that model. I've always wanted it to be where the skins are simply a way in, but the money's being held centrally. But microgaming's not like that. So I don't think PKR is going to pay anybody. And... Uh, Here's here's a, uh, a blog from Microgaming in 2014, though, saying, uh, what does Microgaming do to protect player funds? And they write, uh, Microgaming does not uh, regis- register players. We don't hold players' money ever, even for a second. For many operators, we are one of a number of suppliers who provide products and services, of which ours is poker. So... That's that's basically saying, <laughs> tough luck if someone cheats you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's crap. I, I don't think that uh, these networks should uh, operate that way because there's not enough scrutiny on the skins. So that's it for PKR. They've been around for a long time. They've been around since 2006, but... Yeah, because I, I played on them a long time ago. So they they've they got to be around for quite some time. Yeah, and and something that I want to point out to people: whenever you see a poker site change networks like they did, they changed networks to microgaming in 2016. That's always a bad sign. That means we're not doing well on our current network, or we're having disputes with the current network, and we're going to probably move. involving money. Yes, and we're going to move, and that that usually means desperation. That usually is a bad sign. It's it's kind of like seeing him move networks. It's kind of like a player that you once knew that was uh, regularly entering $5,000 tournaments and higher. And then you see all he's playing is $135 entry tournaments. And you go, oh, that guy's broke. It's kind of similar. 
that uh, it's a change you don't want to see. You don't want to see this change when people when they change networks. It's it's the old situation of if it works, don't fix it. And if a site is doing well on a current network, they're not going to switch. So always watch out. Even sites that have been around for a long time, if you start seeing signs, really long payment times, uh, changes of networks, bail out as soon as you can, no matter how long they've been around. So I don't believe for a second that PKR is going to pay anyone. I think they're going to this bankruptcy basically saying we have nothing. Let's see what their website looks like right now. Let's go to Google PKR Poker. Um, here, PKR.com. David R. Taylor and Matthew R. M. Wild of RSM Restructuring Advisory, LLP, were appointed joint administrators of PKR Limited and PKR Technologies on 11 May 2017 by the High Court Chancery Division. This is on PKR.com, by the way. So this just happened uh, today. Um, all inquiries relating to these companies should be addressed to the joint administrators. Creditors and those with player accounts may contact the administrators via email to pkr.restructuring at rsmuk.com. The joint administrators and their staff will endeavor to reply to all queries as soon as reasonably practicable. However, due to the anticipated high volume of emails, responses may be subject to some delay. Further updates will be posted to this website in due course and when available. David Ronald Taylor is licensed to act as an insolvency practitioner in the UK by the Institute of Chartered Accountants in England and Wales. Matthew Wilde is licensed to act as an insolvency practitioner. Blah, blah, blah. I don't feel like this. Uh, insolvency practitioners are bound by the Insolvency Code of Ethics. <laughs> I wonder what that code is. The Insolvency Code of Ethics. Uh, when carrying out all professional work related to an insolvency appointment. The affairs, business, and property of the company are being managed by the joint administrators who act as agents of the company and without personal liability. What the hell does this all mean? That's not very useful. That's the status. That's status.pkr.com. That's where it forwards you to if you just go to pkr.com. It's just rambling on about the two guys who are uh, joint administrators uh, during this bankruptcy basically it's not really telling you anything yeah that's bad news because uh, if this was just a distribution of player fund situation they wouldn't need all this nonsense they would just say we're shutting down um, I mean I guess it could be claimed that maybe they owe money to others besides just players maybe uh, you know they owe it to vendors affiliates whatever and they've got to figure out who to distribute it to but uh, I really think they have very little left, and this is the process and just figuring out who gets it first. So, if you have money on PKR, you're probably screwed. Sounds right to me. <laughs> I like how microgaming is all like optimistic about this. Oh, I, we believe they have the account segregated. Yeah, we also believe Santa Claus is coming to give us lots of presents this Christmas. We've been good. Okay, let's see what else we have here. 
Uh, Andrew Barber on Twitter. Oh, boy. Is this where he tells me how much of a shithead I am? <laughs> he uh, Something has surfaced recently, which was embarrassing to him. Now, Andrew Barber is one of the social justice warrior guys on Twitter. Always someone who's uh, complaining on behalf of, of victims who, who he perceives are being mistreated by the poker world. And I don't mean victims like of scams, but I mean like you know, he thinks a, a, a woman is, is victim of sexist behavior or, or someone is victim of, of homophobic behavior. He's looking for something like that. He's looking for something, a perceived victim, usually due to their gender, race, sexual preference, etc. Uh, he also is obsessed with, with markup deals and what's a good deal and bad deal and gets in too, way too involved in that. And that's what we were talking about last week with him. How does he uh, feel about uh, upper middle class, middle aged white Jewish guys? Uh, Is he defending them? Or? The, the Jewish part might get a little bit of credit, but the oh, rest, right. the rest is in bad shape. The rest is in very bad shape. So, but in this uh, latest Twitter controversy, you know, you said before that there's so much on the internet about everyone. That it's getting very hard to hide from any past you might have. And after you lived long enough, something embarrassing has happened that's probably on the internet about you. Mm-hmm. And this has happened to Andrew Barber. Andrew Barber, who, who finds the slightest thing to be offended about, or in many cases be offended on behalf of somebody else, due to uh, often sexism, racism, homophobia, etc., it was found that at a, an event a few years ago, I don't know how many years ago, but some years ago at the World Series, he was wearing a shirt which said on the back, and this is at a televised final table, let's rape like Drake. What does that even mean, let's rape like Drake? Uh, that is not a Kate Hall approved message. But what does that even mean? Aside from having the word rape in there, what, what, what does let's rape like Drake even mean? Does anybody know? I mean, I assume they mean Drake the musician. Yeah, I don't know. But what does it have to do with rape rape people? I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) but I I think maybe they're trying to do a play on words like let's rake like Drake, but it's just rape. I I don't know. I I don't understand it. I I don't even understand. Well, it says. I mean, I just I just googled rape like Drake, right? And it says that uh, there's some article about Drake. Promotes rape culture, so I don't know. Maybe it's a thing about him. Who yeah, knows? I know. But they 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 wore these shirts. A number of guys who were supporting some guy who was playing on a televised final table. Andrew Barber is one of his friends. Or Andrew did not wear this while he was playing poker, but he was on the rail, and he was he was one of several people wearing this shirt. But this is obviously very embarrassing for somebody that's always getting offended because women aren't being treated right in, in poker or because of a you know, rape culture and this and that and sexism. You, know, you, you claim all that, that you're against all these things, the slightest thing that could be perceived as sexism or, or mistreatment towards women, and you're wearing a shirt about less rape like Drake. And I, I can't see in what context he could defend that as being okay. And the funny thing is when this was brought up, all he said was, uh, well, that was several years ago. I, I've, I've learned since then. <laughs> so, mm. 
I, but but shouldn't you know he he was one of the people who made a big deal about uh, Donald Trump and the uh, grab him by the pussy tape. Now couldn't Donald Trump say the same thing that since that tape was from two thousand five, can't Donald Trump just say, look, it's it's twelve years later. I I wouldn't grab him by the pussy anymore. That that was the uh, two thousand five me. Now this is much later than two thousand five. And by the way, I think it was it was uh, I don't know who found this originally, but I think it was Mac Lance who brought this to the world's attention because remember. Uh, Andrew Barber was the one who made a big deal about Mac Lance's package on Tasty Steaks of uh, the 1.25 markup. So, oh, right. so Mac Lance uh, returned the favor by bringing this up. He said something like, "I I can't understand how you could give Trump a hard time for the grab him by the pussy comments when you've worn this." Mm. And that, that's a good point. I, I have to, even if this was four years ago, five years ago, six years ago, whatever it was. You still wore it. You, this wasn't taken from when you were 18 years old. I mean, the, you were still pretty much the same guy just some years ago. You know, a few years ago, four years ago. It's, it's not a long enough time to say, oh, that was a different me. So there is, uh, there is some Twitter wrangling about that. You, you can His Twitter is abarber1, A-B-A-R-B-E-R-1. And you so can, there was controversy about this recently? Well, recently there was discussion on Twitter about this because oh, Matt, okay. Matt Lance unearthed he unearthed it. He uh, gotcha. he brought this back after some time of. Uh, I mean, I guess no one had talked about this before. I someone probably brought this to Matt Lance's attention. Is my guess. Someone probably mm-hmm. tipped off Matt Lance and like, hey, look at this, and then Matt Lance unleashed it. And, uh, <laughs> unleashed it on the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's his right to do. It's I. It's it's always worth. Sending something like that, you know, it would be like if someone found something from 2009 where I was scamming people, and then brought that up. And I, what I is, can't say, do? I, I can't say, well, those are the 2009 me scamming everyone. But now, now I'm against scams. Now I'm against it. That was that was when I was a young, young 37 years old. I've grown up since then. So you can't really say that anymore at some point in your life. And yeah, people can make mistakes, uh, but the, the problem with a lot of these social justice warriors is that they hold that they hold getting offended to such a high standard that it's almost impossible for them to exist without doing something which goes against what they've been railing about for so long, because every little thing is offensive to them, and eventually they're going to do something that can be offensive to somebody else. This happened to Kate Hall. Kate Hall, who does the same crap, once tweeted about how you know happy she was about sixty-five-year-old uh, men being moved to her table, or, or no, no, how, it was the opposite. She was unhappy because they got moved off, and Maria Ho and some other good players were moved into the table. So, so you're going to have to help me out. But isn't there some biblical quote that talks about this? Something about <clears throat> yet ye who is not sin cast the first stone. Oh yeah, or something yeah, like yeah, that? yeah. May he who has not who has not sin cast the first stone. Right or or the modern version of it, you know, don't cast stones if you live in a glass house or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's what happens. Sometimes they haven't. Uh, they think that they haven't done these things, but then it's so easy to let something like that slip. Like all Kate Hall was trying to say is, I don't want recognizable pros on my table. I was happy to see the 65-year-old guy I've never seen before who probably sucks. And you know what? She was probably right. I I would feel the same way if I'm at a table with some old guys who I've never seen before. I'd probably assume they, they're not very good. 
And then if if good pros are moved to my table that I know of, of course I'd be unhappy by that. So I, I don't even blame Kate Hall for having felt that way and even tweeting it. As she tweeted you know, some little joke about that. But but unfortunately, if you hold yourself out as someone who's never going to to stereotype anyone in any way, well, then you can't stereotype someone based on age. Which I think just naturally leads you back to, you know, maybe don't get so worked up about this because everyone's human. Don't make a big deal out of it. I mean, obviously, if there are horrendous injustices, then stand up for what you believe. But getting offended at the tiniest little thing, the tiniest little slight, like you said, it will come back to bite you in the ass because no one can live up to that. Yeah. Like literally no one. Yeah. And and, and just to be clear with, with like Andrew Barber wearing that stupid shirt, I, th- I think he was probably – a dumb thing to wear and kind of in bad taste. I, I don't even understand what it was, what they were trying to say with that shirt, but I mean, <laughs> but it's, you know, I mean, talk about belittling, uh, you know, anyone who's had that kind of thing happen to them. I mean, that's <laughs> not, not a very uh, good marketing. Slogan. No, it's not a good thing to wear. Like I would never wear a shirt that's making jokes about rape in any way, but I don't think that's a seriously <laughs> serious approved marketing campaign. No, right there. I, I you know? so, but you know, people do, Stupid things sometimes, and even wear stupid things. And okay, you know, he made a mistake with that. But this, this is the problem with being a social justice warrior: is it's so easy to get on other people's cases for not being sensitive to others, or or being supposedly discriminatory, or or being sexist, or racist, or homophobic, or transphobic, or Islamophobic. It's so easy to get on others about that until, oh, you've done it yourself in some way. It, it, it turns out people have found evidence you've done it yourself. That's why you just need to – first of all, you should stick to mainly what affects you. And I'm not talking about like – like on this show, we talk about scams and things like that, and a lot of them don't personally affect me. But that's because this is this is a show for the poker community as a whole to, to hear about these things, to learn to, what to steer clear from, to learn how to recognize these things when they're happening, even if they haven't been covered on this show. Stuff like that, but uh, but like personal things. If you don't have to be offended on behalf of somebody else, so if you witness uh, sexism at the poker table, don't don't go whine about it on Twitter. Let let the supposed victim of the sexism come forward if if they're really bothered by it. Because sometimes the person you think is bothered by it really isn't. Sometimes they don't care. So, Aren't they called uh, guys like Andrew Barber? They're called white knights, right? Yeah, that's yeah. White knights. That's uh, it's usually related to guys on the internet who are doing this to try to defending women, defending right? women to get laid. I don't know if necessarily that's what he's doing. I, I think mm-hmm. this social justice warriors are doing this more from a, like a political social standpoint. They think they're uh, they just think they're defending everyone because they're like the the heroes of of the downtrodden and of the the victims classes. But well, I don't think he sees himself as uh, he doesn't aggrandize himself like that. I mean, just. Kids die if he doesn't win. <laughs> he, he doesn't he, see himself in a hero role. By the way, he, he claimed he didn't say that. He claimed that uh, Karina Jett was not telling the truth. He claimed that uh, that didn't happen. So, oh, okay. That, that's his claim. Someone someone tweeted at him about that and made fun of him about that, and he said that hey, never. Drum, I got a feeling bringing up this uh, the rapey T-shirt he was wearing is probably the chances of him coming down uh, coming on the show just got even lower. Probably. Yeah, but we, I mean, if, if the last show didn't do it, this is the, the nail in the coffin. I just always assume <laughs> – I always assume that all – that whole social justice warrior crowd will never come on this show. I, I want him to come on though. Feel, I mean, feel free to berate me. And if I've said anything 
that's horrible, you know, maybe I'll apologize. Yeah, I mean, he but, can. But, but also, maybe you, maybe you deserve some of what you're getting, you know? He can come on. Anything can come on. I just assume that most of them are not going to want to come on. Though I, are you I, calling him a coward, Drew? No, I actually think of that whole social justice warrior crowd. He's probably the most likely to come on. I think the rest of them are just uh, – I think the rest of them would, would just ne- absolutely never come on here of the, of the right, ones who do this. For a second there, it sounded like you were calling him a coward because he wouldn't come on. No, if you want to call him that, that's fine. But I – no, I actually <laughs> I actually think – I honestly, I'm going to say I honestly think that – with him, there's not a zero chance he'd come on. I actually could see All him right. coming on. The, the other ones I've seen, like about a zero chance, because right. they they just would see a show like this as, as, as so evil, something they wouldn't want to support and all right. that, which is ridiculous. They haven't said this, but I, I could totally see this. This is exactly uh, what I would see from people like that. So they, they, Especially social justice warriors, they, they tend not to want to really discuss their position with, with uh, hostile parties where they are put on the spot where they have to answer right away. They, they, they don't mind going back and forth on Twitter where they can think about their responses. Well, Druff, life is hard when you're not living in an echo chamber. Yes. You know, it's, it's hard when, when someone doesn't agree with your opinion. Well, it's, it's also hard when, when you're willing to take on critics, but you have unlimited time to decide how to respond to them and who to respond to. When you, when you have someone like right there asking you tough questions or bringing up tough points, that's uh, that's a lot tougher to do, which wow. is why... That's just like hashtag King's uh, game selection, and you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> same, same idea, really. That's why at least people who come on the show, and including hashtag King, and, and face the any criticism or tough questions, at least I give them credit for that. Even young uh, Tam Wynn here, who may not even be that young because he claims he's been playing 16 years, but at least coming on and and defending it and, and facing the questions I, I give anyone credit who's willing to do that rather than someone who will yeah hide and from I, the controversy. you know about that tam win i mean i'm going to look at the i'm going to be optimistic about it and and just say that he's probably probably just being duped and probably like i said in a year or two he's going to Talk about how pissed off he is at those guys. Yeah, I, yeah. I think he believes it because he wants to believe it. That's, yeah, that's what I think yeah. It is. I mean, there may be some of that. There may be some of that kind of, you know, willing delusion type thing. Yeah, because there, there's there's some people who push something that they know is a scam, but they just want to make money, so they don't care. There's ones who they understand I, the points raised against it, but they, they kind of uh, – they, they bend over as much as they can to believe the other way that, that everything's good. Well, I don't think we've we've reached the Wisner line with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then there's and then there's ones who the Wisner line, and then there's ones, <laughs> then there's ones who really really are gullible and they fully believe in what they're doing. And yeah. and, and so don't he's, see he's any... not he's not there, but he's yeah. also not hitting the Wisner Wisner line yet. So yeah, right. He's but kind of in the middle. Every single multi level marketing pitch. That's exactly what he was saying. Yeah, that, that's, that's what he was saying. Yeah, and it was all... Def- legal, this or that, everything's so great. Yeah, and it was all deflection, you know, oh, look at them, you don't want poker stars <laughs> getting around. It was all just like... Yeah, what about McDonald's? blah de dee blah dee blah <laughs> don't, don't forget McDonald's. They were an important part of that discussion here. Yeah. And that's a million dollars. This is only two of 50 You get on her back. <laughs> Yeah. You can't lose. Yeah, you get to own a business for $250. You don't have to pay a million dollars to own a McDonald's franchise and then just have some guy come in as a hamburger uniform and embarrass the company. So, uh, Speaking of Hashtag King, I got in a little 
debate on the Real Grinders Facebook group. By the way, Real Grinders, if you want to find them on Facebook, you shouldn't put a space between Real and Grinders. It's supposed to be just Real Grinders, no space, which always gets me. Like, I search for it sometimes if it's not, like, right there in the recent groups I've visited. And I'll type in just Real Space Grinders, and then it it never comes up. And then i got to remember it doesn't have a space. But... Uh, hashtag King showed back up there. He was banned from there for a while, then I guess he came back on, and I think I, I think he got banned again. But in the interim, in the last few days, when he was there, he was posting some video or something, and all these people were bashing him. And I responded saying that I'm actually not anti-Hashtag King. I, I understand him. I find him to be uh, somewhat amusing. And I've kind of gotten to understand him a little bit and that I'm not like on the anti-hashtag king train like everybody else is. And some people got really outraged about this thing. I can't believe you of all people who run Poker Fraud Alert would say this. And I'll tell you why I say this. To my knowledge, I don't think hashtag king has scammed anyone except for perhaps this uh, owner of that restaurant with that video that went viral that with the $80, but... Even that, I think, may have been a misunderstanding, one of the few real misunderstandings he may have had. Now, not to say he handled it well calling the waitress a bitch and a cunt and, uh, and, and, and you know, going off on the owner. I mean, he handled that one very obnoxiously, and, and, and you know, a lot of things were wrong in that video. I'm not defending any of the way he behaved. And, in fact, in all the things that have happened to him, all the times he's been kicked out, I, I believe all the times it's been his fault. You don't get kicked out of, like, 24 places, I think it's what he claims. In a short period of time, if it's not your fault, just about every single time. So I'm not defending any of that. But uh, I don't believe he's actually scammed anyone. I don't think there's anyone he's borrowed money from and hasn't paid. Not that I'd be loaning him money right now. But I haven't heard of all the things he's been doing. I haven't heard that anyone has been scammed. And I haven't heard that anything major has happened to anyone that's been bad as a result of something he's done. It's been He's like a loud barking dog. That really annoys a lot of people, but hasn't actually bitten anyone. And uh, I'm not saying it's good. Like, you know, a a loud barking dog can be very annoying and and very frustrating to deal with. And in fact, for some people, it can be scary. But there's a big difference between a, a very loud barking dog who barks all the time and a dog who's going around biting everyone constantly. There's a big difference. So I, I haven't seen him scam anyone. I, I seem to, it seems like, this whole thing he's doing is he's creating like this bad boy image uh, and, and is very rude and obnoxious, but hasn't done anything horrible. He hasn't punched anyone. He hasn't, uh, you know, there's been zero fights. As he's been, you know, saying, come on, come on, come at me, come on, hit me. I was going to say, it's not for lack of trying. Yeah, but but there's been no <laughs> zero fights. There's been, yeah, he hasn't thrown any punches. Uh, there's actually been none thrown at him, strangely. And well, Druff, I mean, clearly the guy, like he, he's probably a decent guy, and clearly he's doing it for attention, and he's enjoying it, and he, you know, he's gaming it, and he knows all that. But I was thinking about this in the other day. I mean, honestly, he he's gonna say something like this to the wrong guy sometime. Yeah, it looked like and I don't want to know. I mean, it's you know, bad shit can happen because there there's certain, and hopefully, you know. He's savvy enough that he's going to, as we said, game select. But seriously, you you, you say some of the shit to the wrong people, and it's it's not going to be a yeah, good I, time. Yeah, I am surprised. I mean, I, I understand more with a lot of the, 
businesses, big businesses that uh, those people who work for them, even security, when you're recording, is not going to they're not going to physically attack you because uh, they have a lot of liability. But you, you start just challenging a lot of different individuals who have much less to lose and that's exactly what it is man you you find someone who's you know just generally inclined and doesn't have a whole lot to lose it's gonna be a bad day yeah i I agree so but but and i'm not wishing that on him at all believe me because i don't think that he's doing this Anything other for a kick to get attention? Yeah, it's it's a, it's a lot of self promotion here, yeah. and that, that this is the character he's playing here. And it, and similar to Helmuth, he's probably taking a real personality trait he has and and uh, ramping it up to uh, to get attention. Now, uh, what he's doing is much more obnoxious and uh, overt than what Helmuth does. And Helmuth is a just at the poker table, just. Uh, more of the, the whining thing at the poker table, and, and sometimes uh, berating people for plays, but but uh, you know he he takes it much farther and, and further on a personal level, and, and uses profanity, and, and he calls people cunts and bitches, and, and, and insults their wives, and so he said a lot of inappropriate things, a lot of really rude things, a lot of really obnoxious things. Uh, he's been unkind to a lot of people with his words. He's caused a lot of scenes in in businesses. I, if I were a business owner, I, I wouldn't be happy to have him walking through the door. But uh, at the same time, he hasn't really caused any tangible harm. And if he has, correct me. If he has, then show me. Show me he scammed such and such person out of ten thousand dollars. Okay, show me that, and then I'll uh, be more inclined to agree with you that that uh, that he's a terrible person. But but this, yeah, seems- I, I just think of him as like the Undertaker. You know, like one of the WWF characters. Yeah, that's a good example. I really do. Yeah, that, that's kind of how I see him too. So that's why I kind of just laugh at these things. Like, oh, look, it's another hashtag king getting kicked out video. And they're not staged. That's what's kind of funny is that they are real things where he's causing himself to get kicked out and creates these these uh, controversial yeah. situations. And, and it, but the, the difference, Druff, is that I don't watch WWE. Like, that annoys the shit out of me too. Okay, see? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm just not up for that. Well, I don't watch it because it actually is fake, and this is like it's it's. I knew some very smart people that loved it, and you know what? I'm like, you know, this shit's fake, right? They're like, yeah, it doesn't matter. They they it was kind of like a male soap opera in a way. Yeah, well, you know what so, I mean, like yeah. women would watch, mostly women would watch soap operas, and they know it's not real, but they still get so sucked into it. And this this. WWE was kind of like a male soap opera. I remember when I was 12 when I first became aware of professional wrestling. This is really when it was also getting very popular in 84. And when I found out it was fake, I was so disappointed, even as a 12-year-old, that totally mm-hmm. sap- that just totally took my interest away from it. I went from like being super interested in it to, uh, okay, this isn't that interested in it. I, like, I, I didn't care as much anymore about re- what Rowdy Roddy Piper was doing when it, when it was all staged. And, you know, as a 12-year-old, I, I didn't have the critical thinking skills uh, like today. So someone had to point out to me, oh, by the way, this is fake. Once it was pointed out to me, then I was able to look and go, oh, yeah, I can tell here. But, like, it didn't you jump out. You mean there's no Santa Claus? Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, you're Jewish, so wait yeah. a minute. That probably didn't. That was probably never a big deal. No, you know what's funny? I was told about that so early about Santa being fake that I, I told uh, I told kids at school like when I was five six years old and it was uh, devastating them. You know what's really weird to me? Like you, I'll go to a country like Thailand or Malaysia or whatever during Christmas time, and there'll be like people dressed up as Santa Claus, 
And I'm like, I don't know. It just seems really strange, you know? And they'll have, like, fake snow, and <laughs> it just seems really bizarre, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, well, some people do Christmas just as, like, a secular Christmas rather than, you know, no religious aspect. Even if they're not Christian, they can... Uh... Sure. I mean, for the vast majority of people here, Christmas is a non-secular, you know, it's not about religion at all. Uh, I mean, for some people it is, but for most people it isn't. But still, I don't know. There's something weird about seeing an Asian dude with a pillow in his belly with a beard on, you know? It's like, where? why did you pick this? (laughs) Of all the the cultural things that you could have picked from from our country, like, because there's no... There's no cultural heritage of that at all, you know? I mean, it's just really weird. Yeah, I, you know, I can understand that. I can understand how that's kind of strange to see that in those countries. Uh, so anyway, where do we come from here? We got, we got to Santa Claus and oh, saying about me, oh, the wrestling, and oh, yeah, the hashtag king. That's right. So, so that's, that's what I was saying to these people. It was on the Real Grinders group, and I was telling them that I'm just not on the train, like uh, the hate hashtag King train. I'm not, I just I just watch these things. I think it's interesting from the standpoint to see how these businesses are handling it and handling him, and 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 how he escalates this with all the name calling and and, and everything. And come on, fight me! Like it, it's kind of funny. It's kind of, it's kind of now, it wouldn't be funny for me if I were in their position. I, I wouldn't want to be the business owner dealing with this. I can I can like sympathize with the business owners and even in some cases the casinos having to handle this and go through this. Like I, I, I was think I, I watched this also thinking, oh, if I was the employee here, that this would be such a pain in the ass to deal with. Like I think about that too, but it's it's just kind of an interesting thing for me to watch. I I have gotten into watching these things he's posting, and watching them from a standpoint somewhat of amusement rather than outrage. And whereas if if he were taking videos of himself scamming people or other things which is causing causing real tangible harm. Then I wouldn't say, "Oh, this is so funny." This guy got ripped off of twenty thousand dollars. Like I, w- I wouldn't think that was funny. That would disgust me to see. So and it's not to say that everything has to come down to money. That if no one gets cheated out of money, then it's no problem. But at the same time, it's much worse when someone takes some kind of tangible loss than just someone being a jerk and calling you names, or uh, or just being obnoxious in a business and getting thrown out. So that, that's that's why I took the attitude I did with him, and he wants to come back on the show. And I said today, you know, I, I don't really have the energy to deal with hashtag King today. But well, he's got to get better quality audio. Oh, that's the other thing. Yeah, we can't have him back on a speakerphone. There had to be some minimum standard of audio quality. I agree. And, and this comes from me, who who hates when this show has even anything resembling bad audio. And I sometimes even feel funny. Uh, telling certain people who I want to hear from or people I like personally that I don't want them on the show because their uh, their audio sucks, but I don't want them on the show if their audio sucks. The one the one no, exception is just horrible, man. Yeah, the one exception they, they, was they one, may have the 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 most interesting thing in the world to say, but it still is just complete shit if you can't hear it well. The one know? exception was when you had that tree go through your roof. And, oh, and yeah. then you you had to get on the the cell phone, and I said, "Okay, I'll I'll tell." He has such dedication with a tree through his roof. He's still coming on the show as a co-host. I, I have to have some allowances for the. Was it that bad? No, it wasn't that bad. If it was horrible, I would have told you, "Sorry, we got to you know just not do this." But, <laughs> but, but, but I it, like it, tough it, but fair. It, it just it wasn't it wasn't uh, as good as normal, but uh, it it was okay. But it was something that 
I was so appreciative that you came on even with that going on. So I had some extra allowances to that. Still not fixed, by the way. What? You still have a hole in your roof? Well, I mean, they boarded it up. You know. Okay. I guess these things. Why is it taking so long? Ah, it's just insurance companies, and then you know, dealing with just all sorts of crap. There's nothing, nothing. It's just red tape, and then it's a big skylight, so we need someone to come out here and measure it. But it's been raining for like the past two weeks, and oh. they can't do it when it's raining, and just you know, whatever. Well, as long as there's a board up there, it's, the rain's not coming in. Yeah, I'm like living in the ghetto, you know. <laughs> So, Card Runners has gone away. Card Runners, uh, which you may not even realize is still running, was is a should I say was a training site. It was uh, the original online poker training site, and at one point, it was a very large online poker training site that was uh, founded by Taylor KB and Andrew Wiggins. And and I guess they kind of stumbled across this. These were uh, winning poker players at the time, like in I think in two thousand six or something, wasn't it? Was something like that. And they they used some software to capture themselves playing online poker and were commentating. And they were kind of just doing this, uh, I, I think, just for fun at first. And they noticed that a lot of people really liked this. They really liked seeing. People play, you know, winning players play poker and hearing their thought processes. It's a lot different than someone telling you, this is what you do when this happens, as we do when that happens. Actually, see someone in the process of playing and you think about, hmm, this is what I would do in this spot. But wait, wait, let's see what this pro is doing in this spot. Oh, wow. I never thought of doing this. Okay, I'm learning from this. And it worked. Like, this was a way to get better. So they, after noticing quickly that people really love this stuff, they, they, started producing these videos to sell and card runners was founded and they signed up a lot of different pros to do card runners videos about a lot of different uh, areas of poker. Uh, they eventually amassed more than 3000 hours of content, which is a lot to compare. I don't have an exact number, but Poker Fraud Alert Radio probably has about a thousand hours of content of all the shows we've done together. About a thousand hours. Just estimating. But maybe a little more, maybe a little less, but it's kind of around there. So three thousand hours is that's three times of that. So that's all about trading videos. They also even had a forum that had almost a million posts on it. And uh, 129,000 members of that forum. So even an active forum. And uh, they had a lot of different pros at one point publishing material on there. But as time passed, they became less and less relevant. First of all, a lot of other sites also were offering training videos. So they weren't, they by no means had a monopoly and uh, the market was becoming more and more saturated. Uh, Phil Galfon's Run It Once was a, was a good uh, Example of that. Um, also, one of the problems is that these online training sites, they kind of became the same thing over and over. And there's only so long that uh, you're going to keep subscribing to see basically the same stuff played out in different ways. 
Well, you know what I, I think really happened with these things? I mean, during the during the boom, and and I'm not, you know, I think Taylor KB and uh, Andrew Wiggins and some of these other guys do know what they're doing, but uh, there were just, you could not, it, it, was, it was very difficult to not just be printing money back then because it was a cultural phenomenon. Everyone was interested in it. I mean, you could just put up a, a training site and away you go. And Card Runners was one of the, probably the, the best at the time uh, of the training sites, for sure. And as the, as poker declined, as, you know, fewer and fewer people were interested in it, and then as the government cracked down on it, they, you know, their membership just kind of dwindled down. Um, and, but really, the, the nail in the coffin was Black Friday. Because well, after Black Friday, I mean, they didn't really put any effort into enhancing their, uh, you know, their website. It still wasn't even a very good mobile site. I think to this day it still isn't. Um, and they basically just, you know, they, they made kind of what I would consider a smart business decision where they're like, look, you know, th- this market is drying up. We're not going to invest tons of money in expanding what we're doing here, you know. And they wrote it out for as long as they could and finally decided, fuck it. Yeah, that there was that nail in the coffin. There's also the Twitch nail, the more recent nail in the coffin, and that people now want to watch these top pros on Twitch, these top online pros on Twitch, and where it's live or close, very very close to live, and you you get to ask them questions uh, while while they're playing, if they're the chat room, and you get to feel like it's interactive, and and that's become much more of the recent thing people are doing with watching pros play poker. They don't want to watch as much recorded sessions from, even if it's semi-recent sessions, they just don't want to watch recorded sessions. They want to feel like they're part of the action, they're part of it happening. They get to interact with it, and that's that has really taken over. And So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of disagree on that point. And the, re- the reason I'm going to disagree is that I think what that really has done um, it kind of has allowed any person with any kind of notoriety, and sometimes they don't even have any notoriety when they start doing it, uh, it's given them the, them the infrastructure to be able to do this. Whereas before, you know, they would really need to go to an established company like Card Runners that had the infrastructure, that had the website, had the streaming stuff, had the subscription models, all that kind of stuff. And really, it's kind of like what Etsy has done for small marketplaces, where you don't need to, you know, like any old person can set it up and do it. I think that the the training sites still can do really well. I mean, look at Run It Once. They're doing a kick-ass job. And the streaming is, is something that there are a few people that are making money at it, um, and I mean making good money. Um, but for the most part, the people doing it are making just a little bit of money. Um, and believe it or not, like a lot of the training sites are using Twitch as, um, as a way to get people to the training site. You know, they will actually run it once. will actually have some of their pros stream stuff as a kind of a, a free lure to get you to come check out the training site. So I'm not really sure that, that Twitch has kind of killed that off to that extent it's just made it available for anyone and their brother to to start streaming 
Which is really kind of cool, actually. I mean, it's really it's pretty powerful that it's enabled people to do that. The thing is, though, if you if you in the past before there there's Twitch, yep. if you wanted to see one of these pros playing online and commenting, you would have to subscribe to one of these services. Now right. you can you can get your fix on the Twitch and say, I don't even need the training sites anymore. I, I've seen I've seen the you know, such and such guys playing. That's enough for me. I I'm happy to see that. I'm I'm happy to learn from that. I don't need to join a training site. Well, they, the most popular twi- poker Twitch channels, there's very little strat. You know, um, a, they are just doing. Uh, they're doing a show. They're doing it entertainment, and they're just trying to create a product that people will enjoy watching. And I I consider that. To be more like, and I, I hate this term, but it's more like infotainment, you know what I mean? Where you're kind of learning a little bit, but really it's entertainment. Um, whereas a lot of the, the training sites are for people that actually are really going to study, you know? Um, and I'll, I'll tell you what, like a lot of the guys, a lot of the pros that stream on Twitch, they're not doing the same kind of strat that you're going to see in the training videos that they end up putting on the site, you know? And uh, card runners, in uh, it was founded in two thousand five. It's it's oh six. It's actually oh five. And they they actually had a pretty impressive lineup at the time. They had in the past very they, impressive. And they've had uh, Brian Hastings, uh, Isaac yep. Barron, Cole South, uh, Mike McDonald, the Timex over there. They've they've had a number of people who were uh, and they, they had a big roster at one point. They even had some limit hold'em players. Like I talked about Mike Schneider. I think he was uh, doing limit hold'em videos for them. So. And that was not a <laughs> that was not a affiliate marketing uh, scheme like uh, Jow Poker, <laughs> but it was it was kind of like a commune type of thing. Like some of those guys you're talking about, I think even owned a piece of the company. Um, but and, and they also you know they got paid to produce the videos and they got their name well known and yeah, I mean it was a thing. You know, you know what's funny is that I, Card Runners at one point made it uh, had some kind of partnership with Full Tilt. And the card runners pros became red pros over there, right? And you even got little uh, avatars made of each one, so you got to be see a full tilt avatar of yourself, and you could redeem your full tilt points for card runners membership. Yeah, yeah. and then th- there was a little bit of an embarrassment for card runners and for the pros there, because it wasn't that long between when that deal was made and when full tilt went down. Oops. So. Some people were confused by that, and they remembered such and such person was a red pro. And in fact, some of these people got blamed, like, "Oh, how could you do this to us? Oh, we had our money stuck on them. They had to explain, right. no, 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 no. I'm just part of card runners. I get, became a red pro by default. <laughs> so that wasn't the best time to be known as a red pro. It went from something cool to something that uh, some people were embarrassed about. I don't blame them for it. It's just it's unfortunate. So. That's the end of an era for card runners. They're going to, for the moment, uh, leave the site up. In fact, they're uh, they're still producing videos until June first, and then they're going to move exclusively to YouTube, where they're going to uh, still release training videos, quote periodically, which I have to think is probably almost never. And something involving Hold'em Manager, they're still going to publish things, but. Pretty much, it's dead. It's pretty. It's much over. done. It's pretty much over. I, and honestly, I, I really think that Black Friday was the the pivot point. Like, I think that they're 
because of the declining interest in poker, um, their business was declining but still worth reinvesting in. But as soon as Black Friday came, I mean, it was just all over. It really was, you know. Yeah. Like, they, why? Why are you going to reinvest when you when something like that happens? Yeah, they probably just decided they're going to just. Which is smart, yeah. Because the, the dumb thing to do would be to take their cash reserves and continue reinvesting in the business. But I mean, they were smart enough to recognize that, you know, that's just not worth doing. They, they probably, yeah, they just decided. <laughs> Let's just take uh, the the infrastructure we have, just uh, produce some cheap content on top of it, and that's it. We're not going to invest much more. Yeah, a- I mean, well, because their IP is worth something. It's not like um, all those hours of content. It's not like it's irrelevant. I yeah. mean, you know, it still is relevant in terms of the fundamentals and that kind of thing. And you know, now what they're doing is they're paring it down even lower, where they're just going to dump a lot of the content on YouTube, and you know, whatever small amount of revenue they get from people seeing ads on the YouTube. They're going to collect that money, but they're not going to do anything. Yeah, like, that's going to be like. there, and it's just going to be generating whatever small amount of re- residual revenue that it can. And that's probably why they're going to, at least the plan is right now, to every once in a while produce a video to just get people over there and mm-hmm. maybe see the. Uh, then they can remember they exist and then go through the other videos and right all that. So, the World Series of Poker, they that is. Only a few weeks away now. For me, it's a month away, personally, but for others, it will start sooner. Some people will be playing very end of May. And they have published the updated rules for 2017. They do publish the rules, which you can go look at. I don't have the exact URL, but you can go find it. And sometimes it's useful to see because uh, if, uh, if you know the rules, then you can actually challenge rulings which... Go against them. At the World Series of Poker, unlike some other failed tournaments that are across the globe where you really don't have very much access to someone in power, the World Series of Poker tries to present a hierarchy where if there is some kind of big controversy and a, an incorrect ruling is being made, you can demand a manager. And if he's available, you can even de- demand uh, Jack Effel, the tournament director, to come down. And they will, you know, if you may get some idiots on the lower levels, but uh, if you do get a manager or you know one of the higher floor men, they they and you can show them a rule, they they basically will follow their own rules. They they real they are pretty good about sticking to whatever rules they have printed, especially if you show them such and such rule says this. Why aren't you doing this? If if they read that and they see you're right, they'll basically uh, go with what the rule says. So now no, it is a pain in the ass to go through these long rules and memorize them all. I, I don't do that, but something you may want to consider if something comes up, if you can quickly bring it up on your phone and find it. But they haven't made many rule changes from 2016 to 17. But one of the big changes has to do with uh, how long a player has to call uh, – to stall and and the whole clock calling procedure. So this rule number 80 this is what it now says. Calling for clock. Once a reasonable amount of time has passed and a clock uh, and a clock is called, floor people may in their sole discretion give the participant an additional 
zero up to 30 seconds to make a decision. You can get an additional zero seconds. That's nice. If an action has not been taken when prompted by the floor person, there will be a 10-second countdown followed by a declaration or stopwatch alarm. If a participant has not acted before the declaration or alarm sounds, the hand will be dead. Rio, in its sole and absolute discretion, reserves the right at any time to invoke a clock or speed up the amount of time allotted to a clock. Any participant intentionally stalling the progress of the game or unnecessarily calling the clock will incur a penalty. So that is a little bit different than it was before. And I'll explain. First of all, they're saying that you don't have to have a clock called on you by another player. That it can just be automatically called on you by, by I guess, the... Uh, a floor man or a dealer can call the floor over to do it. It doesn't have to be another player. It says that the Rio can at any time invoke a clock. They also no longer have a minute on the clock. Before this is the procedure, a player would have to call the clock on you. So no matter how long you're, you're taking there, uh, the dealer doesn't say anything. No one says anything. This is the old way. Until a, a player says, I want a clock called, then the dealer says, floor... In the meantime, whoever's taking time to act can keep taking time. Then the floor has to be found. The floor has to come over. And then the dealer explains that the clock is being called. Then the floorman gives a prepared speech about how I'm going to give you one minute to act on your hand. Uh, after uh, a minute has passed, uh, I'm going to count down to from 30 seconds. To, you know, I'm going to count down from 10. At that point, your hands will be declared dead if you don't act. And that's how it goes. So some complaint was that this whole thing would take a long time. By the time you get someone get the floor man over there, the person still has a minute, and then there's that final 10 seconds. It just – the whole thing takes too long. So the changes here supposedly to speed things up are that, number one, the player doesn't have to do it. And number two, that the floor man can decide if – the person even gets that minute, or they can just immediately start counting down from 10. So this is supposed to speed things up. I do not believe this is going to speed things up at all. I think this is useless. I think this is something that sounds good, but doesn't help at all. First of all, it's not even being made clear who's going to call the clock if it's not a player. It doesn't say the dealer is supposed to. I don't think the floor man is going to be hovering over every table to, uh, to call clocks. It is nice to see that there are penalties for someone who's intentionally stalling, but they're not really defining what intentionally stalling is. So, yeah, I mean, someone who's stalling over and over and over, coming up to the bubble or the end of the day, if it's brought to the attention of the floor man, they can probably be warned and given a penalty if they just don't stop. But um, aside from that, I, I don't see how these changes are going to speed it up. It reminds me of how Major League Baseball made this stupid change that to do an intentional walk, you don't have to throw four balls. You can just signal it's an intentional walk, and that's it. And the person walks. Why? Because it it takes 13 extra seconds to throw four balls. Whatever, 30, whatever they claim it took. And you go, wait a minute. Baseball games are so long. They're over three hours each. Cutting off 30 seconds from each intentional walk is supposed to speed up the game? Of course it's not going to. So... 
I think it's 30 seconds. I think it was like 14 seconds. So this, this is similar. When a clock is called on someone, it's because they've already taken a long time. And yes, it takes some time to get the floor man over there. So who cares if it's a minute or if it's if it's between zero and 30 seconds before they get the countdown? That's That's inconsequential. What are we saving here at most? A minute? So this is really not doing anything. Now, here are some ways that it would speed up, such as if they informed every dealer that once someone takes more than, uh, you know, X number of minutes to always call the floor man over. Almost like a shot clock. Or uh, or, or having an actual shot clock where everybody has a, a finite amount of time to make a decision. Or, or even having something where you get... Um, you know, one time to take a to take a certain amount of you know extra time to make a decision, and they give you tokens or something you give away once you've done this, and then after this you have to decide within a minute. So something like that. What about a cattle prod built into the seat? That that wouldn't be bad either. With you know, like uh, some kind of RFID reader that it knows when it's on you to act, and if you take too long, it just zaps the shit out of you. Yeah, this just sounds like a thing. They're they're, they're speeding up something by seconds that's actually a problem in minutes so it's not going to make any difference and I don't think there's going to be a lot of difference in who calls the clock I don't think there's going to be a lot of floor man instigated clock callings or uh, dealer instigated clock calling I think it's still going to be all players doing it so I don't see how this really matters very much and I saw like Negreanu was praising it saying oh this is a great first step this is really a big first step no it's not it's a tiny first step. It does nothing. Negranu, by the way, was saying that he hates stallers and that he is going to be calling the clock on a lot of people this year. Which is surprising because when Negranu's at the table, he always wants to come off as the likable, nice guy. He doesn't come off as the hard ass who's going to speed up play. He He's the type who'd be on the rail uh, signing autographs for fans while while the, the, the other guy's taking a very long time, uh, you know, when two guys are taking a long time in a, long, in a big hand. He's not going to be the one intently staring, going, come on, guys, come on, guys, the blinds are going up. Floor? I'm calling a clock. No, 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 but I, I think he's probably going to... He's going to be really nice to the rec players. He's not going to call it on anyone who's there, weekend warrior, rec player there to have fun. He's going to call it on the pros. You know? Yeah, I, I know, but but still, I'm telling you from playing with him, he, to, to everybody, he's acting like he's jovial and, and fun and not, not someone who's ever going to like be the pain-in-the-ass guy at the table who calls the clock on you before. Even if you're a, a pro, he doesn't even want to... In the past, I mean, maybe this year he'll be different, but in the past, he, he would never be that guy. Uh, but uh, this year, he's claiming he will. This year, he claims he hates he hates stalling so much, he's going to be the, the big clock caller, he's saying. so. He, but he also said that he doesn't play... Any of the big field no limit tournaments, he says he just doesn't play those, except for the main event. So that's mainly where it happens. I mean, if, if all these other tournaments he plays, which are mainly uh, nit, more niche games, or uh, or even maybe some of the smaller no limit, smaller field no limit tournaments, uh, you have much less of that. So, so if you tank. In the hand, like you did when you had Jacks at one time, he's going to call the clock on yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, and a limit that, lim- that limit hold him. Limit hold him. He'll call. He'll call the clock on me. Yeah, that's what we need. We need that wheelchair guy Ray to come come here and do this. <laughs> put him to work. Yeah, put him to work. I just say, start buying him at the World Series events just to call the clock on everybody. 
You put yeah. you put that guy here that's going to speed up the play. Why not? So, uh, here is uh, another rule, number 109, not having to do with this, uh, declaring where players' hands will be declared dead. Your, your hand is declared dead if, number one, you walk away from the hand. Number two, you fold or announce your folding. Number three, you fold your hand away in a forward motion, causing another participant to act behind you, even if not facing a bet. Uh, so what I think what they're trying to say is, uh, if you fold, uh, this is unclear, this rule, but I, I think that uh, they're trying to say if you, even if there's a bet hasn't been made yet and everybody's just checked, or uh, even if you act out of turn, if you if you toss your cards and then the next person starts to act, that automatically that's a fold. But uh, I always how, how many fold. rules are there on this whole list here? Drew? Well, this is new rule one hundred and nine, so there's at least one hundred and nine. Uh, Isn't that amazing? I mean, you said one hundred and nine, and the only thing I could think of is just how horrible people are. <laughs> that we have to have a hundred and nine rules to play a fucking card game. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, it's just incredible. Your hand is also dead if you don't get enough cards dealt to you. So if you got uh, dealt one card in Hold'em or three cards in Omaha, it's going to be dead. Uh, if you get a Joker in your hand somehow, which is not supposed to be there, but if you actually, if you get a Joker that is in the deck somehow and act on a hand with the Joker as a whole card, then your hand is automatically dead. Um, and... This is weird because I don't believe there's a, there's no open face Chinese event, right? I mean, I'm pretty sure there isn't. I thought there was. There is one. Uh, let me look. <clears throat> keep keep going, and I'll look it up. It says, due to the unique gameplay in open face Chinese, dead hands for that game type are described in the rules governing that game. If there is oh, open, there face, isn't one. No, there is not one. Yeah, I, I, if there was one, I bet Fernando would be there playing it. Oh, for sure. Well, yeah. maybe does this is this tournament rules or is this cash game rules? Well, it just says rules. I don't know. Well, then that that's the answer then. I mean, they're going to be running uh, cash games, so that's why that's included. Yeah, right? yeah maybe that is why. Then uh, there's a new rule, 110, which is the unfortunate possibility of accidentally mucking winning hands. Cards thrown into the muck may be ruled dead. However, a hand that is clearly identifiable that may be retrieved and ruled live in management's discretion if doing so is in the best interest of the game. An extra effort will be made to rule a hand retrievable if it was folded as the result of dealer error or incorrect information given to or by a participant. Now, they don't say who gave the incorrect information, but I wonder if this is being done to stop angle shoots, angle shots where, uh, um, you know, for example, let me think of one. Oh, I know where it's, uh, let's say it's someone says... They, they, you know, they announce they have a hand they really don't. Someone says straight, and then they turn over their hand, and it's not really a straight. And then the guy with a uh, two pair throws it away, and then they go, hey, "Wait, that's not a straight." Oh, I'm sorry, I misread it. Then yeah. they, I bet if they can retrieve the hand that they're gonna. Or, or said more simply, the hundred and tenth reason why people are horrible. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes, and. Uh, I, this is actually a good rule because uh, also they say in the result of dealer error. There's, there's been issues where things like uh, a dealer grabs a hand where they shouldn't or, or a dealer uh, you know mucks the wrong hand and then there's a question what to do at this point. So they're saying they're going to try to 
where common sense, they say in the best interest of the game, they're trying to say in common sense situations, if we can retrieve the hand, uh, we can rule them live again. Uh, new rule number 11. What if you accidentally throw your your whole cards into someone else's whole cards? Cards thrown into another participant's hand are dead, whether they are face up or face down. A participant throwing whole cards into the whole cards of a blind may cause a redeal. The offending participant will receive a hand, but it will be dealt dead. It's kind of weird. So they don't really say what happens to the person whose hand uh, you know, gets hit with the whole cards. Like I think what they're trying to say is like if if let's say I have two cards in front of me in a hold 'em game and then someone tosses their hand and it lands in mine now I, now you don't know which cards are mine and which were theirs. What you, about if you tear your cards in half? Is that considered a dead hand too? Uh it's it's a dead hand but it's it's okay to do that if your friend is Phil Helmuth. Yeah. <laughs> if you're Jared Blesnick and you happen to be buddies with Phil Helmuth then it's okay. You, you can tear up the cards, so it'll be a dead hand, but other than that, it's cool. Right? Yeah, there's, there's no further consequence. All right. uh, well, this is kind of weird. They're saying if you throw your whole cards, even unintentionally, and it hits someone else's hand, if it hits the blind, that they may have to redeal. And and if and if there's... And then after that, if they re- redeal it, then whoever threw the card just, just gets a hand, but they take it away from him immediately. It's so strange. I don't even understand this rule completely. <coughs> it says, and player, listen, rule number 121. <laughs> They've added a lot of new rules here. Uh, play on day two, play in day two and beyond may sus- be suspended prior to the end of schedule play and will resume the following day unless otherwise noted in the, in the schedule structure sheet of the event. They're trying to say that um, sometimes day two sessions were supposed to be 10 hours and some people felt worn out by the end of 10 hours, so... If if the general mood of the room and the tournament director decides that it's going to be less than 10 hours, they'll just cut it short and continue day three from that point. And that's really mainly it. There's 124 rules total, I see. Yeah, I'm worn out going through the 124 rules. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it's pretty much the same. And I don't think that clock calling rule is going to matter much. In fact, I think it's going to piss people off because I can just see it. A clock's going to be called. They're going to come over there. This floor man is going to you know, want to give people 20 seconds. Then the next time at the same table the clock is called, someone else is going to get you know, 30 seconds. And the first guy's going to go, what? Why did I get only 20? Is this favoritism? I, that's so stupid that they should be able to select between zero and thirty seconds. Like, why? It Don't should... worry, Druff. Next year there'll be one hundred twenty-six. The one hundred twenty-six rule that will correct this. Yes, that was a terrible. They just didn't write this one well. There's so many different ways to handle stalling, but they didn't. They mangled this one badly. And you also don't want recreational players to think. I can imagine if, if Phil Helmuth gets 30 seconds to act and then you get zero seconds to act before. The, it would make people furious. It makes people yep. think there's only enough obvious favoritism as it is. This this one is just – this is like gameplay favoritism. It's horrible. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be great if you could have just you know maybe a dozen basic rules and then rule number 11 was don't be a dick? <laughs> if Florida right? determines you're being a dick, you get a And then you have some reasonable – Floor men that 
decide whether you're being a dick or not. You know, and you know, don't be a dick could probably encompass a hundred of those rules. Yeah, you know, I agree. Okay, so we'll try to call Scott from the East Coast. I was going to think it's too late, but you're on the East Coast and you're on. So, well, I'm waiting for Trederuski to tap me out. Where is that fucker? He probably fell asleep. Oh, <laughs> you Trederuski, you here? Uh oh. No, we lost him before you. Is he is he on the the line? Yeah. I can never tell. Yeah, he's Skype. here. He is. Hmm. All right. Well, he's probably here, but not here. Let's try to call Scott from the East Coast. Try a dog we, whistle. Let's see if we could reach him. I, I could put on that loud phone number. <laughs> the problem is it'll it'll piss off the listeners too. You know what used to tilt the shit out of me when I was listening to this going to sleep? is you always had a, a big disparity between the volume of the sound effects and everything else. So I, I would have the level just right so I could hear the, your voice perfectly and I would be able to fall asleep. Oh. And then it would be like, dun, 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 and I would fucking wake up like, what? <laughs> I, ho- I hope this is improved because people have complained to me about that and I actually adjusted the sound effects down. So I think they're around the same volume. But if I'm too, still too loud with them, let me know. Because the way I hear them is a little different than the way you guys hear them. So I, the only way I can know this really is by listening. Even the, even the little bars that show me how loud everything is don't really accurately depict this. So let's see if Scott is around. Your call has been forwarded oh, no. to an automated voice uh-oh, messaging uh-oh. system. Uh-oh. Okay. Caught it just in time. I think he was going to say his phone number. Okay, well, Scott, if you hear this, you can call in. Anyway, they're going to start talking about the MGM National Harbor, and then we'll be done. And I know the Hanson kid was just there. No, okay. Well, he can call in if he's... I, I want to hear from anybody who's been there and can give us... I, a, I don't think he's going to call in. He was doing... Uh, commentating on a 10-20 game at Live at the Bike oh, tonight. okay, okay. So I think he's probably all, you know... Probably don't want to talk to anyone. <laughs> Here is a, a post from C Money on May 7th on the forum. Shout out to MGM National Harbor. Your service sucks ass, and no one seems to have been trained for more than 24 hours to do their jobs. I think he means, like, since 24 hours ago. <laughs> 24 hours worth of training isn't that bad. Also, food is average at best for an MGM property, but thanks for the easy money. Now I need to drive seven hours with a hangover. Easy Mark SFO, standing for so fucking owned. That's an, something he used to write many years ago. So then he expanded. I don't know what their deal is. If you go to the higher-end MGM properties in Vegas, you get mostly great service. I guess I forgot how good it was until I went to this property. MGM National Harbor is no dump. It's probably the nicest casino on the East Coast. I think rooms are from 250 to 500 a night, depending on weekdays and weekends. Suites are more. They have like 300 rooms, which is odd, as they have as about, about as much square footage gaming as the Wynn, which has thousands of rooms. I guess they're just catering to locals. It's sort of a mini aria with a splash of the Cosmo. They have several higher-end restaurants and have some shows. It is nothing like an MGM Vegas property in terms of entertainment and food options, but if you want your gambling fix, it's a good spot to go for sure. It's just the little things that all add up. The staff are either overly nice or extremely hostile. Think TSA hostile. 
And it's as if they just grabbed a bunch of the local population that have had no industry experience and threw them into roles with little training. Everything from using your MGM card to buy Starbucks to ordering a meal was an issue. The card doesn't work, so they have to call some supervisor. The bartender forgot to put your meal in. God forbid you need to take out a marker. That's a 20-minute ordeal. Our whole table was playing in the high-limit room, averaging 500 to 2,000 a hand, and the waitress made us talk to a host in order to get a drink comped. Boy. (laughs) Once we did that, it was fine, but really, I need to get up and go to the desk, which is in the high-limit room, to get a Jack Daniels? Also... Whether you were playing 25 a hand or 3,000 a hand, watch your payouts. They fucked up paying me th- three times while I was there. Had I not caught it, I would have lost two to $3,000. Given I caught them three times fucking up, they probably fucked up more and I didn't catch it. The worst was at roulette, though, as anything other than a straight-up hit was a huge challenge for the dealer. I saw her pay out a dude several times incorrectly. One thing I did like because of their incompetence is that you never have to color up unless you want to. So if you have 20K and $500 chips, you can just leave the table without getting 5K chips. So that, that was his take on this. So what did he mean by the local population? What did he mean by that? Well, what he meant is that uh, he suspected, and it turned out he was correct because someone researched this here, that... They uh, they had some kind of agreement in Maryland, which uh, is where this is located. It's in the D.C. area, but it's in Maryland. That they would hire a certain percentage of the employees from uh, the local area where this is located. And the reason they have to do this is because... Uh, to get these casinos, they, these casinos always make an impact, and in some cases a negative impact on the area, in, in, in traffic and in, in the fact that there will be people with gambling problems who will uh, run into trouble. I just witnessed Atlantic City and the boardwalk. Yeah. So they uh, – a lot of cities don't want gambling. A lot of states don't want ga- you know, full casino gambling, especially like a big property like this. And well, they do. I mean, they want the money. They want the money, but then yeah. sometimes they don't want it uh, there, or or certain the fallout, the yeah. fallout, or certain ca- or certain counties and cities say, okay, you have it. In, you know, we don't care if the state has it, but we don't want it in our backyard. So sometimes concessions have to be made, some monetary, some in other ways, to where they feel good about allowing this. So in this case, it must have been pitched by MGM that the local population. We'll get jobs. We're not going to just go bring in a bunch of experienced employees from Vegas and from Atlantic City. We're, we're going to bring in uh, the local people to work here. So for the community, that's great. For the gambler, it's not so great if the people they're bringing in don't have much experience. Now, at certain jobs, it's not that big of a deal if you bring in someone with little or no experience as long as it's something simple and they can be trained. But uh, if a large percentage are brought in from the local area, which is not an area known for gambling, which this wasn't, then you're going to have people in there who have no clue how to do their job or have just learned and not be very experienced and things will fall apart. You you always need a certain percentage in, in these type of operations of, of employees who really have a clue. And if you have too many people who don't have a clue, or who go to pieces when the slightest thing 
out of the ordinary happens, then you're you're courting disaster with service. So this was found by radio listener and forum poster named Forum Wars. Uh, this is a statement that MGM Resorts made on December 7th, 2016. MGM National Harbor announces that it has met and exceeded all of its commitments to Prince George County, Maryland, under the Community Benefits Agreement. So there you go, the Community Benefits Agreement. The Luxury Casino Resort, which opened on December 8th, has hired 48% of its 4,000 employees from the county and donated more to it more than, uh, well, it was a fairly large sum of money. They donated more than $1 million to local organizations. Workforce development, economic inclusion, philanthropy, and community engagement have been integral to the resort's success as a transformational project in the capital region. Ahead of its grand opening, MGM National Harbor has achieved results that set a new precedent for diversity and inclusion by a large employer and are are historic for any project of this scale in the state of Maryland. Uh, The... MGM National Harbor team reflects the rich cultural heritage of the region with 81% of the employees who self-identify as an ethnic minority. So, okay, I'm not going to read the rest of it for right now, but you already see the problem here. The problem in here is that what they were focusing on was keeping the county happy. So they hired 48% of their employees from within the county, which is a lot if it's a county that does not have extensive experience in gaming, which this county does not. So with just about half the employees there with probably little to no gaming experience, that's already bad news. Uh, Then, for whatever reason, I, I guess maybe to, again, appease the county, they hired 81% are ethnic minorities self-identified. I mean, yes, they could have the ones like Rachel Dolezal say they're black when they're really white, but probably really 81% are ethnic minorities. Now, that by itself is not a problem, but uh, if if that is, and, and if maybe that is the makeup of the community there, I know that uh, that is an area where uh, there are a lot of ethnic minorities, especially black people. Uh, but if they're going out of their way to hire ethnic minorities, then they are, again, courting disaster with hiring people that uh, don't have experience. And I'm not saying the ethnic minorities necessarily don't have experience. I'm saying that the, really the goal should be hire people who can do the job. And if they also happen to be ethnic minorities, great. But, but if you shouldn't not hire someone who would be better at the job, because another applicant is an ethnic minority. And if you do, then you're making the company worse. So even putting that aside, the fact that they uh, made a community benefits agreement to hire a lot of people from the the county, no matter what their race was, and 48% of the workforce is from the county, that's the problem. They just have too many people there who don't have experience. And now there's all kinds of service problems there. And when Scott from the East Coast went there the first night on December 8th, 
he came on the show and reported all kinds of problems that occurred there that were service related. And uh, so that's 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 uh, a lot of the issue here. And uh, it, it, they shouldn't they shouldn't have done it. They, I, I understand they had to appease the county. They had to do this to some degree, but it sounds like they exceeded it, and were all proud of themselves. And I, I think they've shot themselves in the foot a bit. And I wonder how much. Right, you know, they are the biggest and nicest property. They're supposedly you know, a very nice place, and they have a big selection of games. So people are probably tolerating it, but this may be to their detriment. If people just get sick of it, if they, they get sick of every little thing, is so difficult. Now I assume you haven't been there, uh, Calwatt. I have not been there. Okay. Anybody who's been there is welcome to call in 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355 if you've been to National Harbor. Maybe I should have done this earlier in the show when we had more listeners. Right now it's 1 a.m. Pacific and in the East Coast where you're probably more likely to have been there. It is 4 a.m. So that would be understandable why there's not a lot of people who have been there. Oh, (laughs) shit. Yeah. We have a tired Calwatt here. So, uh, Larry Laffer saying in chat, this is an affirmative action thing. I I don't even know if it's really affirmative action. I I think it's more like hire the local population thing who happens to be mostly black. That's that's what I think is happening. Yeah, and that makes sense because probably, like you said, they had to get concessions in order to be able to put it there. And probably some politicians said, you know, hey – it's going to bring lots of jobs to the area, and I'm going to make sure that you get a job. You know? Yeah. So, so this this is something they're going to have to deal with, and I'm telling you, it, it's a lot of times it's very tough to just bring in employees cold and think you're training them for what they're doing. It's a very simple. If there's a very simple job, they're doing fine. But if it's anything that ever requires any kind of thinking, when something happens that isn't totally standard. Those employees tend to have a lot of trouble unless they've dealt with a lot of things before that are similar and then know what to do at that point. And uh, especially with a massive property where you can't give each one attention. It's not like a mom-and-pop place where someone's going to learn very quickly because they they wear a lot of hats around the place. So I I see this being an ongoing problem, and I think MGM should have just done the very minimum of what they had to do. If the if the community demanded, uh, you know, the county says you're not going to be here unless you hire 35 percent. I don't know what the agreement was. But if you you have to hire a minimum of 35 percent from the local local area, okay? I would hire 35 percent from the local area. <laughs> That's what I do. I wouldn't I wouldn't hire a bit more than that if the local area did not give me a lot of experienced casino employees. And then there were the other 65 percent I would hire, especially ones in in uh, key positions where it's important to have good employees. I would just look for people who've worked in these jobs before and know what they're doing. So this can happen. This is why yeah, there's so many weird there's so much as far as weird politics going on in the background. You just see these casinos open, you just kind of forget all this. You just kind of picture, okay, yeah, here's a casino, they built it, it looks very nice. Okay. Hey, why is this why is this not working? Hey, why uh why can't they fix this problem? Hey, how come this place is so big and so expensive looking and they can't do simple things? Well, that's why. So, that's... Uh, and I don't even blame this so much on affirmative action. Everybody's saying in the chat, affirmative action, everything's affirmative action. 
I don't even think so much that's what this is. I think it's just like the county thought they're going to be clever and demand this as a concession. You're going to hire our residents if you're going to be here. So that's what's going on there. Don't expect good service or a flawless experience if you go to MGM National Harbor. Don't let the beauty of the casino fool you. And also the fact that it's still relatively new is probably some of the problem too. If it opened in December, so it's been five months. So it's not brand new, but it's it's still probably working out some of the kinks. And you know, maybe after some of these people have been there a few years, it will improve. But maybe not. Okay. Calwat is tired. I am sick. The show's ending. I'm planning to come back on uh, Wednesday of next week, which would be May 17th. Believe it or not, since that's only uh, about five and a half days away now, uh, I may still be sick at that point, and I may actually (laughs) want to wait another day. So it'll either be on May 17th or 18th, but there should be a show next week. Keep in mind that we are going to have a regular schedule of shows, though, throughout May. There will be a show on the week of May 24th. There will be a show on the week of May 17th. There will be a show on the week of May 31st. And even the next week, there will be a show on the week of June 7th. It will only be the following week, the week of Wednesday, June 14th, when we'll probably have some adjustments because of my World Series events I will be playing. So stay tuned for that, but that's a month away. So even though the World Series is coming soon, do not uh, expect the show to jump all over the place. Unless I keep getting colds, then do expect the show to jump all over the place. Including, possibly next week. Thank you, Calwatt, for being with us until 4 a.m. After 4 a.m. Tomorrow's gonna suck. <laughs> Thank you, Trader Ruski, for being here and falling asleep. Thank you to uh, both guests that came on, even Tam Wen, who came on to talk about Jow Poker, which I'm not sold on, but at least he came on to talk about it. And of course, Mike Nori to talk about his McDonald's bet. Maybe Brand Two will Brandon Cantu. Call him Brand Two. That's a good name for him. We'll get a phone back, and we'll hear from him whether he got his feet washed 10 years ago. I know we're all waiting for that. Good night, everyone. I'll talk to you later. Should be about five and a half, six and a half days. You'll hear from me again. Shalom. Shalom.